been talking about this and he's been playing it for like fucking 10 years. Every freaking year he steals Every Qualcomm. We're going to steal it from him, but we're going to steal it first. So our contacts at Whoville are going to let us in. We're going to, they're on the watch when he's on the move. Uh, he's going to steal it. And what we got to do is steal it back. I'm not sure how we're going to be a limited time. I'm not sure. Jimmy, do you still have the line? With I that have, time machine? uh, I have, I have a link on a time machine. I have a link on a time machine. I was talking Perfect. to the elves that we got high the other day. One of the elves had the experience of his fucking life, honestly. And he basically asked for a little bit more Chiba and he's, I, I have to be honest, I've been kind of stringing him out a little bit. Long story short, he told me where Santa's secret ancient time machine is. Uh, nice. evidently Santa sometimes when he can't make it through a night, he, he was out right the night before or whatever. He needs a little extra time. I mean, how, how else do you explain it? Everyone's been wondering, like, how the hell does Santa do it? Dude, every once in a while, he gets drunk the night before. What do you want? Like, Mr. Santa wanted to, have, you know, party or whatever. They went out for dinner. They had a whole evening. You know, I mean, come on. He's hungover the next day. What do you want? So so what happens when somebody leaves them out. edible cookies, man? That's it, man. That's it. Well, Santa's cooking. been getting into the edibles, too. And especially now that the elf is into it, he's been telling me, like, hey, dude, Santa's a massive. That's, by the way, that's for the next score. We're going we're gonna to do some freaking great stuff because Santa has a whole treasure i don't even want to talk about this today i don't know why you brought it up wes you brought you bring yeah. all these information interesting information that piece of information out of me yeah, santa hey. and smogs the dragon from the lord of the rings they're buddies dude like santa has yeah. a direct he has like a, is a hot smog gonna phone be an issue to, smog. to us like is he fortunately not on this on not on this okay. because the time machine man we're gonna jump in we're gonna jump out it's gonna be amazing uh, uh, i, I assume is, being a lizard and being in the cold would be an issue he doesn't so. like it no he doesn't yeah. like it but uh i i think i think the way we're gonna get to the dragon actually is that santa's uh 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 I think he has like a tunnel, you know, like those the things with like money in a, nice. in a warehouse. I think he has one of those basically down to the dragon. And it's big enough that, you know, Santa with his big old gut, he can just actually. Is that how the elves get to visit. work in that too? I don't know. That's an interesting question. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I would imagine that's how they make all their deposits. Because evidently, this is, this is the gold part, man. Smash, yeah. you didn't even know about this. You weren't even listening. Smog is Santa's uh, banker. So yeah. basically, anytime Santa has a little bit of extra cash to put away, he basically sends it to smoke. Who better to fucking guard it than the goddamn dragon? Gold, baby. Do you, I mean, who's going to steal it from a fucking dragon? Honestly, who's going to steal Santa's gold from a dragon? Nobody is who, except for well, us. Perhaps a dragon slayer. I've said too much. Ladies like... and gentlemen, I don't know what you're talking about. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Uh, Merry Christmas and uh, Happy Santa and uh, Thou Shalt Not Pass. I was talking about the Lord of the Rings. Great show. Great, great movie. Pop uh the hobbit wonderful series like about 15 or 18 different movies uh ladies and gentlemen welcome uh, uh, uh i have no idea what you're talking about welcome uh, folks to the show if you guys are over the age of 21 so you know the drill if you don't know the drill i guess uh, drill baby drill uh but until you figure that out uh ladies and gentlemen uh hang back uh, sit back uh, relax for a moment check your ice cube situation check your oh, situation Check how tired you are, perhaps. Uh, uh, maybe yawn a little bit. Smash is uh, uh, going to help you out with that situation. Ladies and gentlemen. Sorry, guys. Uh, but <laughs> it happens. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, sit back, relax. Uh, boys and girls, though, we have, uh, we have a, I don't know, maybe it's a story to tell, or do we have, uh, what are we going to tell the boys and girls? What do you guys figure? Smash, you look like you want to say something. Oh, I can I can do it tonight. Go so I'm Go just going to do a nice one, like, Hmm. Listen, you can't stay here. You gotta go. This isn't the place for you. I like it. Smashed. Uh, 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 to the point, but a little mild. Uh, exactly. A little mild, you think, West Engine? Oh, get out. Take your ass and get out. Get the best of both worlds. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's a little bit of a master and apprentice situation. Wes was like, no, not quite enough. 
we know what needs to be done, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, I think there's a straggler in the back, Wes. Yeah, what do we say about stragglers? Get out. Take your ass and come back 21. If you're 21 and over, you're welcome to come back, ladies and gentlemen. These shows are thanks to YouTube, thanks to local rules, thanks to laws, thanks to, I don't even know, fucking your mama. You have to be 21 and over to watch these shows, especially this show because we're going to be uh, drinking some alcohol and uh, smoking weed and talking about your mama, as I just mentioned, uh, you definitely have to be 21. And plus, you don't want to hear about what we were doing with your mama. It's, it was it, it got pretty wild, honestly. Uh, Tommy knows what I'm talking about. He knows that it's not for uh, young, impressionable ears. Get out. Look at that freaking uh, uh, avatar that T.O. has, that beautiful freaking picture there. Look at that. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. T.O., very, very nice. Uh, Atomic Spoon in the house. Cheers, legend. What's going on? Uh, uh, Kenny, Green Ghost, Southern VT Grower. What's going on? Lowe's already in the house. Uh, uh, Tommy, as I said. Cheers, buddy. St uh, Steelbird. What's up, everybody? Uh, I'm going to post a link here in a second here for you guys to join us. Uh, we'd be happy to have some fresh faces uh, join us. Uh, we've actually had a bunch of, uh, 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 what do you call them, new uh, folks uh, stop by, folks that stopped by probably the first time or maybe the second time or something. You guys are welcome. If you've stopped by before and you haven't been here for a while, stop on by, man. We're we're here goofing off. We're talking about, uh, you know, weed and, and uh, what, beer and, and, and all kinds of stuff. There's been some fun new stories about, like, uh, uh, weed stuff. There's been some, like, legalization stories. Maybe we'll get to that if we have a chance. Uh, let's see here. Uh, just before the show, uh, uh, Sun. Uh, posted a link to a show that I haven't had a chance to watch, but PBS, I want to say either Frontline or somebody, just posted a show like the, the Cannabis Question. So obviously it'd be better if we watched it first, but you know we can, we can bring up the fact that even PBS is talking about our favorite shit. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, in the meantime, uh, hang back, uh, uh, sit back, relax, uh, uh, enjoy the show. Uh, what was I going to say? I had a whole joke before the show and I completely forgot it. I was like, fuck, that is hilarious. And of course, should have written it down. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, if you guys would like to listen to the podcast, if you guys would like to listen to this inanity, for example, while you're working or, I don't know, working in the garden or, I don't even know, uh, uh, running, perhaps you're a marathon runner in training, I don't know what, uh, ladies and gentlemen, go download uh, uh, at your favorite uh, podcasting platform of choice. Go download Chronic Tables Podcast. Uh, lately, uh, Apple, uh, uh, honestly has been uh, killing it for us. That's like the majority of the downloads. So, uh, Apple iTunes, Apple podcasts, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for uh, very much for listening, but we are definitely on, uh, uh, Pandora, Stitcher, what else? Uh, uh, um, uh, fuck. I always, uh, whatever, all of them. Anywhere Amazon Podbean podcasts. delivers too. That's it. Exactly right. Uh, what was I going to say? I, I pulled a show off of uh, SoundCloud because honestly, like that was just kind of a freaking uh, mess. I was paying like 15 bucks a month for almost nothing. Uh, but I hope to have an interesting announcement uh, in the next week or two. Basically, that will be honestly, I hope a really interesting announcement. So I hope it'll be really kind of. Um, I'm just going to make that gesture. I'm not going to say anything more. I basically hope that uh, folks, for example, Smash, other folks, I hope will be able to get involved. I guess I'll be able to, I can say that. I hope some of our friends on the show will be able to get involved in something cool. Uh, I, no promises yet, but I, I hope it'll happen. Uh, let's see here. Uh, what's going on, Charlie's Farm? Welcome, my friend. Uh, uh, thanks, guys, for posting the links to the, the Discord and the, the, the podcast. Uh, by the way, the um, we've been having some problems with the Zoom room for some reason. The link has been working for some people, not working for some people. So if it's not working for you, ladies and gentlemen, we're not trying to you know, kick you out or some shit. Uh, uh, just let us know that it's not working. Uh, Smash posted it. I posted it. I don't know. Did yours work better than mine? How would it be better? It's the same fucking link. I don't even know. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pin my message, ladies and gentlemen. If that doesn't work, I don't know. Let me know. Uh, cheers, Clackamas Coot. What's going on? Uh, SoundCloud uh, SoundCloud is gigantic, Clackamas Coot. That's the thing with SoundCloud. Like, it is one of the largest, if not the largest, like, uh, 
alternative uh, 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 podcast, music, uh, recording uh, platforms. It was like Flickr before Flickr kind of went dead, basically. Uh, that's where just tons and tons of new musicians post their stuff. Uh, even uh, accomplished musicians still a lot of times post there. I want to say that's that's where all the like Lord and Doja Cat and all those people basically started posting their shit first while that and YouTube. And then they got noticed and got famous. Uh, so there are reasons to basically show up on SoundCloud. But uh, man, it just it never took off. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it was with cannabis or whatever. But uh, Potent tried to help me set it up and he gets a, a pretty good play over on SoundCloud. I, I don't know what I, why I couldn't uh, do it. So I just kind of gave up on that because it was a uh, cost of money. What's up, John? Cheers, buddy. Uh, let's see here. Um, I don't know. I might try to get in the future. It does annoy me that, uh, that SoundCloud uh, is, uh, I dig it. Australian, Australian saying that he prefers uh, SoundCloud. It, it is a better, it is a better like uh, 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 interface and everything else. But I don't know. What can I tell you? Uh, was getting very few views over there for the amount of money I was paying. So we'll see in the future. We can, uh, exactly. Australian saying Spotify. Well, actually, I kind of agree, man. Spotify is like, uh, uh, they're, um, they're, uh, uh, what is it called? They're, I can't even think of it. They're all proud of their recommendation engine. I can't even think of what the word for it is, but like their algorithm to, to recommend shit for you. Man, I don't think I've ever had a playlist from Spotify. I used to pay the premium service. And whatever. I don't think I've ever had a playlist that I didn't have to skip like every third fucking song. <laughs> like, there's just always awful. And it'll always like, no matter what the playlist is, I could start on Willie fucking Nelson within like four songs. It'll be going. <laughs> it was always like trap music. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, what the fuck is this? Anything to do with goddamn Willie Nelson, but whatever. I, that's why I, I use Pandora. I kind of liked Pandora, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget why I stopped using uh, Pandora. Actually, uh, Chronic Table is on Pandora. We only get like, I don't know, maybe five downloads or something there a month. But there we are. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, who are on Pandora. We do get downloads from uh, Pandora. Uh, welcome, Billy uh, Martin. Cheers, buddy. Uh, Robert Greenfingers in the house. Cheers, my friend. Four plants, a eh? uh, welcome, buddy. What was I going to say? Uh, the photo contest, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, photo contest is still live. Uh, follow Portland Cannabis Tasting Society. Uh, throw down uh, over there. Hit a new post. Or I'm using all kinds of buzzwords. Hit the freaking uh, hit the post, fam. No, uh, ladies and gentlemen, go submit a new post uh, over at Portland Cannabis Tasting Society. Tag me. Uh, basically, post something on your wall and then tag me at Portland Cannabis Tasting Society and then use the hashtag Fumies Contest. Uh, that's the hashtag this month. You guys still have like 12 days to go or what do you have? Like, uh, I don't know till the end of the month, however many days that is, uh, almost two weeks, ladies and gentlemen. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, stoners havens in the, in the chat. D of course, in the chat, uh, fellow champions for plants. A, I believe, uh, I think two time champion, honestly, in the chat, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it could be you too. Uh, and also, uh, if you guys, uh, want to vote on any of those, uh, uh photos, please do. Uh, if you're listening, you're eligible to be a voter. You're eligible be a what a, a judge so there's no special judges or privileges or anything else and uh i feel like i have to sneeze or something so i better get through this introduction here really quick thank you d for reminding me about uh, my website let me see if i can uh show it to you here uh wait, wait, i have all kinds of damn it i have like freaking uh, uh tabs from last show all right i'm gonna have to clean that up but in the meantime ladies and gentlemen take a look at fumidoro seed co as D is showing you, he's showing you the thousand nights there, right there. Maybe I'll talk about that for, oh, you know what? I should probably make you guys, uh, hold up one second, ladies and gentlemen, so that I can make a couple of co-hosts so that anybody who jumps in isn't like, what the fuck? They're making me wait like a, like a freaking weirdo, man. What the shit? All right, co-host. There we go. And co-host, what's going on, Tommy? Welcome, my friend. 
Let me just shout this uh, website out, and we'll get right to the uh, introductions, my friends. <coughs> Pardon me for coughing. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, take a look at uh, Fumidoro Seed Co. Uh, I often hear from folks that they want to, um, I don't know, they want to uh, support uh, uh, local, you know, small-time uh, craft growers. You know, people talk about this kind of stuff all the time. If you'd like to do that, honestly, uh, I would like to suggest humbly my website. I put everything that you see together. I put the website together. I, I took the photos. Uh, I, uh, I grew the plants, selected the plants. Uh, in almost all cases, in, in fact, on this first run, all of the plants basically I selected and I grew. Uh, you will in the future see some stuff that I took from clones from other people. Uh, but for now, basically, uh, my hands have been involved in pretty much every step in the process. So... Um, uh, how do I say, uh, I come up with the descriptions, I, I freaking come up with the, the, the packaging, you name it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's see here, uh, D was just showing Thousand One Nights. Uh, kind of a favorite of mine. I wish I had more of it, frankly. I just didn't grow enough of it. And then I smoked too much of it too fast. It's got this really interesting, all the phenotypes that I've had, honestly, have surprised me a little bit in flavor. They've uh, um, uh, veered much more to a kind of spiced, a very mysterious spiced, like, uh, Honestly, ginger, a little bit like folks said about a, a, a dread Persephone. I picked up like ginger a couple of times. Really interesting, like horseradish, uh, really, really biting uh, grapefruit. I'm really going to work on that. That uh, the, the horseradish is basically something related to the grapefruit. It's, it's this kind of very similar uh, terp because, you know, of course, neither one of those actually comes from a grapefruit or a, uh, uh, what does horseradish come from? It comes from a fucking... Uh, Comes from a radish, I guess, doesn't it? It comes from a radish root. Okay, now I'm forgetting. Someone correct me in the chat. I don't know. I don't. Uh, anyway, you don't like horseradish, man? Uh, holy shit! Horseradish adds so much, like roast beef and stuff. It's fucking delicious. <laughs> Plus, if you have a cold or something, man, alive, that'll wake you right up. Anyway, so will uh, eucalyptus. Uh, yeah, actually, that's true. But you don't really eat eucalyptus because it's freaking toxic. No, you just sniff it. <laughs> right, but no, horseradish is is uh, freaking good for you, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, uh. uh grapefruity, sour grapefruit. I haven't found any sweet grapefruit, so that's kind of surprising to me. But that that biting, uh, uh, kind of, um, um, I'm going to have to find better words for it. I don't have any more to smoke right now to tell you. It's this um, acrid horseradishy grapefruit. I fucking love it. And it's really, really uh, uh, um, potent. Honestly, I wish I had some right now. I'm freaking drooling thinking about it. Uh, anyway, I haven't had as much color as I thought I would. As you can see from these guys, uh, just kind of zooming in on the trichomes, there is some of that red uh, tint to some of these trichomes, even on this one. This was one of the more uh, candy-leaning uh, Thousand One Nights. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, that's the, the parental stock. That's the mom, basically the, the pink panther, I call her, uh, Ruby Jack number eight. Uh, she gets just obscenely maroon, purple, uh, uh, deep, 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 deep color on her. Uh, and the longer you take her, the, the more crazy she gets. For example, I think I cut her down uh, right here. This is like week 11, I want to say. This is basically, I cut her down, I think, right before I cut down Mac 1. And uh, I was basically letting Mac 1 ripen as, as much as she possibly could. So even at like week 11, look at that, she threw like, no way, that's not a nanner. But I think that might be one little nanner right there. Anyway, like week 11. She's still not busted out. She was just getting purpley and purpley. Oh, my God. It's a beautiful plant. Anyway, uh, I'm really fond of uh, the whole Ruby Jack line. I think you guys will be fond of Thousand One Nights. <coughs> I really do have to sneeze here. Uh, take a look real quick before I hand off the uh, introductions, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, at Black Prince Ruby, another favorite of mine, another one of these uh, Ruby Jack in-crosses. I'd be happy to talk about uh, Ruby Jack a little bit later in the show after we get to the introductions, but uh, I'm really fond of it. Lots and lots of grapefruits, lots and lots of uh, soft red uh, sweet grapefruits, a little bit of sour grapefruits in the, in the original stock. 
This one right here, this line is very, very strawberry candy heavy. Uh, the Ruby Jack was probably about maybe 30% strawberry. And I pulled out my favorite strawberry candy basically and bred her. And uh, oh my freaking goodness, she basically looked like this. So this is one of the, the kids, but she pretty much looked like this and tasted like delightful goddamn strawberry candy. In fact, you can see that. Well, let's cool down. You can see a little bit of that leaf quotation right there. See that drop right there in the middle? Right there. So yeah, like basically two, three different phenotypes on this one. I, I had three different phenotypes on this one. I had leaf cutation so far. So basically like Black Prince Ruby, lots and lots of plant sugar, leaf sugar on that one. Lots of, uh, I don't know. I'll have to figure it out. Hybrix plants. We'll, we'll figure it out next time I, I get to run some of these, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to hear a lot more about Black Prince Ruby. I hope you guys will check it out and uh, use the coupon code uh, BRAINS for 14% off. Let me uh, get off camera here for a second and freaking sneeze politely. Uh, welcome, D. What's going on, my friend? Uh, uh, what's going on? Mm, brains. Well, I was going to try my new mic. I got a new microphone. I'm going to try to set up my uh, laptop, but I'm having problems right now. And I'm having internet, internet problems too. So, But you can find me on Instagram at D underscore zombie underscore. And my garden's doing good. My clones are doing good. It's freezing down for 7 p.m. Like, so they're doing better now. I caught it early enough. But anyways, uh... I think you just cut out, D. Yeah, your internet just shit the bed. What's up, Wes? Go on, dude. Big up, West. Big up, Smash. Big up, Demon Road. Big up, D. Big up, everybody in chat. Hope everybody's well. Hope everybody's living their best life, man. Welcome back to the most interactive show in cannabis. I hope you all are ready to beat the show. I see a bunch of people already jumping in here, so that's awesome to see. Uh, how you doing, Smash? How's things? Pretty good. Uh, I mean, shit, man. Just like eye pain, I have teeth pain. And it's the worst. So ibuprofen, or gel. I gotta get. I gotta get to a dentist. I gotta actually have a dentist check my shit over because I went to a dentist with one tooth hurting, and when I left, more than one tooth hurt. <laughs> so I don't fucking know, and I, I I hate the dentist. So I'm dealing with that. Garden looks good though. Watered yesterday, the day before. I watered two days in a row. Probably take tonight off, tomorrow off, water again. But yeah, everything's good. Got some good shit going on down there. Then we get the apple fritter doing all right. Nice. I can never did mention anything about my garden. My garden's popping real well. Everything's going real great in there. Well, except for except for one uh, one of the sets of seeds I got was complete junk. Everything else I got a hundred percent germ rate out of. And then um, it was my. Um, uh g13 uh bx it was a lemon lemon g lemon g uh bx that um all the seeds none uh like of, of the four i popped one came to the surface that stopped and the rest of them did nothing else and i got 100 percent. i got 100 percent the germination on everything else i planted so i uh, just i figured it's just bad batches Uh, or old seeds, or what do you think? Could be old seeds. I think they could be. They they could be old seeds. I guess. Yeah. 
They've acted like old. When's the last time? I'm trying to remember the last time I had like a disastrous germination. I actually had a disastrous germination germination on um I'm forgetting now. Actually something from Subcool. Asian orange. And then I, I was so no, but it was I want to say it might have been banana jack, actually. Oh, In fact, it was, it was banana orange. jack. It was exactly that one. Uh Two out of ten, because uh, I popped both uh, packs. They sent me, I think they sent me two five packs. Uh, two out of ten germinated, and it literally germinated. And I kept waiting and waiting, and I was like, "The fuck did I do something?" Where I was super paranoid about it, right? <laughs> and uh, I DM'd uh, Subcool, and he was like, "Oh, you know what? Don't worry about it. Thank you very much for being honest." Blah blah blah. We've actually had that, you know, happen with a few other people, and then little by little by little, they heard more and more reports. Something happened, like they got, and the, some people had no problems. Some people had a hundred out of a hundred. Maybe some of them got sent through like an x-ray or something. I don't know. Ozzy used to talk about uh, the x-ray machines in Australia messing up seeds. I don't know what it is. But like half the people that got those seeds had horrible germination. Yeah, I had got really, plants. really bad luck. Actually, none of them popped of the Agent Orange. Uh, that's the only seed I really had horrible luck with. I get it. I get why they named it, I should say. Yeah. Richard D is uh, uh, smoking Morgana. Uh, he's saying uh, she's lovely and fruity with a nice high. Appreciate it, Richard. Cheers, buddy. All right. Uh, who's up next? Let's see here. Uh, Charlie's Farm. What's going on, man? Always working. Uh, uh, seeing your work is, I think, an inspiration for everybody sitting back who's like, oh, man, we got to stop being stoners. We got to actually get something done. What's going on, my friend? One better than I deserve, as always. Just um, finally getting something to eat. I haven't eaten in two days. So I'll just eat. Thanks for the props, man. It's always a pleasure. Just to ordered Chinese here. food. Damn. And thanks for the invite the other night too to Potent Show, man. That was really yeah, man. Honor. Cheers. Uh, Potent was saying that basically uh, it went from because uh, you know a couple of guests couldn't make it, whatever. So you know whenever that happens, like you know someone who runs a show is like, well, now what? So basically went from like now what show to one of the best shows he's ever had. So cheers, dude. oh, that's food, cool. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put up with me. Hope everybody's having a great Saturday night. I'm gonna eat my food and then get back to work. Well. We're hanging out. This is between us and potent best show on friggin' YouTube. Cheers, dude. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Tommy Tricombs, what's going on, man? Uh looks like you're uh it looks like you're making the same uh <laughs> motion as the quarterback, but with a joint. But you're not gonna toss that joint to anybody. That that would be weird. Uh what's going on, my friend? Welcome. You toss that joint in my mouth. <laughs> right. <laughs> I've seen a couple people pass a joint like that. Yo, catch. We never fumble the joint. Never. What's going on, everybody? Just hanging out. Figured I'd get on for a second. Oh, man. Welcome. Burn down. Uh, how's, the, uh, how's the garden? How's the grow? How's the, how's the seeds? Everything's good. Uh, I got some seeds drying. Uh, you know, just trying to get them real dried out so that I can... Uh, anything good? Anything? Well, I mean, everything good, but anything exciting? Yeah. The last batch I made is everything is was really small. It's just like I don't know. <clears throat> there's small, not uh, small seeds. Yeah, there's some good seeds, but there's not many of them on anything. Oh, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Little kind of like that's annoying sampling. when that freaking happens. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, uh, kind of just uh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I just kind of took for granted. You know, I was like, oh, I'll just you know throw them on in over here and mm. see what happens. And you know what I mean? It just kind of neglected the tent the the seed tent but i mean you know i still got some seeds i pro probably could have got more if i would have uh done, done it a little better it happens get it all right there that uh, fan 
that fan goes off. It's hard to hear. Uh, oh, no worries. Then. I'm well, I'm uh, excited to hear about more of the seats and stuff, more of the, the, the projects and shit. Um, dude, the, the whole seed making process is like, it's kind of a, I mean, it's not that hard, honestly, but it's, it's a whole art to itself, you know, like when to pollinate, how to pollinate. Like if you're put, putting the male in with the, the females or if you're just using pollen, you know, how are you, if you're just using pollen, how to spread that, like. It's all a bunch of different little secrets and there's not a whole lot. I mean, there's some information online, but a lot of it's like super, super general. You know what I mean? Like, right. Uh, yeah. If you know, uh, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, if you know, uh, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like certain, certain strains will whatever trigger in flowering, like fairly quickly. And they'll have more pistols to, you know, accept more pollen. So, uh, I don't know. That seems to be a, uh, you know what I mean? Like a kind of thing, like maybe jumpstart <laughs> some of the big, you know, because once the pollen busts open, you know what I mean? You still have clean time. So I don't know. I, I normally just start them all at the same time, but uh, my dog shoes up everything. Crazy. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I dig it. Uh, you're basically getting to like uh, some folks start the male uh, early to make sure that he's like flowering before the females. Some uh, some start him at the same time. I've even heard of people starting the male later. Um, yeah, like a week yeah, later. That's what I would do. Right. Yeah, that's what I would do. Start the male like, uh, you know, not you know, it really had to be you know. I guess it all kind of depended on do it a week early on what you're working with. But uh, why do you prefer a week early, uh, Smash? Like if I will ever. Anytime out in the field, I always have to pull the males first. You know what I mean? So I'll take the little snip of the male and I'll bring it inside. So it's always Yeah, so your male's one. ready before your pistols are ready. That's the problem. That's why Tommy and I go a week late. So we get more pistols and get more seed. Oh. Yeah, I also it, like it, washing my like buds. Do you guys leave them? Do you, will you leave the male plant in there for like the, you know, I don't leave it in there for the. I do. I let it do as much as it can normally. To be, yeah, to be honest, once, I've never done a full crop pollination. I've only ever done like the little uh, paintbrush tech to like a couple oh, okay. branches and just, yeah, uh, just I mean, I've never done for my own. Well, after 30 days, anything that pollinates after that, it's going to, you know what I mean? It's going to take forever for those to mature. So you're going to have half that aren't ready. You know what I mean? It's going to be really hard to, I guess it just depends how you're doing it. The, uh, it's all, it is it's a little time game though. Yeah, yeah. I got I got a good thing going right now. Jeez, my dog's going. I've I heard that if you're trying to pollinate the mac, you want to leave the male in there the full time. Like that's the only way to get it to work is to have the mac in it. If you're trying to do a few ma uh, mac pollination, supposedly why can't, uh, with the mac, why can't you just paint the pollen on there? That seems so asinine that you can't. Because it just doesn't I, I, produce seeds for some reason. Well, that's like the biggest. Got, it's point. minimal amounts. It, it's small amounts. It's so few pistols at a time or something. I, I'm not sure exactly what the reason is. I've heard the same. You know. Pe people have said. I, I've heard people for for a long time. People thought you couldn't breed with it at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everyone that says they bred with the Mac says it's come out with like no seeds, almost like very few. Like, you know what I mean? A normal plant, you can get thousands. Mac, you get maybe 50. That's crazy. Yeah, I've heard, I mean, I've heard that. I've never tried to breed. Yeah, because the Brax is so, so big, so large. Is that why? You know, like, I mean, I don't know. That's what people say. And then, of course, the, um, so fat. the trichomes are, are really long. 
So they basically like kind of crowd out the, the pistols. I wonder if I have any. Oh, I've probably lost them. I have photos of uh, like a vegging Mac, but I don't know where they are right now. They're on my like old hard drive. Um, fuck, I don't know. Yeah, when it gets like when it gets to be already like week four, which is I mean kind of early, honestly, still for breeding. Like you're basically pollinating between like week two and week four, kind of anyway. So like by, by week four, it's already basically like nuggy and sticky. You know what I mean? So Mac is at least. Uh, it's kind of, I mean, it's a really pretty plant. It's a crazy, pretty plant. I've, I've criticized it all kinds of times. I go, it's not that strong or whatever, but it's, it's really fucking gorgeous. And then by about, you know, halfway through, it's really sticky. And I want to say, like, probably the pollen just honestly sticks to the, the stickiness of the plant, you know? I've noticed that, uh, I wonder if I have a picture of this. You know what? I bet I could show this, actually. This is something I've noticed recently, that people always are freaked out. Yep, first picture that I pulled up, actually, the picture from today. Uh, let's see here. It was the picture I used today from, um, uh, for the flyer for, uh, uh, Instagram. Basically it's, uh, this plant right here. And if you can see if I can zoom in, uh, let's see, is that the best picture I can use? That's good enough. Here, let me use a different brush. Uh, here we go. So you can see a bunch of brown uh so imagine to yourself that basically the pollination blew in from the right in other words so from uh probably you guys can see everything that i can see so if you can see over to the right basically that's where the pollination came from and wouldn't you know it everything on the top of the well almost everything on the top of this plant has brown pistils and some even visible seed bracts right like uh, full mm -hmm. stuff seed bracts but when you look down there's some like right here bunch of white pistils over here, there's a bunch of brown still. Over there, there's a bunch of brown. But right here is a bunch of uh, white ones. And what I figure is basically the pollen, the pollen blew in and basically got stuck on the rest of the plant and got stuck on these leaves and then got blocked from there. And, you know, everyone's it's, always talking about how it's like this complete vortex and everything in your tent is going to get fucking ruined if you have an accidental pollination. Basically, what I thought was interesting is that this is a sign that even if you had an accidental pollination, you won't lose literally everything i mean obviously for a medical grower if it was a if it was a commercial crop it's kind of fucked but you know like for a medical grower if you're worried like oh is 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 my whole you know, crop gonna get ruined whatever like this was think that intentional and i blew so much pollen in here you would choke like there there's i mean there's a full-on male in here blowing and he's a very 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 densely packed male throwing a lot of pollen and even though there's a lot of fucking pollen, there's a bunch of places that I'm going to actually have to go through here and you know, double check or just leave. You know, I might just leave it. But uh, I thought it was interesting. I don't know about you guys, but uh, no, it definitely is. It could be the the leaves cutting it through the wind. Pollen's so light that it could easily get cut, like and, and shifted into a different path. You know what I mean? Um, I think when people have a big problem and like they have a pop nanner in their in their tents is when they have a lot of airflow going. Because yeah. if it's if it's like dry conditions, it's not like moist, and you're you have like a vortex of air going. I think that's why they they say you get a vortex of pollen, more or less. It's just not. It's just, it's, it's like a a figure. I can't even think of the word I'm trying to say. See, some are pollinated. There are some brown ones in there. There's going to be a couple of seeds, but most of those are basically, as you can see, nice, white, healthy uh, yep. pistols. So, yeah, that's all I want to show. They ain't doing nothing if they're white like that. What the fuck's the word I was looking for? Would you I use a phrase like for that. something else? Abracadabra. Abra fucking cadabra. That's it. Shake and bake. That's it. That's the one. What's going on, Coot? Welcome. Abracadabra.
You're muted there, Jim. Oh, still muted. I like that mushroom poster. Actually, we got the whole set at uh, Paul Stamets' website. There's four posters, uh, edible. I don't know. Anyway, uh, Mrs. Coop wanted them, so we got them. And uh, she went and got the frames today. So this is the happy first wife, one. Happy frame. life, man. What are you going to do? Yeah, this is the edible one. And uh, it's got the magic one. And I don't know. Do not tread on me or something. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I really, I mean, pretty inexpensive wall hangings. You know, just the, the damn frames. I I don't like the company because they're religious wackos. Hobby Lobby. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, they're like three. <laughs> I'm blow your yeah. mind. Is that like Michaels around here? No, they're national. They're huge. Yeah, well, we have Michaels. Michaels. We have Michaels. Yeah, Michaels is like Hobby Lobby without Jesus. So that's pretty cool. Oh, okay. Uh, I go to Michaels. (laughs) That's Michaels is more expensive. uh, Phil. Oh, I'll put. uh, Hey, I'll pay money not to have to watch that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm an equal opportunity uh, hater. I throw, know, the Mormons, like, like I throw a, the Mormons off my porch. I, uh, when I walk by... You know they put a dot on your house? They mark your house. Who are the Mormons? Mormons. Yeah, but uh, you, know, you, get, you know how you stop Mormons from coming to your house? It's really simple. So they come on Saturday morning, right? Oh, no, I'm thinking of the Seventh-day Adventist. No, the Jehovah's There's a couple Wit- of them. Uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. <laughs> now, funny. Right, here's how you get rid of them. <laughs> they usually come as a married couple, right? And if you're lucky, they'll have the kids. Okay, so all you do is you open the door and you're scratching your genitals and you say, hey, baby, I said it's OK if your husband watched, but I'm not the kids, man. That's just going too far. They will never come away. back. They will never come back. Man. That's a promise. So I found someone caught them on their since ring cameras are such a big thing right now. Like every, everyone's outside getting videotaped, you know what I mean? And they actually caught one coming back with a pencil and just putting a little dot on the door. So I guess it makes sense, you, but yeah, that is pretty like, weird. You know that they don't come back to my house. If you're going to say Southern that Oregon and seeing pickup trucks with Trump and Pence signs in it, oh, I'll put up with it. I'll put up with the Jesus guys, you know. They don't right? even bother. Yeah, I, just, I usually just, I'm just polite. I just like, no, thank you. You know, blah, blah, blah. And you know, I send them on their way. They're usually nice, you know. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, 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 <coughs> presumably a Jehovah's Witness actually, uh, uh, actually literally walked into our house. Like my mom and I were alone. We were living down in the country. It was really bizarre. Like uh, in the middle of the day, it was like a rainstorm, whatever. It was really, really super weird. Uh, and she was really weird too. So anyway, she might've just been schizophrenic or something, but that was pretty unusual. Like uh, these days, she probably would've gotten a shot. Honestly, any of our neighbors probably would have shot her too. But uh, yeah, that was pretty weird. I, uh, Other than that, I'm just polite. Just like, no, thank you. I am too, but I answer the door always with like a bowl or smoking. <laughs> Blow in their face. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like I'll exhale right before I open the door. So when it opens, it all smacks them in the face. Right. That's all. Awesome. And I'm like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> Realistically, uh, let's see here. D, we got your uh, uh audio set up or no? He's struggling, but he's a blank on my screen, right? 
Portly's got so I would tell Tom, Tommy Tricombs that. Uh, hey, what? Oh, we were we were saying. Uh, does your microphone work? I just want to test out my microphone. One, two, three. One, two, one, two. It's no working. Stand. I can hear you. Uh, audio straight on. Oh, I just muted Smash. Dang it. Okay, so I got to get a message to Tommy. I got 75% uh, germination. Okay. And uh, unfortunately, I had to put them in my soil because that's a, not, not a professional soil. I was trying to get some. Uh, uh, You're trying to get some fresh fox farm, but they were fox fresh farm. Out. Yeah, and I, I just couldn't get it. You know, the demand is uh, running rapid through the streets of Portland, and uh, so I had to use mine. So I hope that's all right. Oh, no, on, that's... A, on a happier note, um, the only breeding I've done in 39 years is going to be up on the internet from start to finish uh, with an ongoing uh, thread, courtesy of Mr. Uh, uh, Jeremy Silva at Build a Soil. He's got these uh, 10 by 10 foot gorilla tents and he divides them up into quadrants. And so he's given a quadrant to this strain. It's a TL crossed with a 1974 uh, Hawaiian. The, anyway, between the other guy and myself, we got 98 years of uh, growing experience. So should be uh, at the very least interesting, you know. Probably won't look as cool as you know today's. It won't look as good as a, a skittles or piddles or dribbles. Might not uh, be as colorful, but it's going to look nice. It's going to look plenty fine. The to looks really nice uh, when it uh, frosts. Isn't that vibrant green plant. cool on that plant mm, on that string? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a nice plant. Uh, cool, Jim. It's got that nice old school look to it. Honestly, you know what? To to looks a little bit like uh, like a like a kind of a cushy. It has this kind of cushy look. Honestly. Oh, God. Okay, you guys are fucking laughing at me. No, just from the look. No, all right. I don't. You know what? I'm gonna have to defer to you, Jim, because I honestly. Why did you have to kick Jim in the dick? (laughs) I don't know what a a cush looks like. Oh fuck! It's a it's a a tie by an Afghan. No, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's back up. I know what a cush looks like. But I don't know what the shit they call a Kush looks like. Okay. okay. <laughs> How's that? Yeah, yeah. Like one from Kush Valley, I know what that looks like. I know what one uh, Kush on the lower end towards Renasi looks like. I got that one down. But some guy in a dead concert, and there's only three seeds in this whole bud, and then here they are. Larry's cut, the 501. It's all groovy, man. Uh, that one I don't know. So, I mean, come on. Like halfway through, doesn't this look cushy? I can't tell you. I mean, I know. Yeah, it looks like an Afghani. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Afghani. Yeah, so maybe I should have said that. Well, it seems a little dark. Have you checked the magnesium on that? Uh, believe it or not, I think it is a little dark because of spider butt peptides. That's a whole long story. I sprayed spider butt peptides. Kind of a funny story. Uh, I don't know. We'll get to it a little bit later in flower. Literally, there's this product made of spider oh. butt <laughs> peptides. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I've never heard of this. Well, let me know. Yeah, I'm about to so fuck you, man. If something Yo, comes so out that's uh, marketed under the name of BJ Discharge, let me know. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like they saw you coming. They sold you spider butts. Like, what? <laughs> I feel like it too, honestly. <laughs> Yo, look at this. Bullshit. What's that? We can't a see it. What is it? That got cut off my plant. What about it? Oh. oh. 
Got cut off or broken off? What just happened? Broken. Oh, man. What happened? Damn, dude. My fan. My fucking, somehow my fan decided to fall. Oh, man. And it chopped off. That's good. I mean, that's a powerful <laughs> fan. Guys. I'm not going to laugh. I'm like, all been there, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I've done that time one. down. I could sacrifice one bud. Right. Well, look Literally at that. You got you got clones now. Use that as a well. It's already in flower, so it'll take forever. Yeah, still. it's yeah, really good. Probably take a while, dude. One time I fell, I fell uh, <laughs> into a four by eight bed, like with all the with all the uh, what's it called, the geolite pebbles or whatever they are, the the uh, hydrogen pebbles. You know, yeah, hydrogen, yeah. I look, so this was a long time ago and I fell in like we had it all crammed in this little room in this basement. So basically not a very good design, trying to like, you know, maximize or whatever. And I uh so I'm like climbing up and I'm like leaning over, trying to like just pick a couple of leaves and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I fell right into it. The, the legs busted, the uh all the shit starts spilling, you know, all the rocks start spilling on the ground. Shit, it's so crazy. Uh, huge mess, you know what I mean? It was just, it was like a funny experience. Uh, <laughs> well, unfortunately, Steve isn't here. Unfortunately, Steve isn't here. Uh, Charlie and I sat up with Steve till about two o'clock in the morning, our Good time. Episode. Good episode. So anyway, yeah, it was pretty funny. We uh, settled all the issues of the day, but I like I like uh, <laughs> clanging his cage. Because every time I say the word, now listen, I want you to listen up. Every time I say the word saponin, he says, dead fish, dead fish. And so I want to make it clear that I'm not out to uh, kill the guppies or even uh, goldfish. You know, okay? Great fish murderer. Clack of yeah, 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 right. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so I got this extremely, extremely concentrated uh, uh, source of saponin. Um, one gram for a gallon of water, so oh. you can kind of. Oh, that's that Q powder, right? The, the yeah, the stuff from chili. See, here's the thing with saponins. Um, I've always used wreath in us because that was the highest concentration I could find. It was it's two hundred and fifty thousand parts per million, so it's twenty five percent saponins. That's pretty good. The challenge is, or using is, that you need about a two day lead time to get them soaking to get extract some of those saponins out follow whereas this product because it's uh, refined it's instant you take your gallon you put your uh, eighth of a teaspoon in shaky 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 dump it into your excuse me i got a uh, a chapin 1949 sprayer that's the model number uh, chapin's a manufacturer um and so it's that easy you're not having to dick around with it you know it's like i got a problem whether it's powdery mildew or uh uh, mites, or in your case, some of the other guys, you got different things, white flies, aphids. You know, we don't, we, we were blessed by God. We got rain and we got mites. Pretty much left us alone on the uh, drifts, aphids, and white flies. Hmm. Oh, lucky us. Oh, we did thrips get thrips. I hear I had thrips oh, for really? know, oh, six yeah? months, but a couple of years oh. ago, and a few of my friends had them, but I haven't seen them for a couple of years. They seem yeah. to come and go, though. I've never, that's not been, I like everybody in this part of the world, they say they don't, they're lying through their teeth. I mean, you're, it's a constant battle against fighter mites. And uh, with 390, 
forms of powdery mildew. You tell me that you don't have powdery mildew. I know you're talking out of your ass or you're trying to sell me something. So usually it's the latter. Well, you know, if you use lipstick, it's been cured in acetone. That's what I use. And it really works That's good. The secret. Lipstick. I've been battling thrips on and off. <laughs> What's that, buddy? What What's your worst? Thrips or mites? To get rid uh, of thrips, I, thrips, I, I always, uh, thrips, thrips, uh, okay. no question. Yeah. I just, I always find that thrips, them, you know, they're, they're very slow movers, so they don't migrate that fast. You got to catch them early, obviously. Like anything, if you're in your garden and paying attention, you're going to catch anything early. Gotcha. You know what to look for. Gotcha. But also, um, they're, they're persistent. I mean, they can, they can go, you know, I don't know if it's necessarily, I, I've done, you know, quite a bit of research on them. They don't necessarily go dormant, but they're so tiny that right. it's very hard to get every single one of them. So yeah. they, you might not see them for six months, and then all of a sudden they pop up again. That's like white flies, where the time you physically see them, yeah, it's already over. Yeah, start, no, start thrips, getting thrips, out thrips, the machete and taking your plants down. Yeah, Seriously, no, I work like, nurseries, man. I've had to fight those before in nurseries. Are you kidding? I had greenhouses full of them. All my tropical plants had them. Yeah. Didn't matter what it was, they love the bird of paradise and uh, some of the ficus. But um. Yeah, I know what you mean. No, the thrips, thrips are, you know, they, they just, they are definitely more of a nuisance. I, I think mites are more of a nuisance, but I can get rid of mites. I haven't had mites in a while, so I haven't had them for actually about seven years, eight years. Yeah. Knock on wood. Knock yeah, on wood. Knock on that wood. Knock on wood, man. <laughs> yeah. If you have yeah. mites in flower. I don't do anything in flower. I don't spray my, anything. My best. Listen. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say is I use uh, a, gr a green lacewing larva. Because yep. here's the all right, here's the disadvantage to using ladybugs. They have they're adults, they have wings, they, they're mobile. But the larvae don't have wings yet, they haven't matured, so they can't fly away. They remain on your plants. And when they do mature, if you did your job right, and there's some things you can do to entice them to stay there and breed. So now you have like an ongoing IPM. That doesn't affect the the quality of your medicine, whatever plant you're growing, tomatoes, whatever. It's not going to affect the uh, the quality of your uh, goal, and it's not invasive, and they're harmless. Uh, they don't sting. They don't, you know, they're very docile, actually. Uh, but they eat like piranha. I mean, it's really bizarre. If you watch a video on them, watch them how they attack a group of mites. It's like Brings a tear to your eye. Nothing but like, uh, yeah, it's pretty radical how how uh, much they eat and how much in a day. And Let sometimes they'll just re yeah. Where would where uh, I've gotten them twice. I've gotten I've got the, the green lace wig, the eggs. I've gotten the sacks. You know, hung them everywhere. Yeah, it seemed to do all right. I had a thrip problem um, for in in the flower room, and and I don't even know if they, they, the the thrips were so bad at the time. Mm -hmm. especially on my gmo they just love the gmo for some reason a couple other strains they didn't even touch and um but anyway i got them from a couple places and um i couldn't see them i couldn't see them now you're supposed to be able to see those little black dots that walking out of the, the the or or whatever they are do you do you see them because i couldn't see anything coming out i got them from two different places thinking I, they came dead because i get ladybugs a lot i have a, a one place I get them and I only get them there because I'll get 9,000 at a time. And I know that at least six or 7,000 will show up alive. 
I know I'm probably going to have at least, a, you know, anywhere between 500 and 1,000 dead when you get in that many. And I'm getting them in the mail. I'm not getting them. My, my hydro store just suddenly started charging a bundle for friggin' oh, 300. Yeah. And it's a joke. Um, so. This is not a recommendation. It's more, it's literally just a question. Um, are you familiar with our, our Bika? Or something like that A-R-B-I-C-A, a company that sells uh, regalia? Abico out of Arizona, I think. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Tommy. That's it. Yeah, yeah ch- check one. with them. Um, oh, yeah. Hold on. Let I was on a pen real quick. She and I, I think she was the vice president at the time, but she and I did a, a Adam Dunn show several years ago. And it was really funny because after she goes through her presentation, I just ask a very simple question. That's what I do, right? I said, yeah. well, isn't it also true that the stronger and healthier that your plant is, that you're going to have more success with these uh, predatory insects? And not predatory. Uh, What's the name again? Can you spell it? A-B-I-C-A, I think. Oh, it's, uh, green is the color. And then the second part is lacewing, one word. No, no, I know what the bugs, I know what the Oh, the I'm sorry. Abika. A-B-I-C-A. Yeah. Oh, got it. Okay. And they're out of Arizona? I think so. Yeah. I'm pretty right, sure. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, the right. bottom line was she agreed with me yeah. that in order to maximize the benefit of using these, uh, is well, her? what is it? Is that her? Oh, I don't know. We, we, that was the days of telephone. Not sorry. Adam didn't have a Zoom then. So. Clutch. Is her name uh, Siri? Yeah. Siri yeah. Herrera? Yeah. Herrera. We had two discussions that day. Her product line, which I really support. And then that clown that had the uh, stuff he uh, gave away at uh, the Emerald Cup that had, uh, I don't know, worm medicine in it. <laughs> The heritage, I don't know. Uh, Steve Poten knows about it. Steve from Poten, I mean. Uh, anyway. Boy, he gave that. Uh, he gave out stuff with what's it called of it? The worm medicine. Yeah, I had Invectorin, or I don't follow this shit, man. But the stuff to get horses to kill uh, worms. Oh yeah, horse dewormer. That's it. Yeah, horse dewormer. He put it in a goddamn foliar spray and gave away. We, we, he was a nice guy, man. We smoked a joint out in the parking lot. <laughs> Well, fuck, that settles it for me. Give me a case of it. You know, that's all it takes. Shit, I should go in the fertilizer business. I could give away joints of uh, piddles at the, the next uh, Emerald Cup. I like what you said about PM, though. PM is in the air. If your environment isn't right, you're going to get it. That's right. I mean, like, it's you know, always there. Don't tell me that you haven't had it. Just if, if you've been growing long enough, obviously. Right. Like all yeah. longer than a week, right? Right. Yeah. One, I I call them one and duns, one and duns. You know, like a there's, one hit there's, wonder. There's certain there's strains, no though. You'll have you'll I'll find you have cer- certain strains that are completely resistant though to PM. That like you yeah. can't get PM on them, and all the other strains is like you can't like like OGs will get PM like yeah instantly. Yeah, just look at them wrong. <laughs> just look yeah, at them and wrong, just, <laughs> <laughs> They're white, like you know, it's like, ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> you mean the genetic train wreck known as OG Kush? 
Would that be yes, the sir. one you're talking about? Okay. The one that took, Dude, uh, the everybody's one that took me 12 bamboo OG, sticks. <laughs> people yeah, are I love it. OG, like LA. It's standard. It's a standard. lot of people love that freaking uh, smoke. And awesome. uh, LA, it's it, all OG. I'll tell you one thing. If you like OG, set that aside just for a second. And you don't like the way it grows, like that would be me. Because, I mean, you got to use. Yep, yep. How, how many bamboo sticks to stake the son of a bitch up? Very stretchy. Yeah. But if you like that uh, high, or that yeah. direction, then the TO is perfect. The TO will knock you out. The TO will knock you out. I got a real Hell's Angel in there now. Yeah. I got a true Hell's Angel. Yeah. And it's, it's a, uh, the mica cut. I got it from somebody swerve years and years ago, and I keep it around. I don't care. Is that the Matanuska yeah. Thunderfuck from I'm the not sure. uh, no Hell's idea. Angels up in Alaska? I think it is. That because that's could a possibly be of all just, of all the drug stories that one it, uh, ring not rings true it is true that was developed when Alaska had kind of this quasi legal thing going on in the eighties I don't remember right. it got repealed by the legislature but during that period in the mid eighties uh, the Hell's Angels Club in uh, Anchorage I think it was Anchorage yeah. that was one that they put together and they guarded it it was one of those strains that you didn't bragged to people. I got Matanuska from a source. I bet. I bet. It just caused all kinds of problems. You know? Yeah, you or could. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I got to stake it up like there's no tomorrow. I mean, it doesn't matter how small or how tall it gets. Yeah. It has to be staked. It's a trilogy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just straight up. Well, a lot of those, in my experience, the ones that had uh, a lot of uh, genetics out of uh, Afghanistan, like Kandahar, Maza Sharif, what have you, Kabul. Um, you really need big pots. I mean, it's more like I would say a minimum size would be 10 and 15 would be better. And that's right. not a lot of people aren't set up or don't want to, you know, that much soil. Because that's like Why are 15 so would be too to big. I don't know. People are always resistant to it. I don't mean to interrupt you because it's a beautiful point. Why are people resistant to those bigger pots, though? It's so easy. Get a bigger pot, fill it with soil. Harder to move. The other advantage to running a bigger pot, let's say we run a 15. And so that's only two cubic feet. For this limited discussion, a cubic foot, seven and a quarter cubic feet. So 15 with some you know, space at the top, some room, uh, you could, you'd want to use two cubic feet. Fair enough. But that gives you a lot of real estate to plant some companion plants that are going to help, uh, like mints, spearmint and peppermint. You can plant, uh, what's the uh, spice from India, uh, the seed. They use it to produce milk uh, in women. Coriander? No, no, um, caraway? No, shit, I'm sorry. Uh, it's a seed that's widely used. But anyway, uh, the the milk, they, they make a tea out of it and give it to women to induce uh, lactation to start. Uh, God damn it. Oh, uh, fennel. Fennel's okay. Is? I think so. But anyway, all, the point is that you could plant, you have enough room around that plant to give it plenty of uh, root space, but that gives you plenty of syrup because uh, the, the uh, plants like mints and what have you, they're not going to put extensive root systems down. And even if they do, that's not a problem. You know, plants don't go into competition like, uh, I wouldn't put fennel in. I well, wouldn't put fennel in. Bad. It grows uh, fennel, yeah, fennel is. Uh, no, it's not fennel. I'm sorry. Uh, let me look it up. I'll be right back.
I'm embarrassed now. Because that's not, this one is, is grows like a, a chive. Yeah, fennel is really bad for partnerships with other plants. And it like really discourages the growth of other plants. It's, it works like a brassica almost where it, uh, Right, where it, like kills other things, micro mycorrhizal. Oh, right, here it is. Yeah. I knew it's what okay. it. I knew it started with FD fenugreek. Okay, that's the uh, one that you want to plant or can't. You know, it's your choice, but you can plant. Fenugreek is really good for you. It's a fucking ridiculous antioxidant. Yeah. Right. So that one is really good against mites. Uh, these are uh, working through uh, aroma agents, re uh, insect repellents. That kind of thing. So you're using some real science here, uh, and you, it's not going to affect the flavor of your whatever you're growing, but it will. And it also increases the tilt in the root zone. The healthier the plant, the more exudes the plant uh, releases. Uh, blah blah blah. So there you go. It's really fragrant too. So if, if uh, securities is uh, aroma. Uh, it can impact your security and wherever you live. Yeah, look at the seeds. Aren't they cool? They're all misshapen. They're not, they don't look like they even belong together. If you, if they weren't the same color, I mean, some are round, some are squares, you know, and get it in the Indian store. If they don't sell fenugreek, get a new one or find another or one. Or as they say, uh, Iranian, Turkish cuisine, Armenian. Yeah. Egyptians yeah. all over the Middle East and yeah. North Africa. Anyway, and that also makes a wonderful tea. If you just grow it, uh, you know, in a separate pot and you let it get up about six inches, just come in with a pair of scissors, cut it off, brew it, uh, not hot, but uh, steep it in some water for a couple of days. And there you go. You got a really powerful uh, pesticide without uh, the horrors of neem or God forbid, Karanja, you know. Uh, some Eagle um, 20, maybe you can get that in there. Maybe that would help. Hey, before, before I forget, because I wanted to ask you this, uh, uh, Jim. Sure. So it's a, uh, when you do the neem, you just take, like, it's, you use that white bottle for one. You know what I'm talking about? It's just like the classic, I don't know, it just says neem, basically like neem oil on it. Yeah, from uh, Usha at Neem Resource. It's white and black label, real simple. Uh, hold on one minute. I got a bottle right here. I okay. keep it nearby then, in case I get fleas. And then uh, what? So you do you do that with the soap nuts uh, to emulsify it? I don't know. I think it's still here. I'm just wait. But, uh, okay, here you go. I'm gonna hold this up to the camera. Is this what you mean? Oh uh, no, but oh. no. The one I know is just, it's like, it's, I don't know. It, it might even be like someone, someone re, re uh, packaging, you know what I mean? Now, if you got it from, uh, if you got it from Build a Soil, he buys this exact product in 55 gallon barrels and does repackage it with right. her, her, you know, knowledge and approval. Yeah, no. But anyway, go ahead and ask your question. I apologize. Okay, so then, so then you you emulsify. Do you, yep. do you use? Uh, do you warm the water up? Uh, no, you don't need to. What I use? Nuts? Have you ever tried that? No, I always uh, took the easy way out, and I used. Uh, God, I hate this term. Liquid silica, like. Uh, uh, yeah, so. uh, anything with uh, potassium uh, silicate. 
they, they're all the same. It does the label on the bottle doesn't matter. Um, right. And that's what I would use. The recipe is okay. So a tablespoon is a half ounce. So you want to take a tablespoon of oil and put it in like a shot glass. And then you want to add a teaspoon of one of these liquid silica products. And you take a, 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 a kebab stick and the blunt end and you stir it. It'll change color from, because the neem oil is clear. It looks like a dark olive oil. Uh -huh. it's, it is a plant oil. Yeah, and, right, but when right. you emulsify it, it'll turn like ochre. And it's uh, no longer transparent. It's opaque. And now you know you've got it emulsified. Now you add it to, now a half ounce is for a gallon. A half ounce of oil, a tablespoon of oil to a gallon of water. And now right. I understand your question. I apologize. Yes, you would want the water somewhat warmer. You don't want it so cold that it's going to re. Yeah, un, it'll coagulate. Un, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So yeah, you want it, but you don't need high. You need like 70, 75 degrees is all. Okay. Um, and then uh, apply immediately. And you you said uh, you said you're using like silicate, like a bottle, like or am I thinking of something different? Potassium silicate? Are you talking about yeah. like a soap, or are you talking about actual? No, no, no. It's like uh, what's that crap dipstick up North Head? Oh yeah. Wet Betty, the one with the uh, right. stuff you're from Avenue Yeah, right. That yeah. one. Well, if you look at the label, they're all. They, yeah, they're but all, it does give you that feeling. If you if you spill a little bit on your fingers or something, it's get that feeling where it's all almost greasy, kind of like, like lubricant. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like it's yeah. yeah, it's more than water. Yeah, it's like yeah. more. Now, could you could you use the uh, seeds, the Aretha seeds? Yeah, it, it would be tougher. How's that? Not impossible, but you'd have to play with it. And I, I don't have it, that level of experience. But now that I have this powder stuff, that opens up a whole bunch of doors because I could take. You're gonna in in recipe is that you want a, a quarter of a teaspoon to a gallon of water. So if I take say a cup of water and add that in first now i've got a concentrated sapin in and now yeah. i can use that to emulsify the oil and then add it to the gallon jug and then fill with enough water yeah. to make a gallon so i'm going to be working with that so they're testing anyway yeah i mean i've ground up the uh the soap berries you know yeah, soap berries. yeah, yeah. just grind them up a little bit and, but and just so people you know, tear up your grinder what so you just gotta make sure you're not putting in something, you know what I mean? Something that's only going to be used for... Something you know, that came to my attention when I was in Florida uh, on a mission for uh, Build-A-Soil to go look at Karanja trees and orchards. Those trees out of India were imported to Florida probably two, three hundred years ago. So there are soap trees all over Southern Florida and they call them the so uh, soap something. But there's other plants that have extremely high levels of saponins. The one that, uh, uh, the one that uh, you and I were talking about, Cohilo, Q-U-I-L-L-O, something like that. That's from Chile, uh, from the Andes area. Um, that one has the ultra high levels 
of sapphire. See, saponins are used in things like you've seen fire extinguishers. Well, that foam is created by saponins. Uh, your shampoo, your toothpaste, your dish soap, your laundry soap, your bar soap. Soap in it. When you make soap in and of itself, yeah. it does not foam. And that's to make it foam, you have to add a foaming agent. And that's what saponins do. Yeah. That's when I worked function. for a uh, one of those lawn, like a lawn fertilizing places, that's what we do. We put like like a half bottle of dish soap in the uh, in the tank of whatever, you know what I mean? Whatever right. it was. We were spraying right. on the yard right. and stuff. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was basically what, to. What's good about saponins because they provide like neem. Uh, multi benefits. It's not just that. So, first of all, it's fungicide powerful, both on top of the soil. I mean, the uh, biomass, the leaves and branches. You want to apply it to your soil, and there it acts as a uh, fungicide uh, above the soil as a fungicide as well as a, a pesticide, and then the one that's really. Uh, I think the most important, but the one most difficult to quantify is it's a biostimulant to the plant. So it will increase your plant's protective agents like terpenes and terpenoids, which is why plants produce them, is to protect the plant or reproduce the plant, not to make Johnny happy because he now tastes like raspberry sherbet or something, you know. A question on that, Coop. Can, can soap nuts uh, be overdone? Can it foliarly? Can it be over sprayed? Uh, I think if you mix it too strong a concentration, a lot, yes. So. Yeah. But can we discuss just for a second insects? I've mentioned it before, but I, I can't stress this enough. The most important thing to, for eradication is not the power of your spray. Or whatever. I mean, obviously that's part of it, but high, high dosing isn't what you want. You have to just learn on the specific invaders you're trying to eradicate what their reproductive cycle is. For example, uh, red spider mites. It's 72 hours, so you spray this day, and then 72 hours you reapply, and then you reapply it again. So we're three times now, and right. Most writers will say that's enough. I err on the side of caution and I say, no, go for. But you're going to, that's the only, you have to break the adult egg larva cycle because if you don't, then you'll be on, not you, but somebody goes like, well, I tried it, it didn't work. They came back a week later. It took that long. Oh, okay. Well, you were lucky. You know, so you got to, oh, uh, so. I've, well, I've yeah. been using Very few things spray. kill the eggs. Very and few things kill the eggs. Remember, camphor that. does. That's spray the right way. Spray underneath. You know. Yeah. yeah ever since I've been spraying it, that's why I've you gotta had, do like, it a few times. Tremendous growth. It's been insane, honestly. Saponins. Yeah. With the oh, supplements, absolutely, absolutely. I've, I've had some awesome growth. Yes. Yeah. Yep. That's why I was asking if I could overdo it because what I've been doing is doing it every day. And that's you know that wouldn't be a problem. Yeah, go in. Yeah. Where would be the problem? I use I use soap nuts and I used yucca, which is I think a little bit more concentrated, frankly, than uh, soap yeah. nuts. Uh, and I used it every single time water touched my plants. And I, in fact, I swore yep. by it for the longest time. Yeah. The well, only reason I stopped using yucca is that someone on the show 
pardon me, uh, maybe even Kud or somebody else said that the yucca, the Thermex, is not organic. They said it's actually pro- uh, uh, pyrolyzed, whatever else, the way it's produced. I don't know. Out of an abundance of caution, I decided to, well, Kud, you were probably the one that told me not to. So I started no, using even not, natural no, shit, so ther- now I'm no. using soap nuts. No, no, Thermex is a fine product. Is it? Uh, I, You know, this is, okay. I mean, my plants love no, it. Let me, they let me, fucking love let me, it. Let me, uh, let me educate the person who gave you the misinformation. The only thing that can be certified organic under U.S. law are crops that are cultivated. If I go out in the desert and harvest yucca, as people have done, I don't, who's going to certify it organic? Honest, I only peed on it once. Oh, okay, well, yeah, here you get the certification. So most countries have a category called wild harvested. That would be great if our laws could get changed. So, but that's how people trick people like us. They bring you a truth that's kind of a truth, but it's not 100%. You're not going to, now, there was one time he passed away, but uh, he had to buy a mail order and he was over in Spokane. And he had a human food grade yucca extract. That's more accurate than saying organic. Because if you just go take it out of the wild, technically it would be organic under Oregon Tilth and a few other agencies. But it wouldn't be accurate, would it? Because if you didn't know how, well, how you get that goodness out of there, just like with the, the extract you guys like, the uh, dabs and what have you. Aren't you aren't you concerned about how it's been manufactured? I, would I am. I mean, that's, yeah, that's okay. why I don't like right. really uh, uh, the whole PHO process and so okay. on. Yeah. So anyway, that's my point, though. So it's the same. It's no different with this other plant material. I started out using the human food grade um, yucca extract. And now you got to read labels because there's a North American version. And then there's the stuff out of China. Okay, this was the uh, North American version. And uh, I used to live in Yucca Valley, so I kind of know the drill. These are really ancient, powerful plants. But his price was just cost prohibitive. So then I learned about Retha nuts, because a lot of people take them and put them in those small paint strainer bags, tie it in a knot, and they put it in their washing machine to wash their clothes. And that, because they don't like the perfumes, and the other bullshit they put in detergents. So that's how the majority and people make soap as a craft or business, you know, venture. They like that because it has a certain smell. There's like a, a touch, a feel. It adds a silkiness to the soap. And so I went, wait a minute, it's happening. So that's when I started buying the ones from uh, the organic ones from uh, Mountain Rose Herbs and started doing what uh, weed killer's doing. You know, probably soak it in water for a day or two or, you know, however you get there. Uh, and you can use them four or five times because they're that concentrated. I mean, they're 25% saponins. My God, that's 250,000. I just leave them in my bottle. I just leave it yeah, in my bottle. There you go. Yeah. yeah. But here's why it's helping you on your plants. I just, I just flashed on this. When we use a saponin in, in the soil, we call it a wetting agent. I don't make these terms up. I'm just passing on how it works. Okay, when we spray a saponin on the, our branches and leaves and everything, now we call it a surfactant. 
So what it's doing is holding the water onto the leaf longer for you. So the plant is gonna use that water more efficiently because it's gonna remain on there long enough to be absorbed in through the stomata on the bottom of the leaves. That's where your benefit's coming from. As far as you're seeing a spectacular uh, improvement, that's what I meant. Yeah, I use, honestly, I've used a range of different foliar applications, but it's uh, one of them. Oh yeah, it's, it's <laughs> but I use it in everything. Every time every time yeah. I do a foliar, yeah. it's in there. So yeah. it's that surfactant is that surfactant benefit that if you're gonna put whatever it is on a plant, then to have it stay on the leaf longer, in most cases, is a benefit if it's a fungicide or a pest, whatever I, I don't want to get into all that, but whatever you're putting on your leaf, if you want it to remain longer than and, and not just drip off. And add a surfactant like, uh, well, saponins like you're using. Yeah. And no, Thermex is a fine product. It's uh, you're going to get consistent dosage. That's the biggest benefit. Follow the directions on the label, and you'll be fine. On the I'm other glad hand, to hear you say that, Coop, because honestly, I, I remember telling people. I, I think it was on the Embracing Organics show or something. I swore by that product, and I remember saying. Uh, at some point, I'd go back that, to it. If you had good luck, then I will. I probably could go to the store tomorrow. I'd go there now if it was open, but I'm going to go there tomorrow because <laughs> honestly, I might water after the show. So I'm going to be disappointed that I didn't put Thermex in my freaking plants because I remember yep. saying to people that sometimes I use water so that I can put more Thermex on my plants. And right. it was a joke, basically, but I remember uh, how much my plants loved uh, anytime I applied water that had Thermex in it. Yeah. Uh, there's a variety of reasons I think why. And I remember looking it up a little bit. I think I started using Thermex just because it was a wetting agent, but then I saw such prayerful growth in my plants that, you know, by prayer, we're talking about these plants. I know. Like, oh my right. God. Well, of course, Coot, you know, but everybody, uh, you know, no, I mean, I mean that's why I, I just like, Oh my God, like yeah. cheerleaders running to the sun. Oh yeah. my freaking God. Uh, you will never see more prayerful plants than when you use Thermex or, you know, now I've had really good luck with a uh, uh, soap nuts. It's lovely. Uh, but Thermex is so much easier, honestly. Yes. Way more expensive than soap nuts is. But it's also got a sugar in it, and a very plant available sugar. It's got some micronutrients right. in it. And uh, from what it's I remember, Akut, do you remember why? I don't remember why, but it triggers the plant SAR response. It's one of the yes. things that actually triggers more. Well, that's what I meant by biostimulant. Right? If, if the two main, let me rephrase that. The two major uh, defense systems in a plant, what we call our immune system in our pets and ourselves, right, is SAR and HAR. And the first one is SAR is systemic acquired resistance. And the other one is hormonal acquired resistance. So a biostimulant, in this case, uh, since we were talking about uh, the saponin specifically, there's 900 types of saponins. So knowing that uh, the uh, source is really important. Things like yucca, uh, the aretha nuts, uh, the uh, Chilean plant, those are really premium because they have a huge spectrum of saponin uh, formulas. So diversity, 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 diversity. If, if, yet, if I had a perfect situation, I would use all three in conjunction with each other you know 
And in answer to the question, people are always wondering, hey, is there too much? It's a fair question, right? You always want to know if there's an overdose. Sure. Uh, I didn't really ever find an overdose to my plants with Thermax, and I used a ludicrous amount. I mean, a tablespoon at a time, caution. two tablespoons at a time. It would get ultra foamy if you, you know, were bubbling it or something. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, here's the, uh, my, my advice on that is it's better to apply the middle needed a quarter a cup a day or something, just use that one, then one cup a week. Does that make sense? Mm, Spread sure, uh, uh, sure. in small right. increments. Uh, not small, but something controllable, it makes sense. Something close to what the label says. Mm. You, and yeah. then, you know, then had to take a plan and start experimenting. Yeah. It always amazes me when people go, well, I got this and I thought, well, maybe this will work. Why would you do that? I mean, I why would you do everything with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah, I had a suspicion, so I tried everything first. Yeah. So, question: You said it was a fungicide as well. So, yeah, would that kill my mycelium in, in my my bed? No, it's interesting uh, when we look at uh, when you when you start growing any kind of mushrooms, you become really familiar with contaminants and invaders, and you know, welcome to the. You think uh, cannabis is fun? Try growing some uh, shiitakes, you know, or chestnuts or whatever, anything other than a Yo, growing, oyster mushroom. I was just going to say oysters are the funnest thing in the world. They grow so fast. They're so yeah. fun to watch. You can't fuck them up. I mean, <laughs> pretty much. It, but, okay, let's take neem because that's the perfect example, in my opinion. Neem is a fungicide. Sure is one of the best in on the planet. But it suppresses pathogenic fungi and enhances the fungi that we want. That's why in India and Pakistan and China, they add it to the substrate of the mushroom. Because your big challenge is avoid, not challenge, but the reality is you got to avoid contaminants. Otherwise, you're going to lose the whole uh, bag because they hang them in bags, the mushroom grow bags. So they add it right in. Uh, and we're trying to grow fungi, yet you're adding a, fungi, a fungicide. Does it's counterintuitive, right? Yeah. Well, it is. It you know, I'm not a microbiologist, and I most of the people on in the cannabis scene that claim they are aren't either. Um, but I'll at least be honest about it. But I can understand that something can suppress this. And enhance its cousins. Yeah, I don't know how else to explain it. Yeah, I, it makes there, sense. for sure. Yeah. I add I add neem to everything I do. I add it my worm bins. I add yeah. it to my potting soils. I was saying it today, cool. I like using neem. Yeah, yeah. I use. I mean, I, honestly, I use your mix to the T. Uh, you know, it's, well, it's you. honestly, yeah, it's. It's, it's booming, as they say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's nice and simple too, isn't it? It's nice yeah, and expensive, it and it's simple. You don't have to sweat it a lot. Like you can spend all your time thinking about like uh, life. I'm just right? sitting here chatting. Yeah. That's it. I'm not. I'm not sitting here mixing. No right. offense, uh, Charlie. Uh, mixing nutrients. Uh, I've that done was that. one of the. I'm. I'm, I'm thrilled. Awesome. You know. Uh, 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 how do I say this? Uh, Kenny, you might actually consider like 
uh, there's a couple products out there that are fucking worth it. Like, I'm happy to uh, hear Coot talk about Thermex because I'm going to go rush out and buy it tomorrow. Like, it's not an inexpensive thing, but it's fucking worth it. Like, like out of the things that you can add from a bottle, that's one of the things that you can add. Because it's it's a concentrated thing. Go ahead. I'll use, you know, my full power. I I just got Aminos. Um, What else? I use the soap nuts. I use my LAB. So I use a range of different foliars. But it's just, I'm just spraying on it, you know, one time a day. Um, I, I was around. The one, Go ahead. I was the one who introduced uh, Dr. Foss to the cannabis scene about 14 years ago. Hmm. And he told me this. And of course, I wanted to see for myself. Do not exceed the recommended dosage on that bottle of full power. Or you will end up with Jurassic Park-like effects on your plants, and not in a good way. You will, yeah. You'll have like a, a, a fox tailing and all uh, kinds of goofy weirdness. Well, I yeah. use it about half. It's it's a potent half. thing. So I've you heard one. And you're like, yeah, it's just like that, right? gold water. But I do about a works. third. I, I do about a third of what it says in the bottle myself. Right around the bounce between a third and a half. I'm See, that's the problem when you have an industry. <laughs> this is an industry when you have a sector. It sells a product and we'll call it uh, glow juice. That way we won't offend anybody, okay? <laughs> and you have 100 uh, brands of glow juice. And 99 are pure crap. And one is the actual real thing. that can be explained how it's extracted, you know, the whole nine yards. So the problem is that the majority of people are going to go with price or what the, their buddy at the grocery store told them or, you know, whatever. They're not going to investigate it one iota. So then the meme starts. Well, you know, that glow juice really fucked my plants up. Oh, yeah, me too, man. I I lost, you know, blah, blah, blah. And Dr. Foss never made this for cannabis. He made it for legitimate agricultural research. The guy was extracting fulvic and humic acid out of seaweed in 1972. I mean, you know, this isn't a this isn't one of these uh, shyster. Newt companies, uh, <laughs> barf, but uh, anyway, yeah, yeah I think everyone hears that too when he talks. So, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of people deal. you can really understand, yeah, when they talk. He's an ex hippie, I mean, yeah. he graduated from Berkeley with a PhD in 68. I promise you that Berkeley was the epicenter of that was uh, literally the epicenter of all of that, yeah, the free speech movement in the whole nine yards. So, you know, anyway. I was like, I considered, I've talked to him many, many times over the past 20 years on the phone. Uh, but being able to talk to him on Zoom uh, on Steve's broadcast a couple of weeks ago was a real, uh, yeah, it was a good episode. Real val- validation because I, 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 especially in front of Steve, because Steve's really good about, well, you know, that'll do that if you use that. You know, got, got to kill the fish. Oh, okay. <laughs> that one has heavy metals. Okay. Got heavy metals. Okay. So I ran through every <laughs> fucking thing I put in my soil. And all I got was, oh, yeah, that's, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what you did. Basalt, that's what you want to eat. Yeah, yeah. You know, so uh, I did that a lot for uh, Steve's benefit. Yeah, I got that uh, the huge mold uh, growing in my pot. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. That had me done. Yeah, mold. Yeah. Yeah, mold. That's crazy. Um, but, you know, he's done so much for the world of agronomy 
horticulture as well as agriculture. And he's worked on every continent, Africa, Asia, North America, South America, Australia. The guy's a real deal. I mean, he's got a, a, a resume that most people couldn't even understand the terms trying to get through it. A what? What's that? For sure. And he's just down to earth as can be, you know, just as uh, helpful. Yeah. He's the one I, I uh, called him one day at the height of the uh, EM1 insanity. Remember that? Uh, we're all going to have AEM and we're going to make the, uh, that's where Bakashi started, was making, a, taking the EM product and uh, inoculating. Fetching uh, it out. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't get it, but uh, whatever so, they did, yeah, that's yeah, what I heard you could do. Yeah, yeah, that was their big thing. They were like, "You can take the M one and make more," and then you're like, oh, "Why no. would I buy it?" Ooh. Oh, it's just so great. Well, here was my question. So the name of the product is EM. So what does that stand for? Oh, oh, enhanced, I never enhanced, met them. Enhanced microbe. Oh, they've been enhanced. Oh, that's good. Wow. Oh, steroids. <laughs> and, so, and, and so now we're going to do an AEM. What does that mean? Uh, well, we're going to activate them. So first we had to enhance them, and now we're going to activate them. It wasn't activated last time? <laughs> okay. So uh, I called Dr. Foss because, I, I, you know, this some of the stuff is not so much as over my head. It's just over my level of interest. I thought but, it was enchanted microbes all this time. Enchanted. <laughs> it's all hopey and dopey. So anyway, uh, I said, hey, what do you know about uh, EM, uh, the EM1, Dr. Higa out of Tokyo? He goes, oh, you mean that yogurt stuff? I said, what do you mean? He said, you're a good researcher. You'll figure it out. So that was my kick in the ass, and I started. It took me about three weeks to find it. EM is a multi-level marketing scheme, and every country has their own EM organization. In some countries, we have adults in charge of food. And in some countries, they had to list the actual, uh, what do you call it, species of these lactobacillus strains, right? Not in the United States, of course, but New Zealand. They have adults there. So one by one, I copied and pasted each one in Google. And then I, it took me about three names, and I realized what Dr. Foss was talking. It was all yogurt cultures, Syrian yogurt, Turkish yogurt, Greek yogurt. Uh, there was a, a beer, uh, there's a beer made in Belgium called Lambic, I think. And anyway, it doesn't use yeast for the fermentation. It uses a lactobacillus culture. So you'd have to get that at a, a home brew store. But basically, if you went to Whole Foods with a, a pocket full of money and you bought every weird uh, yogurt you could find and then stop off at the brew store, there you go. There's your EM1. It's, it's already you don't enhanced. You to add the water, though. Oh, yeah. It's already enhanced. You just got to activate it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, so uh, but that's the way he would ask, kind of like asking a, a Zen uh, Roshi. A question, and they give you this Cohen spoon in the sand. The seaweed barks at me. Oh, okay. I'll get back to you. Anyway, so that's what Doctor Foss does with does with me and other people. You know, like here's here's a, a inkling. Go find it on your own. That's pretty cool. I think. 
that's a teacher. You're not a a lecturer. So, what yeah, the, yo- yogurt cultures. Hey, with the worm powers, are we getting what? Are, what? Are, what? What exactly? Like, are we getting humix? And no, that, what else it, is it? Everything. Um, in fact, when we had a conversation, we we're talking about. I had uh, with Doctor. Uh, I asked him about that, and he uh, went on to not about worm power, excuse me, but about worm castings, uh, worm compost, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. He said, yeah, you don't need my products. You got all the fulvic and uh, humic acid you need. And that, I knew about the fulvic, but when he said humic, excuse me, I got it reverse. I knew about the humic. I didn't know about the fulvic. Um, I, I had a misunderstanding on that one. But so, and that's pretty, why would a guy tell people here, if you do this, then you don't need my products. You don't hear that too often. So. Yeah, very true. So what, what you have there is uh, worm power was set up to handle dairy waste, what they call uh, dairy solids in upstate New York, which is the big dairy and cheese production region. And cows produce 100 pounds a day of manure. So it's a real issue how you get rid of it or what you do with it. You can't just get rid of it. You can't keep taking it down to the bay you know, and dump it. Uh, so this was a project set up with USDA, the state of uh, New York, and some county, and then the industry. So there's multi-layers of investment in terms of personnel as well as money. I'm sure most of the money came from the federal government. But anyway, they set up this incredibly large uh, method of dealing with this uh, manure. And the way it worked was they did a legitimate uh, compost, thermophilic compost to kill pathogens. And then they mixed it at uh, nine parts of compost to one part of silage. And silage is uh, animal feed that when it was green, it was fermented. You buy it, uh, the culture, that's what they call them silos. You put s- silage in a silo. And so that's used to kickstart the uh, the uh, getting some microbes back into the soil. And, and then it was a, a placed in what they call vertical flow through designed by the guy here in Oregon City, uh, Oregon Soil Corporate, OSC. And it was the largest installation when uh, it got done or when they got run, running, they had 200 million worms in production. So they could handle some, I mean, just incredible amounts of manure. And they they were selling it as vermicompost. Jeremy Silva, when he first uh, got the uh, build a soil started, he was buying uh, the two yard totes, or I think you call them big bags. Or yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, the big the big pallet. Yeah, just yeah. one tote. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, those are uh, in the nursery out here anyway. They refer to them as two yard totes because that's what they hold is two yards. But yeah, Jeremy used to buy those on a flatbed and then he would bring them into his facility and then pack it uh, in, uh, you know, bags with his uh, brand on it kind of thing. And now, then it got so big that now they've switched over to turning that, because that was that's a lot of work, man, you know, bagging that stuff, getting trucks loaded, trucks not on, you know, just logistics. 
So they decided to go with turn it into a liquid. And that's where you benefit because you don't have to drag a bag of a 40, 50 pound bag of uh, castings home and try to work it into your soil. You can take the soil that you're fairly happy with and add worm castings in the form of a liquid. I'd say Pretty that's both. really efficient, man. I'd say that's really efficient way to go. Pretty and guys both. like Charlie, he's right in the neighborhood. It's got to be really inexpensive in uh, your part of the world. Don't stay in New York, you said, right, Dorado? Yeah, yeah, you can go to their webpage. It's Worm Power, and they have a, a, a store locator unless, in, unless you have a Macintosh. Well, have you found it smashed around our area yet? I just ordered it off the website. That's all? Oh, you can? Oh, that's cool. How much, how much for a gallon do you get to pay for shipping? Well, I'm pulling it up, so I can... Uh, tell you what the exact price. Hope you feel better too, man. Your teeth, man. I totally, uh, my sympathies, brother. My my compassion, my empathy too. Thank you. This shit, teeth pain, the worst. Swear to God. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing, Smash. If that product were out here on the West Coast, I would use it. All right. So it's twenty for thirty-two, thirty-four ninety-five for a gallon. And then for oh 2.5 gallons, it's 74 bucks. Oh my god, what's the uh, usage rate? Uh, how do you mix it? Mm. Not too high, that's a hell of a price point. Huh. I want to say there's a, there's a famous uh, I can't think of the name of it, but there's we were talking about bat guano last couple of days. Uh, there's a famous bat guano company with like a yellow label or whatever. And they used to have a jug of worm castings too. And it was like $75 for the. Oh God. Yeah. Oh God. That was out of Southern Oregon. Oh my God. <laughs> Budswell. Budswell. Yeah. Sell it that was the name of it. They had a green yeah. label. They had a yeah, yellow a, label. Yeah. There was two of them. Uh, yeah. They had the bird. They had the uh, seabird. Uh, one and then they had the uh, just the right, the one. yeah, yeah. Hey, gentlemen, that... to a gallon of water, how much? Uh, three ounces to a gallon of water, apply a small amount every seven to 14 days. Okay, so let me do the arithmetic real quick. There's 128, wow. there's 128 uh, ounces in a gallon, yeah. so that's uh, 40, Tell me. almost 43 units. For thirty-five dollars, yeah, I'd say that's a deal. Yeah, that he says actually apply after watering. I never really done that. I do it yeah. with watering. Whoops. So one to two hours after yeah. watering. That makes all kinds of sense. It sure does. Yeah, and the convenience. Get the so good. get the soil hydrated fully, and then apply this. It's not going to run out. You're not going to you know don't flood it, but you know, and then. You're going to have, it's just going to stay at the various levels instead of running down to the bottom of your soil container. You know, uh, Coot, we, we rarely ever honestly talk about water strategy on the show. Uh, you were poo-pooing the other day uh, having a water schedule, but uh, I thought that there's a, there's a quite a bit of logic to it because it, it makes your life a little bit more predictable, especially if you ever have to hand off your garden to somebody else, then you know that there's some predictability to it. Uh, it also gives you a... a the ability to have metrics later on, you can know, oh, was my water usage a problem or was something else okay, a problem? I'll, but, uh, you know me, well, I, I like meeting halfway. True. So here's my, half, <laughs> here's my halfway for you. 
<laughs> the same tools that, yes, a, Laura, that, a, that a greenkeeper uses. Yeah, to check the, uh, <laughs> it has a real long hey, you, the halfway <laughs> you can uh, get them in different lengths of the probe. And you simply put it in. Not the ones, not the ones from the grocery store. I mean, legitimately, you know. And there's your water meter. There you go. See, hey guys. do it every day. I'm gonna have to tap off tonight. You take it off. You gotta go right, do uh, superhero shit. I'll make TV good. Yeah, I gotta get up early and do superhero shit for sure. Oh man. Well, yeah, I got some seeds. Definitely. I got I got some of these yeah. seeds for you. So uh, let's work that out. And, uh, oh, you got some seeds for me? Yep. Oh, perfect. Yeah. 1984, oh, wow. 1984 TL crossed with a 1974 uh, Hawaiian. Right. About as old school as it gets. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, would love these, I would love to try some of that, Jim. <laughs> Anybody can have them. I, yeah, I'm not killer. selling them, right? You know. Mommy, Smash gave me some of your seeds, too. Oh, yeah? Cool. Like, yeah, as soon as you don't mind, as soon as you know. I just want to say one thing, Tommy. I appreciate it, man. I'm not, I'm not selling seeds, so I have no reason to bullshit you. But the initial ones, I have some pictures of the plants that these seeds were made. That group, does that make sense? Uh, out, outdoor in August. And the foliage was massive in August. We haven't didn't start to set flower yet. So, um, right at the bottom of the Cascades, in this really cool place called Snoqualmie, and uh, you can look that one up on a map on like, near Lake Washington, God's country, man. Growing right in the sun. Yeah, no, I gotta get out there. Man. You talk about that, it a lot. I can tell you're very fond of it, man. That's awesome. Look at that. You know, I want to meet you and get a cut of the T.O. That's like a goal of mine. Just so you know. So yeah, everybody, everybody's, I'm coming to Portland. Everybody's welcome. You know, so I was supposed to have been in uh, Phoenix. I, I never made it to the West Coast yet. I would love to. All my fucking books for sure. Don't the best highway all the way up. Well, I will say this. Uh, up, uh, in a few days, the uh, video I did with Jeremy that covered three hours of uh, in about 13 years uh, of sharing information and a lot of ground, a lot of ground to cover. <laughs> I wonder, well, I wonder yeah. how he's going to edit it up. Oh, he's got days. he has somebody on his staff who uh, you gotta go look at his videos now. You'll see. I mean. He craps on almost every other YouTube channel that has cannabis <laughs> as far as, I mean. The quality. The quality of it. I mean. He's got a big budget. Dedicated uh, dedicated video team. Well, that. Dedicated tents. And what was Plus really. He has the micro green store. He covered everything that I brought to the table. You know, sprouted seed teas, aloe vera, uh, barley, coconut water. Uh, Retha nuts, smart pods. Oh yeah, this one really was is an irony given the two proponents of it. Uh, blue mats. Uh, He's not a fan, I, is he? That's that's a conspicuous absence in his style and his uh, whole growth thing, isn't it? Uh, 
a lot of folks start with blue mats and then I finish know. with them not too long after, right? Yeah, I, I'm kind of ambivalent. I mean, if you've got the patience and the time to get them set up right, it's really, really cool. And are they uh, worth I, it on a small scale? Or are they worth it on a large scale? Or are they worth it in principle? I think they're. I think they're more worth it on a on a, a personal use garden. Uh, if I were going to do like, say, even something small, like, I don't know, uh, draw a number at me. What's a, what's a medium sized grow these days? You know, uh, 10 plants. That's 10 like plants, between, yeah. halfway between Michigan and Oregon. Although Michigan, I think, is now. No, I meant too. commercial. Even. I mean, I know what a, oh, a commercial garden. Oh, my God. At least, at least 100 or... plants. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, like fuck. No. There's no way. Now, oh, yeah. there's no way. So that's the that, thing, yeah. Like a whole just like, start uh, drinking uh, heavily. rolling <laughs> tables of plants. I can't imagine I could dial in all those. No, those uh, no, no, that would no, be no. stupid. No, can you no, imagine? No. Hey, I mean, I guess they have that tape. It's so you right have, up like, there with uh, avocado tech, right? Yeah, so plus, <laughs> it would cost night. like a, a fucking fortune. All right, Tommy's been trying to leave. Hey, Jim, no, it's fine. And Jim, I'd be more than happy to sprout some of those seeds in a. Before you go, Kenny Sorry, will go. vouch for this. On the conversation I had, it was just us two with uh, Dr. Foss. I did this for, I mean, I already know the answer, but I brought it up for reasons. I wanted, to, I wanted people to hear him say it, not me. So what do you think of, uh, you know, starting seeds in uh, paper towels? No, you want to start with folic acid because it's the first several hours or even minutes of the, of the seed hydrating to the point that it's going to germinate are yeah. critical to the health of the plant over the long term. There's and, specific enzymes, am I right, Coop? Uh, specific exactly. enzymes that are produced to exactly. create the, en the energy to make the protein. And, right. and and biologists refer to enzymes as co as a catalyst, and Dr. Foss refers to fulvic acid as the catalyst of catalysts. So again, we're going to go back to this really horrible, you know, analogy. Nobody would go out and buy a fifty thousand dollar hunting dog and come back and shoot it in the leg because he know a guy that had a hunting dog that only had three legs and did a really good job. Right. I just got. I just came up with the idea. I'm gonna make a. I'm gonna make uh, fulvic or humic wipe. You know what I'm saying? Wipes where it's just a paper towel that comes out of the thing with yeah. it already on there. So then, then you just well, Steve, Steve gave me a see name. <laughs> you heard That's it here cool. first. Like I gotta go wipes. get on that idea. So <laughs> I, I already, I'm already known as uh, <laughs> the president of uh, Turd Blossom like uh, Consulting. <laughs> and uh, he says that uh, I should add uh, either Captain or Doctor Calmag. Uh, <laughs> so I want to become Captain Calmag. And uh, anyway, good night, brother. Have a good one. Right. Same to you. Uh, cheers, Admiral Calmag. Yeah. Look, I'm honestly just Captain's real hungry, Admiral. so maybe I'll maybe I'll jump back on if you guys are all chopping it up. I'm just uh, I, I got to go uh, feed my face here. I usually fall asleep after that, so no. Yeah. Maybe I'll hop back on though. <laughs> Feeling okay. kind of good. All right. Well, Cheers, everyone. I'm actually. Yeah. We can talk about a little bit of watering. Um, I've been kind of getting sick of the hand watering, to be real. Um, 
I have a Rainbird timer for dippers and shit. So I've Rainbird's been like sitting a good there. product. Rainbird's, you know, I know it's a retail. It's they sell in Home Depots, at least here on the West Coast. But yeah, they, I think they're all over. Yeah, most of the Home Depots they have a, a, a display with like a computer type thing, and you can type in all the however you do it, draw a diagram or whatever. You know. It'll spit out a, a purchase list for you. What you need, you need a, you know, so many of these drippers and this much tubing. I mean, they really go make it straightforward for the home DIY uh, type thing. Yeah, I was looking actually today with like Steelbird. Oh, uh, yeah. Secret plug for the uh, Discord. Yeah. Um, I was thinking maybe a two by four, two two by four beds. Just so I can have a little oh, room. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. In a five-by-five. Five. Five then I was obviously do Coots Mix. I, something to consider. Figure how far you want to bend over, okay, and only make your sides that long. In other words, let's say you did a six-by-six, six just for, I'm throwing a number out there. But you only want to bend over into it, depending on a whole bunch of factors. Only maybe thirty inches, so maybe you Is cut. Anyone going to say that that's what she said? <laughs> well, I was listening because anyway. <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> I remember the first time somebody online. I was hanging on every me, word. I did. Showed me see a green, and I was hysterical because I thought. Yeah, like my grandfather used to do back in the 50s, growing uh, string beans and uh, sweet peas, but he didn't call it a screed green. Yeah. What a piker. We didn't, we, he, didn't, he didn't have cool names, you know. It was just a, it was a, uh, what do you call it? The, uh, a row of corn. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> a row of weed. Hey, if you're not familiar with this video, you have to watch it. It's Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> no, wait a minute. And it's the song uh, White and Nerdy. Yeah. Okay. And the, so guy that, the guy that plays the white and nerdy guy, that's exactly what I think of when somebody says, I'm a consultant. I'm a cannabis consultant <laughs> is, the, uh, is the, uh, the lead of uh, White and Nerdy. Anybody in the audience, Steven, go check out Al Yankovic, White and Nerdy. Too funny. Yeah, he's, he, he probably he can't fun. show that without violating copyright, but I did say before the show that I was going to show the uh, Parker Space Probe touching the sun. By the way, when oh, yeah, forget you was there, I that. keep forgetting to say hello to Lo. Uh, Lo, if you're uh, listening in, welcome to, to, to turn on your camera or whatever. Hey, what's up? Let me just show this. Cheers, buddy. Uh, well, actually, speaking of which, uh, cheers. What's going on, man? Uh, welcome. Oh, I'm just chilling, listening. Well, dude. <laughs> yeah, just smoking. Welcome. Uh, let's see if I can share this with sound again. I don't remember if it had sound or not. Actually, I don't think it had sound. Put this never mind on the sound. Uh, this just is a freaking trip. So, um, according to NASA.gov, for the first wow. time in history, a spacecraft has touched the sun. 
NASA's Parker Solar Probe has uh, now flown through the sun's upper atmosphere, the corona, and sampled particles and magnetic fields there. The new milestone marks one major step for Parker Solar Probe and one giant leap for science. These guys are fucking nerds <laughs> for solar yeah, science. Shit, Just as landing on the moon allowed scientists to understand. They probably made the freaking Vulcan peace sign when they, when they typed that. Uh, scientists to understand how it was uh, formed. Touching the very stuff the sun is made of will help scientists uncover critical information about our closest star and its influence in the uh, solar system. Uh, here's some of the pictures that it took, and then I'll show this video that they made of like a, they turned it into a time lapse, which I think is interpolated. But anyway, you can kind of you can kind of see if you you'll see it better with the the video. It's such a fucking trip. Yeah, let's see here. No, and when they writing these, I hear they yell Space Force after. <laughs> so that's what the Corona looks like. They're basically flying. Oh man, this is like the longest. Maybe I shared the wrong video. Hold on, this is annoying. Yeah, I think I seen some on there. I just didn't read it. Damn it! Where is that? I'm sure that was the fucking video. All right, please hold. It was interesting oh. having lived through uh, the entire space program, as uh, people my age did. You know, from the John, uh, no, Alan Shepard. Yeah, I see uh, that too. I see that too, Coach. Yeah. See those pictures for the first time coming back from the moon? Actually yeah. seeing that marble floating. I mean, nobody had ever seen that before. Never. Yeah. Walking down the moon. Yeah. yeah. How many people thought it's it was fake? Mind, uh, just the Republicans in Arkansas, so it didn't matter. That's all. That's all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just wanted you to say. And, and, a, and a couple of militia guys up in Michigan, you know. Yeah, they built a hangar, you know. Yeah. Oh, yo. Actually, some uh -oh. some militia guys got arrested in Westfield, Mass. A little while back. Oh, just I remember. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was weird. I was Seeing on with the police and everything. Somebody asked me what the political climate in uh, Oregon was on one of these broadcasts. <laughs> I said, "Well, you know, it's really good, but don't get me wrong. We got assholes. We just don't elect them." And uh, I actually so watched. A business in Eugene, Oregon today, she that she was just telling people to put a mask on in her bakery, please. They sure. wouldn't leave. They wouldn't put a mask on and a fight ensued. Like, come on, man. Do you know how chill Eugene is? Eugene is home to the University of Oregon. That's where the rich kids go. That's where the ones who become attorneys and public relations and, you know, non-unnecessary jobs. The real guys, the manly workers, the worker bees, they go to Oregon State, about uh, 50 miles south, something like that. Anyway, uh, but Eugene is so kicked back. It's like Oregon's pretty much left to center in general. But man, Eugene takes it to a whole other level. Uh, I can't imagine anybody. I don't know. I was surprised. I was well, surprised. Yeah, if Jim can tell you, I mean, Eugene is like unique. It's uh, this little. Well, actually, one of my. It is super hippie town. Uh, well, yeah, basically, one of my everybody has dreadlocks. As soon as they walk into the town, their hair suddenly mis yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dreadlocks. <laughs> the weirdest thing. That's funny. One yeah, of my favorite ever, YouTubers uh, lived there for a little bit in Bend, Oregon, and stuff. Stayed yeah. in Bend and Eugene. As soon as you drink the water, they told you your hair locks up. The other. 
soon as you, you drink any water, all your clothes turn to tie dye. Yeah, but so and you uh, get an IPA, right? You start loving IPAs and start before, stop hating. Before it turned hating. into this crazy business, whatever it is, um, Eugene was like a really cool epicenter of cannabis enthusiasts, not cannabis marketeers. You know, there's a difference. Uh, you could go to Eugene and expect to, you know, source some really good weed, go to a nice reggae concert or a nightclub, you know, have a nice weekend. And right there on the McKenzie River, I mean, geez, give me a break. The heartland of the Willamette Valley, the as Dr. Foss described it, one of the richest uh, pieces of real estate as far as soil health on the planet because of all the volcanic action. Of course, now we find out that too much for salt, you know, it has heavy metals and stuff. So I thought that yeah, was that's a, a Jakut is again like sarcastic. That's what the people are saying. People yeah, say all kinds of stuff. It's it's easy to say uh all you, you have know, to do when is your ask. whole when your whole system is basically bro sciencey, then it's very easy to kind of bro science your way out of it. That's where yeah. you hear all this rapid, crazy swings back and forth. Oh yeah? Well your your basal has fucking lead in it. I don't know. I guess I'm trying to describe a person who doesn't have a very deep understanding of stuff. So when you threaten their understanding with like just a critical comment, for example, they flip out and they say, Oh yeah, well your shit smells and it's got lead in it. (laughs) Arsenic, fucking garbage AIDS stuff. Yeah. They have nothing to back it up. Yeah. Nothing. Literally. So so they can just say mad. mm, Not one peer peer reviewed study at all. It's basically like an ad hominem argument. I guess I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm freestyling a little bit here, Coop, but maybe you follow what I'm trying to say. They're basically making an ad hominem. When somebody doesn't have anything to say about your argument, they'll start to attack the argument, the, 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 uh, the person making the argument. So let's say for example, this happens to all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Really? (laughs) On this world? Oh my gosh. So, uh, you know, they'll say they'll, they'll just make fun of you or they'll they'll make fun of where you came from or they may make fun of your school or whatever. Really? This was like probably three years ago. And uh, through an intermediary, I was asked to be at one of these uh, trade show things. And I said, for what? So I could walk out on stage and go, here's what I think of you guys. And just give them the finger. I mean, that's about all I had to say. You want me what do you want me to explain cation exchange or what? You know, or why certain people shouldn't should be taking notes and not uh you know making comments. But anyway. So look, what would I what could I possibly offer with the likes of those that currently appear at Canacon? <laughs> to do what, you know? I didn't buy you shit 35 years ago. What do you think makes you think I want to buy it now? Let me ask you, try to ask you a question. You remember a publication out of Canada, uh, Western Canada, I think it was uh, Vancouver. I'm pretty sure it was Vancouver, um, called uh, Canaculture. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. We used to get the magazine. We used to get the magazine. Oh, it was a publication too? My father, my, my brother has. Um, oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. he, had a, he has a bunch, yeah. And remember the guy that had a column in there from the 80s? I don't know. What you talking about, George? Ed. Oh, Rosen? Yeah. It's Rosen, though. Yeah, you know, I 
I mean, I'm sure. Uh, I'm uh, sure. <laughs> no comment. I mean, why yeah, not just put... What is this thing about regurgitating these people no. for a second lap? No. You know, they already proved their limitations yeah. in what they could accomplish. But we're going to bring them back for one more lap around the, the track? God almighty. We need Smashed out there. He should be the, he should be the face of the new cannabis yeah. consultant. Yeah, yeah. There you go. For all phases, too. Consulting in all phases from uh from acquisition. I got you. What you licensing, need? licensing, acquisition. Um yeah, what you um, need, what compliance, you want. compliance, compliance. Yeah, there's 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 literally you need four different consultants, basically. I mean, you can get an all-in-one kind of guy, but to have all those connections in Massachusetts is very rare. So you kind of everybody wants to get their palms, you know, uh wet. So, you know, they have consultants for each stage, you know. The good wow. ones will sit there. Look at all the titles there. you got. The good ones, there are only a couple of good ones, right? There are yeah. only a couple of good ones in Massachusetts. And I will say this. They're the guys that when you when you get in the list of things that you need to do, um, they look at the list and they say, okay, um, yeah, I, I, I know somebody to call there. Oh, I know how to get around that. Um, yeah, oh, I I I can I, I already got paperwork that uh, we can do for that. Instead of a guy that's going to sit there going, Oh wow, we gotta we gotta figure out how we're gonna do this. We gotta figure out how we're gonna do this. We're gonna figure out how we're gonna do because you know what? Because they have no connections. They don't have a phone number in their pocket at all. Yeah, it's all about phone calls. You know, it's all listen. It's not what you know. It's who you know. That's what consulting is. It's not what you. It's like a lobbyist. Like a lobbyist. How do you get paid? You have someone say you're good. That's it. You know, very very few. That's how all that shit works. It's by name by. By who recommended you, blah, 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 blah. Yes, but you have to be careful. You have to be careful because here's another game that's played. Let's say that you have an acquaintance or maybe even a friendship with uh, with somebody who uh, may or may not be worthy of the title of consultant. Because remember, these are self-appointed titles. There's no board. There's no review. You just get it printed on your business card, Absolutely. you know, geneticist, production manager. It's like I'm a self hey, I'm a self-proclaimed genius. Yeah. <laughs> you know, same thing. <laughs> I mean, I've used that in bars at part-time gynecologists, but that was years ago. Okay. So I ran into a uh, I ran right? into a licensed boob inspector <laughs> asterisk at the Hollywood uh, Halloween Street Fair. <laughs> it was Hollywood very. I asked him, has it, has it been for you? He said, You have no idea. He had a fake, like a toy stethoscope and a handwritten uh, notice on his, uh, and like, but he did have a lab coat. But uh, <laughs> was that Hollywood, <laughs> California? Yeah. Hollywood, yeah, Portland? Uh, Los Angeles. Okay. Yeah. So Back here's the, tons day, of fun, by the way. Here's <laughs> the game that's played, Smash. This is what people have to, don't understand. So this jackoff gets a job and it goes south. And so he says, don't worry, I know Smashed, and he's the best. So he calls you in, and you go over there, and you, like within 10 minutes, you realize, I want the fuck out of here. This is a nightmare, okay? <laughs> Nothing can fix this. So you leave. You know, you're smart enough that, hey, I don't want to be involved. Then now the first original guy, he's, well, 
I was really counting on Smash, and I guess we're going to have to just kind of muscle this out together. Coot, it's clear you would never make it in the world of consultancy. Because no, when you show up to a, a helpless place that will never basically be solved, you have just essentially gotten a lifetime worth of work. Essentially right. Yeah, you basically, if you can milk them long enough and, and drag right. them on and drag them on and drag them on, uh, you will never, uh, uh, you'll never really have to work another day. I don't now, but, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm retired, man. Uh, I don't have any experience. I'm only really half joking because I think that's really what happens in many cases. Oh, yeah. I think people string exactly along kind of uh, uh, vulnerable, yeah. ignorant people. Hey. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. When you have absentee owners of a commercial farm, I don't care what you're growing. The potential for losing your ass is huge. And these aren't big farms. 20,000 square feet isn't even a half acre. 40,000 square foot isn't, that's our two licenses, 20 and 40. And 40's, you know, an acre is 45,000 plus. I don't remember the numbers. And so therefore, a half acre would be 22 something. But anyway, so they're less than half and less than a full acre. Those are the two licenses. And now it, you can grow as many plants as you want. It has nothing to do with plant count. Common sense plays into that, but I'm just saying, you know, I, they pack them pretty steep <laughs> or tight, I guess is the word. And, uh, 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 dang it, that's what she said. What's that? I, I muted myself in the middle of the joke. Never mind. I, I oh. Anyway, so there's where the, uh, not problem, but there's where the situation comes in. Let's just be honest here. How many people nationally are there that have that level of experience? And I know I don't. But to pull that off with all the current problems with labor and water, uh, invaders, uh, mites, and all the other things, uh, powdery mildew, it's a big-ass job. Thank God for uh, extra. You're talking about a cultivating consultant. You're talking about somebody like that, right? Right? Yeah. Like not like not like the licensing, right? The other one. Oh no no I, no no no. Oh, I yeah. see what you're saying. Oh, yeah. Of course, yeah. yeah. No, when you could just throw your name out there, like like you know, just put yourself on a card. And I'm a consultant. Yeah. Growing, oh, you're dancing. Yourself. Oh my God. I mean, <laughs> I remember one guy. You're gonna be found out. All I can, all I think of is you're gonna be found out in the first like couple of. You know, a week or two weeks. I mean, just from uh, you know, logistics of having to get everything organized and having the meetings and then figuring yeah. out how, what your what your execution is going to be, yeah. and you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. How many? You know, there's just so many variables. Knowing, knowing full and, well. And if you have a full on infestation already, forget yeah. it. You're not. You're gonna do a kill and uh, bag and ta tag and bag it rather. Yeah. You know, that's all we say. Tag and bag it because you know. You got to account for it. So just account for it. And it's already, it's bagged up half the time. They don't even care if it's, you know, considered bio waste. So they don't even, they don't even weigh it up for you. They just have you just refill the room and you better cleanse it and just start over again. Simple as that. You know, Mike is, here's my consulting for you. Cut this thing down, sell your equipment, get a job at Walmart as a greeter. Yeah. Yeah. Take that yeah. revenue from that job and go find yeah. somebody who knows what the fuck they're doing and buy your yeah. weed from them. Hey, you know what they did in Rhode Here's Island? My consulting. This is funny. You know what they did in Rhode Island? This is about two years ago. Is they, uh, you know, they were they only had um, at the time, maybe it was about four or five years ago. 
But anyway, at the time, they only had uh, two dispensaries, and they're owned by these two retired state police cops. And they kind of have a monopoly. Um, what's her name? The governor was... was There's uh, the New England I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, so what happened was they were going to open another three. They got, they got the okay to open three other stores. Now, uh, what's her name? Yeah, that was the governor at the time. She's the... Um, I believe she's not the labor secretary. She's the other one there, Commerce, maybe. Um, I always forget her last name. It with a G. But anyway, um, she wanted to tax everybody per plant down on Island, $325. Didn't matter if it was commercial or it was a, a little um, private thing. But anyway, and then she got into the business. Literally within a couple of months, it was, you know, $25 a plant instead. But my point of story is what they did was they said they were going to open up three, three more stores. So... They licensed out all these, I, I'd say it was close to maybe three or four dozen commercial grows. Um, they okayed the licenses for. And then what happened was obviously when, when it came around, so they signed contracts, but then with the stores for the amounts, right? So say they say the store needed 500, they were going to produce 200 on their own, they would buy 300 from you. But what happened was when it came time around for harvest time and to sell their shit, well, they ended up getting 400 of what they needed. So they only needed 100 from you. So literally within one month, I think it was all but six. So basically what they did was they got all the licensing fees, got all that revenue generated through real estate and all the bells and whistles that you have to, you know, to get these commercial places going. Now I'm talking at least 150, 200 like places minimum. Yep. Yep. And then they just literally overnight, they just went because obviously- I'll say I'll say because they because they have a monopoly. They have a monopoly. It's the way the whole system's been been working, kind of, especially after you know sixty four went into Laura, Cali, the big guys. It just literally squeezed out the little guys, no matter what. Some of those yeah. contracts they have to do for production and processing, they can't supply. The little farms can't like that. Can't supply that amount in that short of time. I mean, obviously, it's just it's just unbelievable how they got screwed. Screwed. And it's going to happen around here too. We're gonna get squeezed out eventually because I'm only a tier two. Tier two is nothing, man. I mean, I can have up to ten thousand square feet of canopy, but you know, it's the other big guys. The true leaf, true leaf's coming in, and then uh, green leaf. Green leaf's like one of the biggest operators in Massachusetts right now. Something like that. Uh, are you sure it's not gold leaf? Yeah, gold leaf. Maybe it is. I know it's one of those leaves. Oh, let me tell you about gold leaf. They have one gold cooperative. Leaf? That's it. One cooperative. That's all they've allowed in the whole state. Can you believe that? One cooperative, in Massachusetts. Just pathetic. That's Sorry, our venture capitalist uh, operation out of Vancouver, BC. And over the last five really, or six right? years, they've been grabbing dispensaries. Yeah, uh, yeah the ones that are publicly traded yeah. up in Canada. Yeah. Up in yep. Canada. That's yeah, I know yeah, I knew you're talking about. Absolutely. Surely. They're everywhere. True Leaf? Yeah, they just did the merger, like literally Monday, I think it was. They did uh, the second biggest merger of uh, four. All the, there were two mergers all together. The other ones, it was like a $60 billion dollar deal. I'm not, in the I'm not in the industry, and I don't have a horse in the race, but I do have an opinion. It's this. It, this uh, their presence in the scene is a detriment. Um, the uh, quality of the materials has dropped substantially at, at their uh, operations here in Portland. Um, well, not that. You know, anybody else is really doing great guns either. But, I mean, they extend all the way down into the Bay Area, San Francisco. So we're talking uh, Washington, Oregon, half of California. 
And they may even be in Southern California. And now you're telling me they're on the East Coast? I mean, wow. That's too bad. Oh, shit. Yo, actually, the plant that got chopped off, I, I washed my hands and I smelled it. It smelled like eucalyptus leaves. Pretty interesting smells on it. Uh, there is a terpene. That's how where eucalyptus gets its aroma. But anyway, the name of the terpene is eucalyptol. And yes, it's in a majority of cannabis uh, varieties, including just like camphor. Now, that doesn't mean that you want to be able to identify it, but it will be an undertone, a, a secondary aroma. But the complexity in a fully developed, shall we say, uh, let's use the word land race. How's that? One that hasn't been improved by Joe and Mike uh, breeding out of wherever. You're going to have a, a really... Land race, uh, a land race is probably improved by a local Joe and Mike, but it's going to be by local yeah, Jose and Michel or whatever. Uh, right? Like Durban poison isn't what you get <clears throat> off the wild hills of... Well, actually, Durban is a huge fucking city, but uh, it's not... Well, even then, that's a good example. Like It's basically the endemic like local weed pretty much. So maybe it's it's the weed that grows around Durban but it's been domesticated into something that we can grow in a reasonable time frame. So it is basically a cultivated variety. Like all the cows that we have in the world, those are basically land races. So even like the Spanish cows and the Greek cows and shit, like those are all like the, the ancient auric doesn't exist anymore. So basically those are all like uh, cultivated. Varieties. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about a seed that came out of a uh, cannabis production region. Well, but I mean, could, yeah, people don't talk about this enough. They talk about like Durban as if it's like fresh from the wilds of South Africa. Durban is a fucking huge city in South Africa. I know. And Durban was, is you're, what you're talking about are brand names that were developed in the late 80s. That included Northern Lights, included Durban Poison, included uh, the Afghani Number One that That's now is owned by Sensi Seeds. I'm talking about when you take a seed out of the Caribbean, out of Mexico, out of uh, Southeast Asia, and it wasn't improved yet. I'm saying that the the uh, terpene and terpene terpene profile, terpenoid profile, will be extensive. Instead of the three, four, or five that Joe, the not really a breeder, decided would be an improvement. That's my point. And the lackluster level of flavor has to be, because that's the only thing that attributes to it, is terpenes, terpenoids, and ketones, right? Mm -hmm. So somebody along the way tripped on their dick because you have these, these in these jars that they open up to smell, before the pandemic anyway, and smell what? Well, I've said this before, Koo. There's a few reasons for this. There's, there's, and there isn't any one reason. Uh, some of the producers actually do produce halfway decent flour, but it's fairly consistent. I've talked to a pretty good amount of people. I want to say there's always possibly that I missed a few people here and there, and I missed some of their weed and whatever else. But I've talked to a bunch of people, smoked a bunch of different people's weeds, smoked with a bunch of different people, and the consensus is almost always that a pretty competent home grower can just run circles around even the best, the best awarded uh, company. I won't make mention any names, but the best awarded companies in all of Oregon, the home growers can usually nail that weed all day, yes. every day, backwards, forwards, right. upwards, sideways. On because and on. the home grower isn't <clears throat> concerned about ROI, isn't concerned about labor costs, 
isn't concerned about all of these other things. All right, here's a good example. And this is certainly not a challenge, but let's say I buy worm castings from uh, Joe's uh, worm business. And it's like a premium level. I can make better castings than that because I'm going to add things that he wouldn't or, or doesn't even know about. So it comes becomes a trade-off for this set of plants. The one I purchase is good enough. But for this plant, for my own personal, for my uh, wife and I, I only want to use mine because I want to add things like karanja meal and not the imported stuff, the domestic stuff. I want to add the virgin olive pressings out of Mumbai. Uh, you know, and all the other things that are supposedly going to bring down the planet. Um, does that make the original castings a bad deal? No. But what I'm saying is that these these things have been bred for some of the silliest ass reasons known to God. Well, I wanted to get a lemon flavor in it. Psst. Why didn't you just go get a sativa? Come on. Hey, I mean, when I was a the kid, nice thing hey, is that a lot of hey. people don't like that lemon. A lot of people actually, this is something that's come up in, in my life. Honest, if I can respond, to be perfectly honest, uh, because you know a lot of people don't like Jack Herrera, right? Like a lot, I love, I fucking love Jack Herrera. I'm gonna stand up for that shit all day. Uh, but a lot of people don't like it. A lot of people don't like it specifically for a couple of reasons that usually intermingle. They don't like the lemon and they don't like the paranoia. I don't feel paranoia. A lot of friends don't feel paranoia. That's okay. Some folks feel any number of different things from any different number of uh, weeds. A very common complaint with Jack Herrera is that they don't like uh, lemon and uh, paranoia. And so, for example, Ruby Jack was this uh, strain that my friend bred, and I started to basically, I grew that as a tester. He gave me a bunch of seeds, whatever, and now I've actually bred with that because I've, I enjoyed it for so long. Uh, every time I would bring it to my uh, tasting society meetings or share it at the Canopies and Garden Club or whatever, folks would say, wait a second, before I would tell them what it is, they'd say, wait a second, is this like a Jack Herrera? And I would say, well, kind of, and they would say, oh my God, I love this. Basically, they would say something like, oh, I usually hate Jack Herb, but I love this. Uh, it wasn't lemony. It was usually grapefruity, but it still had an uplifting happiness like the, the Jack Herrera does with a body high that the Jack Herrera does. But none of the paranoia or the lemon that a lot of people complain about. You can have these interesting hybridizations. This is where uh, the future of cannabis lays. Like, I understand that uh, there's a lot of, how do I say this? I'll interject better. I was going to say a little bit earlier, Coot, that uh, I think I've actually said this a couple of times, but I'll repeat it again, maybe hopefully a little bit smarter, that uh, when you think about all the restaurants in town, there are some restaurants, pick a, pick a cuisine, pick something that you like, Chinese, uh, mm -hmm. Turkish, Armenian, whatever it is, there are ones in town that are really, really exceptionally good. You know, Coot, you and I like uh, uh, dim sum. There are some exceptional dim sum restaurants in town. There are some that are just kind of greasy and whatever I don't really ever go to again. You know, maybe I'll go there once just with a friend or something. But you know what? It's not really worth it, blah, blah, blah. But there are some that I would fucking travel across town in the middle of a rainstorm, a snowstorm for. Uh, same thing goes with everything in life. There are some people that are at the bottom of the skill level, some people in the middle, and some people at the top. And one of the weird things about the whole weed scene is that that's one of the reasons. There's a bunch of reasons. But one of the many reasons why the weed you get in the dispensary is shitty is because most of the people that produce it there are not really exceptionally good yet. 
Maybe they will be in five years, 10 years, 20 years. But right now, a lot of them are just ruled by, like you say, ROI, investor return. Setting that aside, let me say this, that I really am thankful that you understand what I've been trying to preach for the last 14 years. If you want good weed, grow your own, because you are not going to be able to find it in a licensed grow facility. It does not exist. The goals are different. The best thing to do is hook up with a friend who is a good grower, pay into it, pay forward, help them out with some initial costs, and become a partner. Like, what do you call it? CSA in produce, the CSA uh, business model. You become an active participant in the success of that farm. And that, to me, if you're gonna if you're gonna continue this plant with any level of integrity, it has to be removed in part, or there has to be a, a, a section made for people that that are, want to see the integrity of the plant continue and improve. And I don't see that happening with big corporations owning these mega. You know, the average person that goes into a spinstry doesn't even understand. What I'm talking about, the size of these operations, you, I mean, does anybody really think you're going to get quality out of it? Let's take something we grow right there here. Are, there are some different people. Well, you know what? I, I was going to be sarcastic for a moment, but actually, as soon as I thought that, I was like, there's an exception. So I was going to say, there are a lot of people who poo-poo uh, Panda Express and uh, what's that other big judge? Uh, uh, shit, the other gigantic Chinese uh, uh, delivery companies. Uh, Any chicken? I can't think of it right now, but there's a couple different companies around, like especially during this pandemic, they actually know. hide their names in some uh, clever ways, pretending to be small businesses. And you, when you get the order, you know, I have it, but when, when people get the order, the odds oh, Panda Express, and they're not really that thrilled because it's not really that great of food. It's like shopping mall food. Uh, they would rather go to, let's say, a, a Chinese restaurant. Uh, but then as soon as I was saying that, I was like, you know what? There are companies that people just talk up and down about the quality. Coot, you're one of them. Apple. You love Apple, even though it is a gigantic behemoth. It's one of the largest corporations in the entire world, honestly. And yet they do manage to push out quality. It's it's a it's an anomaly among all the different companies. Let's be honest here. And you know, a lot of people don't like Apple. That's that's perfectly fine. This is not an Apple commercial. But among the people who do like Apple, that's one of the things that they'll say. That's one of the selling points. Oh, it's quality, da 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 da. They'll tell you that until they're they're blue in the face. It's possible, it right? Well, an Apple person will definitely tell you that. And, and I'll, ha- how do I say this? Even though I have bumped up against Apple a fucking few hundred times, I'll still say I keep coming back to it because the quality elements do shine through. When I you have a problem, there's no, there no such problem as an Apple problem. I wouldn't, or I wouldn't say that. I would say the phones are pretty fucking mm-hmm. legit. They last for years. Uh, I had my iPhone 6 for, I mean, I still have my iPhone 6 for right here. Um, and the only problem right now is that it basically six S, I think six plus S plus whatever the fuck the numbers are, uh, the battery runs out really fast. So I pretty much have to plug it in, you know, uh, most of the time. But I use this to fly my drone all the time. Like I uh, play music with it all the time. Like I play, I play it on my Bluetooth speaker and stuff, so I can just you know use my phone for whatever else. Like it's every phone like six years old. It, Holy shit! Unless you buy, you know, I put cases on my another, fucking phone. Smashed enough listen, with the drop of five. I have listen, thrown this shit on the ground other before. Companies. But it's not Apple producing that fucking case, is it? It's another company. Apple hands you the bare phone and lets you drop it. 
every, don't every care. company does that. No, every company exactly. says you have to So there's no real Pixel, quality unless you else. have to protect stuff. Oh my god, no, Smash, that's a silly, that's a silly metric, honestly. When you buy a professional Canon camera, they don't give you a case. You have to buy your own a case for that. You can drop it. You can not drop it. And you don't have to have drop, a case. Like, like people are always, people always. Are. I'm kind of hilarious because I walk around with my camera with a fucking death grip, and like I don't, I usually don't have any kind of a strap or anything. And my friends are always like, "Oh my fucking god, you're gonna drop it!" I'm like, "I'm not. I'm never gonna drop this. Like, I'll drop you before I drop my camera." Uh, but how do I say this? Everyone's different. I'm freaking bad. Blood. I just feel like there's so much e-waste happening with all the products coming out. Oh, you're not lying. Oh, no, no, no. The right to repair. Dude, Apple is fucking horrible with the right to repair. That's one of the biggest criticisms you could possibly level against them. Now, suddenly, they've had a change of heart. We'll see how long that fucking lasts. But uh, they have been horrific with basically allowing people to repair their phones in any meaningful way. They brick them, all this different stuff. You know, every corporation, Coon is sitting there. He's like, he doesn't know how to respond. He doesn't even like fridges and stuff go bad after, like, wait, my. What does? Fridges, fucking. Oh yeah, they're my, terrible. Appliances my laundry, actually. my Appliances laundry things went now. bad after yeah. a couple of years. The motors go bad, and then they either Maytag used to be legit as fuck, and now at this point, I Apple's buy making Maytag. washing machines. No, I'm they just are. Saying, believe I'm it or not, they're going to be making VR goggles. Uh, be, believe it or not, they are going to be making VR goggles and uh, cars. Apparently, they're still working on the self-driving car, and they are definitely working on the VR goggles. Kind of a trip, right? on a bunch of stuff I heard. Yeah, right. I mean, oh, that's what I don't like stuff, about yeah. the Teslas, uh, right. because they don't give, uh, you know, they don't let these people work on their cars. Right. I didn't solicit this, his comment. He made it a free will <laughs> of sound mind and body. Sound mind and body. <laughs> okay. And uh, he said emphatically oh, that he. He runs the Coots mix in his garden. And obviously, it sounds like for a while, it wasn't last week I switched over from Fox Farm, you know, kind of thing. Um, and I would venture to say that I've taught literally thousands of people around the world to at least consider another way of, con of constructing a potting cell. I think that's a fair. And it wasn't for money. I mean, most people don't know this, but a third of what I get off that one product, one product, a gnarly barley. And I want to emphasize that I designed the packaging and the name and, you know, but I give a third of that away to an international foundation that plants forest uh, around the world. Uh, Asia, the, all the continents. And so I'm, I'm, you know, left, not left, but what's left over is even a lot of that is given away to uh, food organizations here in Portland. This wasn't, you know, at any point, I, I keep trying to emphasize I had a career and other things, you know, produce and logistics and no, uh, is that good? Uh, people sometimes wonder. I don't know. Uh, uh, I don't know if say Bernard isn't listening, but uh, so people sometimes wonder what your um, what your complaint, let's say, with uh, uh, folks that have taken TO and basically commercialized it in a, a number of different ways is uh, is your complaint that they have taken something that was a free gift and basically made a, a mockery yeah, of it? Yeah, exactly. Is, it, it. is that it? Yeah, that's the, the uh, as the says in the Holy Babel, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
and he's bullshit. But that's cool, you know. Hey, uh, doesn't matter. Most of them did it. Not most. All of them have done a really poor job. So in that is a blessing, you know. Um, you know, some people just have this ability of clutching defeat out of the mouths of success, and uh, there you go. Why not just grow the plant? Why does there see that's the mentality I was trying to explain? That mentality that I need to fix something. Okay, I'm going to make it better because Joe's got the do what did he. Well, Coot, on the other hand, you you said uh, we talk all the time about art this and art that. You went to art school and so on. Uh, perhaps it's the mind of an artist as, the, as opposed to the mind of a tinkerer or anything else. Perhaps we've been thinking about these people as tinkerers. You know, many of them are. Many of the, the, the weed breeders and stuff, I think, think of themselves as, uh, 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 I don't know, inventors or tinkerers or something. But perhaps some of them have the mind of an artist and they would like to basically combine uh, red and blue and whatever else and splashes of paint, whatever else, or maybe uh, uh, flavors. You know, maybe they have a, a truffle and they like to combine well, it with once again, uh, I'm going to and... meet you halfway. Here it is. Okay. I wish them well in all their endeavors. And uh, I hope they have as good a life as I did. Do. So I don't know. It's a lie. It's a lie. <laughs> it's a lie. Cool. You're cool. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, by the way, welcome to hop on and uh, BS with us. We're uh, obviously having a fun time here. Uh, See how agreeable I am? I was called grouchy the other day on uh, Jeremy's board. Who would ever call you grouchy? No, listen, to oh. here's what he said. I, or, or he, I don't know, some name. Uh, what's going on with this interview with Coot? Um, did he get grouchy and call it quits? And so I answered, I said, grouchy, me? Yeah. So anyway, uh, it's in the can, as they say. Pink the, fresh? What? They're just mad because mm -hmm. you call out BS and you see it. You know yeah. what I'm That's the only thing you do. You know, we all love. That's why we're here. Um, you know, yeah, you what's the expression, BS Kenny? He doesn't suffer fool gla fools gladly, right? Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> or even if he's spilling bullshit, he's going to say something. And, and I agree with that 100%. Is an old saying from Oscar Wilde: "The opinions of a thousand fools don't equal the opinion of one wise man." Where there's also a West Coast uh, surfer. Uh, everybody's got an opinion, just like an asshole. So, okay, one's gone. Yeah, there you go. I want. I want to get into this whole uh, Captain <laughs> or Doctor uh, Cal Mag. I'm. Uh, I think I could do a lot of good. Doctor uh, Callus Magus. Yes. <laughs> I, you know, I remember the good old days when it was just CalMag lockout. What happened? We had CalMag lockout. What would a CalMag lockout even be? Because I, I feel like I, I haven't have heard no someone idea. say those words, and I didn't. I couldn't figure out what they were trying to say. They still oh, say the planet is not like sucking up cal Easily. calcium or what? No, 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 I don't know. But here's what was the cure. No, it has to be both of them, I guess. No, this, no, this was standard, standard cure. Epsom salt, which is magnesium sulfate. So magnesium and sulfur oxide. Yeah. So what does that have to do with calcium? Oh, you just don't understand. I, I think I do. Uh, you have no idea what I you're do. I do love it when people try to tell Coot that he doesn't understand. Yeah, they do it all the time. I had a friend, Coot, I had a friend in, in high school who was the, the starting center 
uh, on the I want to say he was defensive and offensive because he was basically one of the biggest guys on the fucking team. And so they're like, well, would you just mind standing there for a little bit? Uh, he was probably 250 pounds, yeah. 95% muscle, basically. Uh, super gentle, kind guy. In fact, speaking of food and cooking and stuff, he actually went to culinary school afterwards. Uh, wouldn't hurt a fly. Honestly, wouldn't hurt a fly unless you ask first, in which case he'd beat your fucking ass. And he constantly had little fuckers. I, I know because I was his friend. I was always out with him. Little fucking guys would always come and pick a fight with my friend. And he would always do his very utmost to not have a fight with him because he could, I mean, break him in fucking half. I mean, what do you want to do? He plays football. He's fuck, he's works out every fucking day for like six months. They would constantly try to fuck with him. And then at some point he would just have to knock him on the ground or whatever else. Cause literally be like some little kid fucking wailing on him. Well, and it reminds me honestly of people attacking folks like potent or coot or somebody else back in the day. People would attack <laughs> like grow mouse for led stuff. Me, 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 me. Mm. I, couldn't, I couldn't understand it. Like a uh, yippee dogs biting at your ankles. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I got yeah. a question for you. So you pretty much know the level of equipment that I have in terms of being able to make quick, easy videos, uh, like on an iPad and or, you know, whatever. And so I was dicking around and uh, took a couple uh, Hello. courses Hello. at uh, Skillshare on uh, iMovie. Hmm. So I was thinking about the short feature at YouTube, and I guess they call it story over at Instagram. Now, remember, the last time I went on Instagram, it took me less than 90 days to run up to 28,000 uh, subscribers. Incredible. Yeah. So just do like those little vignettes, like, hey, it's good here. I want to talk to you about, you know, saponins. Mm -hmm. And uh, that'd be fun. I think it would do be. It. Do it. Yeah, it would be fun. Hell I mean, yeah. you know, see, that's, that's where you and I, I think, differ. And that's not a criticism. I'm just stating a fact. I'm more comfortable talking about materials than I am about products. Products gets too emotional. You said this before. I don't give a shit about any of the products. I don't know why you said this before. Uh, I don't use any uh, brand name products that I can think of. None of the clothes that I wear have a visible brand name. Uh, uh, well, yeah, here's, here's how steeped I am into it. If it were my way, I would require uh, Amazon Prime patches on everything I wore, just to let people know. You see, another example. I can't stand Amazon. Like I'm always talking about it. it. Physically, fucking hurts me that I'm subscribed to Amazon right now. Yeah. Basically, I'm, I, I, now uh, I have to be subscribed because yeah. the Expanse is just released. I told it. you before. There's like two episodes I haven't even seen yet. Sometimes when I think about it, and I think, well, I haven't had you know an Amazon delivery in a couple of days I'll go order something just because when I see it I feel just to like make an it up just in, just in case yes. Fumador hasn't got anything you got to get something just in case yeah. I get it. but anyway uh, <laughs> no but I, I want to make sure me. before before we get off on something else that thermix that you were using uh the the uh, saponin I probably the name wrong but I know what you're talking about it's a uh, uh, product sold in nurseries most excellent um uh quality product highly recommended um if it fits into your budget then that's uh, you couldn't do any better you know unless you live in the desert and could go out and harvest the yucca and go through what that takes to make a, like an extract out of it but you know be real careful when you, 
look up the name of the North American variety and then check the Chinese, uh, the name uh, of the uh, yucca that comes out of China. So when you go buy products, you definitely want most of the testing in this country that you're going to read the positive reviews on or we're looking at North American the type. And I'd like uh, to reemphasize that we often talk about China in a pejorative way. I have no problem with the nation of China. I have no problem with Chinese culture. Like it's one of the most ancient civilizations of mankind. I love basically everything about it, but there's a current sort of regime, somewhat like Russia. Russia has a deep well, and interesting history. That. In fact, my family is from Russia, but the current people that run Russia are just a garbage dumpster fire that was set on fire on top of a mountain of dog shit. You know what I mean? And then the Chinese are arguably worse. Well, or, no, I mean, it's that, really six of one, half a dozen of the other. Setting that ahead. aside just for a minute, because I don't agree with those descriptions of China when he has shit going on in this country. People had were threatened with their jobs that they left and there's a tornado rolling towards them, you know, and uh, their bosses. Oh, the, the candle factory? Yeah, I mean, mm. this is a, anyway, but let's go back to more positive. Oh, I what I would that. say is that I would make the argument that the variety, the cultivar, if you will, that's grown commercially in China is not of the same level of uh, quality and diversity. I'm even worried about the industrial pollutants, Coop. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, too. I mean, about, yeah. Uh, Look, yeah. Uh, mushroom compounds. Oh, what was yeah. the, it wasn't psilocybin. It was, a, uh, I can't think of it right now, but some mushroom yeah. compound that you can get. And, oh, there was uh, some of these cheap ones from Amazon. Oh, wouldn't you know it? They're basically grown in the freaking effluvia right. of waste compounds. And they're slightly radioactive. And, and there's some wonderful producers here in the lower 48. Uh, Trad Cotter over in uh, South Carolina at my, uh, Mountain Mushroom. You have, oh, actually three. You have Paul Stamets up in uh, Seattle. And then you have uh, Myriad Mycology down in Ashland. Uh, he worked for Paul for 15 years as an extractor. And these are grown by people that give a shit. And I, I don't buy mushroom products on uh, Christ at all. I, I read all the warnings and it made all, all kinds of sense with the level of pollution. And around right. the big city, that's where the mushrooms are grown. I just ordered some more uh, uh, mushroom powders from uh, Myriad Mycology. Yeah, uh, that's one of the at least. I mean, we're talking about slightly different things, I guess, but whatever. Still, uh, it's a micro- mushroom project. That that's a, like an edible mushroom. No, so I'm saying that gentleman, he worked for Paul for 15 years right. as an extractor, so that when you go, uh, what do you call it? Uh, when you buy, you can buy with confidence that right. uh, and his methods. You know, like Paul uh, now is offering the the infamous agaricon spores. Imagine that. Mm. You better have a lot of patience. I mean, this is a mushroom that lives for a hundred years. So, well, we were talking about uh, troubles and stuff, right? There used to be evidently, uh, uh, you know what, Pope, before I forget this, uh, there used to be, I was just reading about this when we were talking about, I think a couple of days before we were talking about uh, growing mushrooms at home, I was just kind of nerding out on, on uh, growing truffles, basically. There used to be truffle culture, like uh, what do you call it, truffle farming, uh, but it was basically wiped out because there was only apparently five or six families that knew how to do it in, uh, I want to say, the Alsace and so on, basically like France, near Germany and some of the German families. And basically in the intermingle of just a bunch of fucking trench warfare, uh, the families that lived in the forests that, that uh, they had cultured uh, uh, truffle mushrooms in, the families apparently had gotten, I don't know, scattered or maybe killed or whatever. And the, the, the forest that they cultured their, their truffles in were destroyed. Uh, and basically that was the end of uh, truffle culture in, in Europe. 
Don't I don't know too much more about it than that, but I was fascinated because I've heard many times people say like, uh, oh, you cannot cultivate truffles. Apparently people did cultivate it before World War One. I. I still think it's super crazy that in Colorado, they thought there was like four species of truffles or whatever. Hmm. And then some, some grad student went and test DNA sampled the spores in squirrel nests in Colorado and found that there's was like funny. 30 different species and they've right. just never found them. <laughs> Except for the spores. Well, it, it wakes me out. I was reading about not too long ago about how we actually have only discovered something like a quarter of whale species. You know, like even though like we basically killed like basically almost all the goddamn whales, there are evidently a bunch of whale species currently swimming in the oceans today that we've never discovered yet. And for example, they'll just be in such remote places that boats have never We haven't discovered a lot in the ocean, man. And that's it. I yeah. say we have maybe like 10% or something crazy like that. Right. We can't even get down that deep because it will crush us or right. anything we will build. Your mind. Isn't there a truffle culture in, uh, in some of the hollows in, in Kentucky? I live with a family down in uh, Florida from Kentucky, and they were they used literally on one of the hollows. And they used to say how they used to go out occasionally, not all the time, but it was the way they supplemented their income. They were shiners and everything But else. I mean to say right. not, not folks going out. I mean, here we have like lots of, you know, in Oregon, we have lots and lots of... Uh, 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 truffle hunters and they'll go out like to the same land they'll guard their land and they have their secret spots and whatever uh, but i mean like people are actually farming truffles like, oh they would I plant the spores yeah, yeah, yeah. wait for the spores to grow and then harvest the spores gotcha. that they knew were already growing there right uh, see i misunderstood yeah, yeah. you completely the hmm. other night i thought you were trying to do this in a uh like a uh, what they call a monotub indoors oh, no, no, oh no. see i was no. Okay. Well, anyway, back to the, your question, you you would want to find out what tree is the easiest to inoculate with uh, those spores, mm. and that's not, you know, hard to find to determine. Um, just like here, when you go out in the forest on forages, you're only going to find, or excuse me, you'll you'll find uh, lion's mane. Mean on maybe two, possibly three types of trees. Same with the maitake or hen of the woods, whatever name you call it. Uh, also, like the fungi that you might grow on conifers, you're not going to find on elms and mm. you know deciduous trees like that. So, uh, yeah, you. First, your first uh, step to, towards success would be to find out what what uh, type variety of trees are the most uh, commonly uh, inoculated to grow that particular fungi. I know the one that's impossible to even try indoors is uh, morels. Just gonna say, yeah. That's like the person that discovers that'll be they'll build. Well, they're doing um. Reishi or Reiki or uh, Reishi yeah. inside now. I have, and they're I, doing. Yeah, I'm, I'm growing some now, but it's uh, really a weird version. I mean, what, compared to what you uh, harvest out in. The, yeah, they're uh, they're completely different. I mean, I'm just looking them up right now. They they even work uh, uh, grow differently. Where is it? Yeah, same with the uh, uh, shiitake. Well, There's another one. What's the a cordyceps. They're learning how to do cordyceps inside now. Right. Oh yeah. Right. Oh yeah. 
and Koo was talking about how expensive that was. I, I, I guess I had read about that many years ago and I just tuned it out. I didn't really, it was before I was in the mushrooms and stuff. And uh, Koo was, it was a trip because he was talking about how the, the cordyceps, it can get to be like $14,000 a gram and shit. I mean, what the fuck? Anyway, uh, these morels, uh, we, we have a lot of them here in Oregon. They're, they're quite famous here in Oregon, especially uh, yeah. uh, tribe mushroom hunters and stuff. And yeah. uh, a lot of the morels will actually get sold off in Japan. They, they, they're just a complete delicacy. And they <laughs> they sell for big dollars here and they sell for even big dollars, bigger dollars there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so they're saying uh, uh, the <laughs> Morkela Esculenta, commonly known as common morel, morel, yellow morel, true morel, or morel mushroom. It's a species of fungus in the family uh, of the Ascomysota. Uh, it's one of the most readily recognizable of all edible mushrooms and highly sought after. Each fruity body, a fruit body, begins as a tightly compressed grayish sponge with lighter ridges and expands to form a large yellowish sponge with large pits and ridges raised on a large white stem. Pitted yellow-brown caps measure blah, 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 and refuse that. Da, 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 da. Uh, let's see here. The fungus fruits under hardwoods and conifers during a short period of the spring, depending on the weather, and is also associated with old orchards, woods, and disturbed grounds. Uh, let's see here. Uh, can they describe how oh, it's the, different? Are you talking about the black morels or the yellow morels? I was trying to describe how it's a little bit different than a regular freaking mushroom because it's not a normal fruiting body, is it? With like yeah. a regular mycelium? And you... You can tell the the false morels uh, when you cut them in half. The real morels should be hollow. Although mm. I found out after getting really into the wild mushroom scene that like over half of the false morels in the U.S. are actually perfectly edible, even though they're traditionally mm. taught as being poisonous. Um, mm. Same thing with rushelas. Most rushelas, well, not all, but seventy five percent of rushelas are edible, um, or as they're kind of taught to be poisonous. And there's a lot of stuff that's kind of a weird ground. Interesting. Um, as long as you stay away from the little brown mushrooms, like if you accidentally mix up the wrong one for a cubensis or something like that, yeah, you can get yourself into trouble. But uh, if you're looking at any of the larger mushrooms, there aren't too many with the exception of Amanita panthera in North America that are going to kill you. That and the death angel, but it's kind of distinct looking, right? You can kind of tell, ah, that's, that's maybe probably a death angel. Down south uh, towards Grants Pass and uh, we have a lot of uh, elk herds. It's a big, you know, sporting area besides agriculture. But in the fields where the uh, is some cattle, some dairy, a lot of manure. In the springtime, you can go out there and fill up gunny sacks full of Liberty caps. <laughs> Just friggin' amazing. Uh, yeah, and the Amanitas. Yeah, my God, you look at it, it looks like Santa Claus landed or something, you know. But get it, you know, if you have a like a dirt bike kind of thing, that's the best way. Then you can get back away from civilization. But by the way, I was saying this is this a uh, good time because Poten is on here. He'll, he'll probably enjoy this as well. This is finally that video that I was talking about. <clears throat> I said this to Coot earlier. This is the. Uh, Oh, wow. Yeah. This is where the, the spacecraft basically flew through the corona of the sun. This blows my mind. Yeah, and we normally see that, like, I don't know, from 98 million miles away, right? We see, like, the, or we'll see the, the side effects of the, the 
coronal mass ejections and stuff. In fact, I was just reading something today about how um, evidently the whole fear of EMPs is a bit overblown. Evidently, modern technology is probably somewhat uh, resistant to some of these uh, coronal mass ejections and EMPs compared to the past. Yeah, it was kind of interesting. A lot of times our phones and stuff are fairly well shielded and stuff now, and uh, the components themselves are quite a bit smaller than they used to be like in the 1970s. So the actual exposure to radiation is quite significantly less because it's literally a smaller thing. Anyway, hmm. It was interesting. But, uh, man, I, seriously, I was, I was saying this before the show, but I, mean, I, just, I, I wish it were the case. You know, like, there's all these uh, uh, stories about, like, the Pentagon not physically even wanting a gun or a weapon or a fucking plane or whatever that the, the, the Congress sends at them. They're like, well, this is a $15, $15 billion present. And the, the Pentagon's like, we don't even know what we're going to fucking do with it. And they just park them in the desert somewhere. Like, wouldn't it be nice if we actually spent more money on shit like that, like flying well, things to the sun? I think it's in Arizona. There's a whole military, like, oh, like installation. It's like a boneyard, but it, mm. it, there's a reason for it. They take off parts. If, like, a plane needs something, they'll take oh, it off. I mean, off that the makes boneyard. sense. You know, that's, that's old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they He's still have old airframes that are 100 years old now. Smasher's talking about Fort Huachuca. Hmm. Um, and They've been doing that for since probably the fifties, anyway. Yeah, they have literally everything there. Yeah, and the desert it keeps everything intact. There's no rain. They cover it up a little bit. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. It's better than taking them apart, you know. I mean, just because what are you going to do? Crush them? Well, that's what they do when they leave stuff over in like let's say a war that they're fighting and disappeared from they'll smash everything or break things and take take vital information with them and smash like like technology or like vehicles and stuff what you can spell with an h hmm. it's an what? indian uh like clackamas is uh indian name yeah that's cool uh, I was, um, we were talking about saponins earlier. There's this cool paper on uh, our website. You can check it out, primitiveways.com. They have a cool thing about Native American fish poisoning. Uh, and um, they talk about some of the different compounds and saponins. But what was also interesting, because I really started looking into this, they actually do use one species of yucca for reducing ammonia in aquaculture, of yep. very specific species. Um, Is it Shigadera? Shigadera? Hold on a second. I'll. I bet that's it. I'll find it here. Oh, wait, back up. I, it had the name. Uh, back a little bit more. About two more. Right there. Uh, the most common uh, one harvested in North America is. Uh, oh, there it is. Uh, that's it. That's the uh, variety. Yeah, so they're doing some kind of specific fraction of it mm -hmm. for reducing ammonia at like incredibly low doses. But I thought that was bizarre because traditionally it's taught as a fish poison. Um, but in this one, they talk about um, uh, the different plants that contain lots of saponins in North America. Yeah. Uh, uh, and how it, you know, fucks with, fucks with the fish and all. Um, but, uh, it's also used a lot in fire uh, uh, fire extinguisher foam, which I also right. do. And all your soaps, 
uh, your even your toothpaste. You see, all those things don't foam. Your dip body soap, your dish soap, your laundry, your shampoo. Mm -hmm. You have to add saponins. Another big source, I believe it or not, is just uh, well, chestnut, walnuts, devil's shoestring, pokeweed. The seeds uh, from South America. Uh, quinoa. You'll notice that when you buy a bag of quinoa, it'll say on there that they're washed. Because if they weren't washed, they'd make you sick because they taste like soap. Uh, that's a big... Uh, so they get they two revenue streams from growing uh, quinoa. One is the... It's a, used in uh, poultry feed, human. But also they harvest the uh, saponins. Saponins are integral to a whole bunch of manufacturing processes. So um, there's a lot of good sources. Uh, the Aretha uh, nuts from India, like I said before, is 250,000 parts per million. I mean, that's 25%. That's amazing. And they're really effective against, uh, they destroy the ecoskeleton of the insects. They're effective against powdery mildew. And they also are a biostimulant, uh, as Fume uh, was talking about the benefit, as well as uh, Kenny, that he saw in using saponins on his plants. So, a lot of benefits. A lot of benefits. Uh did you guys talk about this yet? This was pretty wild. Hold on, let me throw it on the screen here. Uh, all the cannabis producers basically getting together and telling the state to fuck off. <laughs> um, basically, like the, the whole industry in California is completely collapsing because of the tax regimens. And uh, it's just folding. Even bigger brands are really, you know, dying on the vine out in California. So um, they got together and wrote a letter to the governor basically saying, look, you need to freeze taxes for three years and let us fucking make money so that we can survive it all, which I thought was uh, interesting. What's their rate of wow. taxation in California? It's 25% here. Well, so that's the thing. In certain areas, I know we, we were looking at, um, I forget where it was, Sonoma, somewhere near Sonoma. Um, it was something like 80 three percent functional tax rate by the time i actually put in the square footage tax the excise tax the retail like at the end of the day like the total taxation 83 insanity what's wow. that did you say 83 percent yeah wow. no i yeah eight, eight wow. three, 83 wow that would be fucking and then not only that but i'm supposed to pay like a six six dollar per square foot tax on any usable space that i'm generating revenue from that's cannabis related and i have to pay a fucking city fee and i have to pay a county fee and i have to pay a state fee like they just bleed you dry completely dry that's why i gave up and said fuck it to california we burned a million and a half dollars with with purity trying to get a license in half moon bay it was pure fucking insanity you and, should and like hanging out it. in you sure like wow. hanging out in expensive real estate. God oh, damn, yeah. Half Moon Bay? Fuck. <laughs> well, we had we had some cool properties that were... Yeah, kind of, yeah. Well, I mean, think about how you're basically right next to... 
Shit, I was just watching uh, before the show, or I don't know, maybe I was having lunch today, but I was watching Mark Weens, you know, the guy that leans yeah. left and his eyes roll back uh, on YouTube. Uh, but he was basically one of his newest videos, maybe even from today, was in San Francisco. He's going around eating seafood pretty much. Fancy pants places. They're charging $4 for an oyster there because it's all basically Facebook money. You know, it's the Apple and yeah, Facebook yeah. and Google money and whatever. Yeah. Here in Newport or something, you get the same fucking oyster, a better oyster, honestly, for a dollar, right? Or a dollar 25 now with inflation, it's probably a buck 50 now thanks to COVID. But anyway, uh, how do I say this? Uh, it does, it makes perfect sense to have a freaking uh, a dispenser or how do I say this, a farm near uh, uh, the Bay Area because you can basically provide fresh freaking weed to Silicon mm. Valley billionaires that will pay like uh, theoretically any price. But, I well, told you half of <clears throat> a fuck ton of tourist traffic. I mean, you have I mean, awesome. you have the the single biggest or one of the three best places on the entire planet to surf. Uh, right. uh, what's it called? Ma- uh, Mavericks is right there, right? Yeah, so, Mavericks. Yeah. Like, it's a great place to put a dispenser. <laughs> and all you have to do is go Blue Dream. It's still their number yeah, one. So I told you. Okay, we're and number one. Strange. Eighty-eight percent of Half Moon Bay voted for. Uh, Amendment sixty four, and then they denied licensing for the city. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> like bullshit. Wow. Fucking bullshit. When the two hundred dollar an ounce thing was established <laughs> in seventy eight, uh, seventy seven for tie sticks, that's the one that set the price. And in today's money, so thirty two hundred a pound, then would be eleven thousand dollars today. Proving what I've always said, that a true connoisseur will pay whatever it takes to get a better bowl than the last one. But you don't have many connoisseurs. That's the issue. I wouldn't say probably. There's a lot out the there, issue. but they keep no, themselves. No, no, you know? no, there isn't. There's users. There's smokers. Okay. I'm talking the true connoisseurs. Like, just like Alan said. Excuse me. Uh, Steve said. They'll pay whatever it takes to get a good bag they're out there but they are in hiding because we've discussed this how many times now the dispensaries don't have what they want and a oh, lot right. of those guys don't have the patience to grow because they're just weed connoisseurs I, and not uh, uh farmers yeah. we who watch these shows we're the weird little venn diagram convergence between the connoisseurs right. and the people who took the time to fucking grow it uh but there are plenty of times plenty of people who sit outside those circles right some of those people are customers of charlie's farm for example you know allegedly what I'm saying is that when the price was established in 77 at $200 an ounce, there were people, and it was tie sticks, so you got, if you were lucky, you got 20 sticks. So that was what the retailer did. They'd break them apart, and you bought a stick for, what, 25 bucks, I think, I, some numbers I heard. I mean, everybody's getting stabbed, don't get me wrong. But there were people that would buy a stick maybe once every six weeks. I'm talking a true connoisseur is going to buy the ounce and he's going to make sure he doesn't run out. And there aren't many connoisseurs in this world. There never has been. Oh, cool. I know. I know. I know. Uh, I know a variety of people now who buy weed by the ounce. You'd be surprised. You'd honestly be surprised. I, it gladdens my fucking you. heart every time I see it, to be honest. Like at this point, Weed is starting to expand to a level that you'd be surprised, honestly. Like, it's not just men no, anymore. Lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of women uh, uh, smoke weed. Lots of them will actually buy it by the ounce. It gladdens your fucking heart, right? Because, honestly, most of the time, weed is just 
chody dude bros with tattoos and big old fucking beards, right? At least that's the stereotype. There's tons of fucking other people that are smoking weed now. And a lot of those people have very, very, uh, uh, you know, specific tastes and, you know, they, they like what they like and on and on, you know? Yeah, I know. I got it. You'll get there, man. I, no, when I go here, the only Remember, time- Koo, you've been here for the longest time. You've been here. I mean, you've been, first of all, you've been around for the longest time. But, uh, well, I don't even have to mention Fred Meyer. I was going to mention Fred Meyer here in the West. But I guess you know Fred Meyer. You know the store, yeah, Fred Meyer. Sure. That store has changed in the last 20, 30 years. Now you can go there and you can get fancy-ass Italian, Swiss, yes. whatever the fuck, German cheese. Uh, salami and all this crap well, from from wherever the fuck it used to be. Fred Meyer, dude. If you wanted like beans and Kraft mac and cheese and some sweaters and a uh, baseball, that's where you yeah. go. Now they'll sell you all that stuff, but they'll also sell you fancy French wines. Uh, uh, down in in California, Ralph's. So, okay, Ralph's is like the fucking grocery store of grocery stores. They have French cheese now. I agree. With you. So what you're saying, and I agree with this to a higher degree than you probably believe. So the market's changing because the consumer is demanding different products like they do in a lot of sectors, right? You want to go broke, you start selling station wagons. That should probably do it. Um, a car lot's going to carry the cars that sell. That's, you know, it's a numbers game, right? And so do I think that the consumers can change the behavior that goes on today? Yes. Maybe, but it's not going to be in two years. It's not going to be in five years. It's going to take a concerted effort. I mean, at some point, people are going to stand up and go, this stuff is shit. I know a guy out, out in Gresham that grows better than this, and it's not a hat. You know what I mean? It's just we're going to go back to the black market, which I think is the best thing that could possibly happen. Is just go back to the smaller producers and uh, let them run the risk and uh, keep them in business. How's that? Is that a good compromise? Do I think there's any hope for dispensaries? Absolutely not. The state not. doesn't like that. None. The state doesn't like None. that because it's uh, more difficult to. Uh, I actually don't know why every state uh, disincentivizes small producers because honestly, the they small do. businesses are always the backbone of every That's single right. state. Of any business. I'm, I'm, I'm baffled. I'm baffled why this entire yeah. country prioritizes big business over small business. Because every single time when you look at the fucking yep. dollars and cents, the people in the small businesses, they spend their dollars locally. They they have uh, their families locally. They use their money. They build their businesses locally. Everything about what they do is basically a fractal local well, situation. Hey, according to, if we use the logic that's applied to the cannabis sector for just shits and grins, here's one for you then we would have to say, we would have to claim and then argue the point that McDonald's makes the best hamburger because they sell the most. They must be the best, right? Yeah, that's the logic. In fact, I had a McDonald's hamburger the other day and it was not not the best. I can guarantee you. Oh, whoa, whoa, now. I can tell you why. I can tell you why. Okay, go ahead. Well, for one, it was not flavorful. That's that's the the, the long and short of it. I can tell that it was not flavorful uh, by eating it. Were the sesame seeds correctly placed on the top of the bun? Uh, yes. yes, actually, yes. They have perfected that. To be honest, they there have perfected the packaging. 
but uh, I watch your video on how they anything do it. like it doesn't look anything like what you get. You know, when you're when you're passing through the, the, the drive through, yeah. it doesn't look anything like what no. the very accomplished photographers apparently the, uh, the food for photographer sure. for, uh, for for McDonald's. That's like the holy grail for food you, photographers. You, mean, you, you think get like a hundred grand for one of those projects? What's that? You, th you think they're gilding the lily? Really? Uh, You'd say that more than a little. That, more okay. than that little. burger is twenty years old. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> Just dried out. Yeah, uh -oh. it, bro. The BBC has like some kind of like <clears throat> media museum, and they have a a twenty or a twenty some year old one in a glass case there. The worst thing is too that I think I've noticed this recently. Every time that I've basically gone to fat, almost every time I've gone to some kind of a fast food restaurant recently, you know, a lot of times it'll be like a, like a, I don't know one o'clock at night or something. The only places that are open are going to be some of these fast food places. Uh, there will be like a huge line or something, and I'll go in. And uh, I wondered if I was making this up in my head, and so I didn't tell anybody. I didn't say it on my show or anything else. And then I read an article about this about how this is a fucking thing nationwide. Where machines. workers are basically, not that, although that's happening too, but workers are making food badly out of spite because they're fucking dead ass tired. Because basically there's going to be like one or two employees for a normally six employee shift. Yeah. Oh, they Four of them everything. are missing and there's still a line of 30 cars down the, the, the fucking road. And I've seen that. I've literally been in these circumstances where I'm like, fuck, I'm starving to death. Everything is closed. My fridge is empty. I forgot to go to the grocery that store or whatever the case may be. Two and a half years ago. Think about that. <laughs> right. Think about so this that for a minute. This is the last McDonald's burger made in Iceland. Before <laughs> yeah. So that's Fossilized for your posterity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, these workers are so fucking worn out that they just basically make stuff shitty on purpose. They're just like, hey, fuck you. Uh, uh. You know, smear some ketchup on there, just put it on oh, yeah. sideways and whatever. And so I would be getting stuff and it was cold and like half the fries are in the bag and just all this different stuff. I'm like, what's going on here? I was polite. I was nice. But I, I dig it. You know, when there's like literally two of you, what do you think the entire fucking on store, no one night? gets a break. What's what do you think you're going to have on a Friday night with about six teenagers? Running a hot. Dude, I was at doing. Sherry's, so Coot will for sure know who else. Oh, no one God. else in the panel here knows Sherry's. I actually like Sherry's. Lucky Don't poo poo you. Sherry's. Yeah. Fuck, they have amazing pie, Coot. Come on. Don't poo poo the pie. Well, who else has Eggs Benedict at three o'clock in the morning? Sherry's. Sherry's Me. has Eggs Benedict at three o'clock. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, yeah, that's, okay, that's the coot. Right. What do you, what do you yeah. want? That's the coot with real holidays and everything else. Any. Egg yolk and it's probably whipped up from scratch uh, or yeah. smashed. Cool. Smashed holidays cannabis would probably make it, right? Smashed cannabis would probably, he's, that's not his cuisine. That's more French, you know, uh, Dutch. He's more Italian. So if you could find the Italian version of uh, uh, Eggs Benedict, he would totally whip that up at three o'clock in the morning. But anyway. Sherry's well, is dude, it's a diner. What do you want? It's not a gourmet experience. It's a diner. It's fine. It's not. It, it, it's fine. It's open twenty four hours usually. These days with COVID, it's like I don't know two o'clock in the morning. I don't remember. The other day I went there. There was one waitress. There was one yeah. waitress, and she was running around like a fucking crazy person. She was apologizing to everybody. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, I'm short staffed. I'm short staffed. I'm short staffed. This is the thing now. You know, I don't know. She didn't serve it badly. I'm spite. I didn't mean that. It was actually fine. Well, you know, it was. I sent you that article today because I thought you'd get a kick out of it. So it claims that the uh, labor shortage is caused because oh, of baby, boomers. Yeah, baby boomers. So I just want to qu quantify that for a minute. 
Most sociologists put the baby boomers being born between 1944 and 1964. So that means we're talking about people that are 58 to 78 years old. And that's impacting your labor pool. And you're surprised that they're not going to go back to work. Gee, knock me over with a fucking feather. Okay. So who gets blamed? The 20 somethings because they're just living off the handouts you know, the uh, the stimulus money. They've done a really good job of demonizing, you know, as usual, the wrong people, you know. People have a little bit of, uh, they've been, been empowered. Like, Fuck you, take your job and shove it. I'll go do something better. Now, whether that plays out, that's, uh, that's a whole other question. But I can see people just say, hey, I'm not going to flip hamburgers anymore or whatever, you know. It's a yeah, pretty demoralizing job. Anyone who's ever, dude, anyone's ever worked in a kitchen or, or any kind of environment no, like that, no. it's very, very, very greasy. The the, the air yeah. is filled with grease. Uh, uh, the I mean, there's fryers everywhere. I can't even imagine how bad the it is. The smell of ammonia from cleaning the floors. All of that, yeah, uh, and it all adds up. Douchebag customers. I mean, how many people? How many times have you been in a in a, in a drive through or something? You hear the customer in front of you fucking yelling. Yeah, yeah. I'm just yeah. like, what yeah. could you possibly be that irate about? A milkshake? Yeah. I mean, I don't understand yeah. it. They didn't give uh, you the right kind of uh, sauce for your taco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, they, they get shit thrown at them. The, the managers at fast food places are notoriously capricious. Oh, on, yeah. on, 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 on. No, it's well, a And then they send you away to Hamburger U, you know, right. so you can get right. your degree and run in a McDonald's. They just, they figure giving your money back is easier than dealing with it, pretty much. Of course. Of course it is. They don't have So let's let's also talk about something else that they have to deal with now. And I know this is a little bit controversial on here, but like the fact that these poor kids in a lot of these places are having to be the enforcers of the new mandates and the other, you know, right. unconstitutional bullshit they're pushing on everybody. Well, okay, whatever. let's not go for the unconstitutional because it, it's but, actually explicitly constitutional, but the rest of well, it. Well, I mean, that's why that's being held up in the courts, but um, the, that's, that's the trying to hold Roe versus Wade. That's the time, like, constitutional. Oh didn't sign up. These kids didn't sign up for that shit. This shouldn't be their job. It's the fucking government. <laughs> they, they, you know, why should some 15 year old kid have to argue no, you know who it is? with people it's, about it's these be acting like fucking adults? How about that? Okay. How about how about people acting like adults? I agree. Their- I don't know why a McDonald's Christ. employee in general has to be. I, I kind of see your point, uh, Potent. I, I somewhat disagree. Again, as I said, with a little bit of the premise, but I do see your point because it's fucking fundamentally absurd that you have a. Doesn't have to be a fifteen-year-old kid. Because let's be honest, when you go to a fast food place, it's not a fifteen-year-old kid anymore. That's the old stereotype. Oh, it's a first job. It's not a first job. A lot of people are in that job for their whole life. Like let's be honest. But uh, uh, and that's one of the reasons thankfully. why we should treat those fucking people thankfully. better. At least I wouldn't say thankfully because I think that those jobs they, well, they treat yeah, them really badly. At least you're not being a consultant. My question <laughs> is: Is that what's going to happen to all of those lower and lower skilled entry-level jobs that a lot of people? Like that was just the first, your stepping stone job just to yeah. get some work experience or whatever. Yeah. What happens when all of those are robots? What the fuck? Exactly. Oh, dude, it's happening. Kind of, the it's next happening life, couple, three years, that's going to be pretty do, fucking you know, and then, wild. And then B, like what you're going to have a whole portion of the, of the population that's just incapable of finding work. Well, know? we're going to have to rethink what it means to work, number one. Right. Number two, either you terminate 
pregnancies or, or limit people's ability to reproduce, which, I mean, it sounds cruel, but I mean, what are you going to do? We've, we've lived for centuries, millennia, that you worked, did something, and then you were compensated with either money to buy food or, your, you know, whatever. And you can't just like in a generation flip it on its head without some catastrophic results. I mean, just the sheer boredom. Can you imagine just in America having 250 million bored people with nothing to do? That's what's <laughs> happening. That's why everyone's so up in their butt about everything. People want to argue about every little fucking thing that they believe in. And it, everyone's it's a mess right now. Everyone's angry because they've been locked up, locked up for two years, and you know but they have But we're at the end of the day, we're social creatures. And I, I've we went out many of times throughout these last two years. No, I yeah, and in a lot of the parts of the country have been a little less locked down than others, but in general, like everyone has had a lot more anxiety and a lot. <laughs> Even more when they told us not to go out, I was thinking about around. shit that upsets them more than they have had. You know, normally people were so busy, rush, 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 rush. And now everyone has time to sit and think and they're kind of realizing a bunch of shit. And I think that goes back to what you were saying earlier with everyone quitting their jobs. You know, it's, it's the same same cause. Well, I don't, know. I, I don't know about where you folks live. I can only speak to where I live. I don't care what kind of type of business it is. I don't whether they're involved in manufacturing or industrial or retail. All I see all day long when I go up and down the major streets is uh, hiring now. Desperation signs, you know, from what I can tell. Signing bonuses that boggle my mind. I mean, $1,500 to you know, flip hamburgers, that's just the signing bonus. What a deal. With some of the places in town, that's like a down payment on a car. You know, get a car and a yeah, job but- in the same day. <laughs> Little by little, just like the grocery stores, we're we're starting to have to check out ourselves. And then they got the Amazon grocery stores where you can just put things in your pocket and walk out. Yeah. God, I love Amazon. I hope I mentioned that before. Um, I you know I have different icons in my house. Uh, spiritual. I want to get a, like a Amazon neon that can put it on my credenza just next to the Buddha. Between the Buddha and Ganesh, what do you think? I mean, just uh, like really set it off. A, a bust of best. Dude, is that right next to the effigy head? of the pee bottle, or or what? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> hey, look, head let's say, let's just handle. really be honest. Just the, the cranium, retail, though. the retail sector, regardless of what it is, regardless, and I'm sure on the high end, but I mean for the the little people like us, it's over. You want something. Unless you got all these. Jesus, the shopping malls are fucking gone. At least in Portland, they are They're gone. History. Even the stories that drive by Lloyd Center. I literally you, tried you, to go somewhere. I was like, oh, I wanted to buy cologne like a few months ago. I right. literally can't find stores that sell it anymore because they're all fucking yeah. closed. Exactly. You, If you want it, get it online, man. It's there the next day. In fact, in some cases, Amazon will deliver it the same day. Without even charging the extra, I, I I literally don't get ever get that. I don't understand it. People are always either. like, "Oh, I get two day." For me, Amazon shipping is actually worse. Like it's like ten years ago, bad. Uh, I can't get anything. In fact, I just ordered something the other day. A little part that said "in stock" or "available now" took uh, four days to ship. So, and that's with the. Uh, it hurts me to say this. The fucking Prime. 
I was living in, I forget if it was Colorado or California, two or three times I got stuff within <laughs> two hours of ordering it from Amazon. Hmm. Or four hours. Whatever. I know it's possible. Yeah, like I, I used to live in LA for a little bit, and then like they could get you stuff within a couple hours sometimes. But here <laughs> is very burpy. I mean, you go to a store, like say, uh, oh, I Best Buy. Yeah, they got you know if you want to. AKA think, Amazon's showroom. Yeah, or <laughs> really, what it is is an Amazon. <laughs> See, these guys are charging this. Let me check my phone here. I got my Amazon app. And I look Do you remember how Best Buy was doing a different? No, they were fucking doing it dirty. Uh, the Best yeah. Buy was having people would do price checks with the Best Buy website, and Best Buy had a different price online versus in store. Yeah. Fuckers. You know what's awesome? So if you, if you have a printed uh, uh, thing from um, Walmart, they'll price match it. So Photoshop. Yeah. Photoshop is fucking monthly now. Adobe, that's Adobe is uh, it's wonderful software, but their business model is fucking garbage hot. Okay, wait a minute. Let me show you how garbage it is. In the old days, like even 10 years ago, you bought Photoshop, we'll say, for $650, $700. And that's not an exaggeration. It was literally that much money. And if you wanted a uh, vector-based program, you bought Illustrator, and you paid about $400 for Illustrator. So now you're deep into the Adobe ecosystem, right? Okay, every year after that, they're going to update Photoshop. So there's a buck and a half. And then they're going to update Illustrator, say, every, yeah, every year. There's a C note. So every year you're paying 250 bucks. So you're already paying, you already paid up front this huge amount of money. And then they're tapping you for $20 a month, basically. And God forbid you ordered something like Premiere. Maybe you wanted to do videos or After Effects. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could get into them for four, four grand easy just buying the uh, programs. And then figure another five hundred a year in, not improvements but updates. I mean, you know, it's a fair it's a fair point, Coot. You may you bring that up because the pricing was so exorbitant, and a lot of people were basically locked out of it. I mean, who right. has six hundred bucks for a freaking photo app? You know, and so yeah, basically. Exactly. And at the time, Photoshop was basically one of the only options. There was Corel, right. something or other, and a couple other ones, but basically they were the dominant yeah. force. For now, there's a bunch of stuff, especially if you want lesser. Like I don't even use Photoshop. I use uh, actually I use a competitor. I use uh, 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 the folks that call Capture One, but I used to use Lightroom which is basically like a, a, a lighter version of, of Photoshop. Basically, it's a negative processing. You could think of it pretty much as, um, uh, well, you know what? Honestly, Lightroom is essentially, uh, I thought of Photoshop. I've never really liked Photoshop as a result. I thought of it as a photo compositing app. So for mm-hmm. me, that was the place where you would basically take uh, mm-hmm. a, a photo of a snail and composite with a, a photo of a woman and basically make it look like the right. snail and the woman were on the same picture, you know, interacting or something. And then, you know, there's a ton of people who do that kind of stuff. And I was never really into that kind of stuff. So I always kind of stayed away from uh, Photoshop. Uh, who did we just lose, by the way? Uh, 
uh, cheers, whoever it was. I, I'm, I'm freaking high right now. Uh, but anyway, um, what was I going to say? Uh, Lightroom, and uh, you actually used to like the Apple one. It was super popular. What was it called? Aperture or whatever? Aperture. Oh, uh, my it God. was basically yeah. a negative developer. So, for example, yeah. if you shoot like, uh, obviously, you don't shoot negatives with a digital camera, but if you shoot RAWs with your digital, or honestly, anything, JPEGs or whatever else, you then uh, take them kind of like you would take negatives from your old film camera. And, you know, instead of the, the lab developing them, you would develop them. So, for example, yeah. like I said, I'll shoot in RAWs and then I'll basically develop them with uh, Lightroom. And that basically means bring the colors back and, you know, do a little bit of tweaking and maybe, I don't know, maybe correct the perspective and blah, blah, blah. It's pretty light uh, stuff, but I'm not compositing in a fucking snail or whatever thing. Um, what was I going to say? Of those kinds of things, I guess I'm babbling a little bit, but I guess I'm getting to the point that there's a lot of those kinds of programs right now. So there's uh, Lightroom is the Adobe one, then they have like Lightroom CC, which is uh, hot trash. Uh, and then uh, 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 what's the one you like? Affinity Photo. Uh, Luminar is really popular because they have like uh, AI, Sky Replacement, mm -hmm. all this different stuff. There's no shortage, honestly, of those things. And then the one that I really like is uh, Capture One. Capture One is the closest competitor maybe to... Uh, uh, Lightroom. Um, now, Lightroom, I think, is uh, more for, I, don't, I shouldn't put it that way. Lightroom really appeals to photographers because it handles your image and the changes like a photographer would in a Lightroom with dodging and, 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 right. and blurring and features that are and techniques that you already have a history of using and working with. And so, but Photoshop, uh, Photoshop seems to be really geared towards the really heavy duty, like you said, the snail and the woman's face, mm. really uh, extremely artistic. Uh, Which is unfair on both of our parts because there's some great photographers oh, that well, really yeah, use Photoshop. Right. Uh, the great photography, you guys don't know her name, Lindsay Adler. Fine, like the one of the best of the best of the best of the best. And she only uses Photoshop. And so I she does the same like Probably, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, probably Andy Leibovitz probably has people do that for her. But anyway, regardless, yeah. I know what you mean. Um, I guess I'm just not good enough at Photoshop, honestly. You know what I mean? Like, you could probably do all the stuff that I do oh, capture yes. one totally in Photoshop. But it's just so much more easy to do that kind of stuff. And like I say, the, the reason why I like Capture One is that it's uh, I feel more intuitive than right. uh, Lightroom. There's a couple tools that I really like. For example, I really like to focus the light a little bit. And so, for example, in that, uh, a Capture One has a gradation, basically, to it versus uh, Lightroom that is, uh, you guys don't know what I'm talking about. But anyway, a couple of the tools that you can use, Lightroom is very primitive in that tool, whereas versus uh, Capture One is quite a bit more organic. And so I get the actual, the actual look that I like. And not only that, but I can do two clicks and I'm fucking done. I love Capture One. Um, Have you guys ever fucked with this? This is... Google Drawings. No. Nope. Have you guys ever played with it? Yeah. Uh -uh. It has a lot of cool templates and stuff like that. You can integrate a bunch of shit into it. Um, it's not ultra powerful, but you can do quite a bit of, you know, hey, I need to make a flow chart or right. my charts. Right. And, right. Uh, I just wasn't sure if you, if you guys knew of any other good open source stuff um, that's kind of, you know, free to uh, use. Are you running? Oh. Yeah, Office. Um, starts with an source. L. No, what's yeah. the big one? Yeah, there's a, a big... You get the whole suite. You get a... a oh, Libra Office? Yeah, you get the spreadsheet. You get a draw. You get a word type. Oh, no. 
Uh, so they have, I use Google Docs for most of that stuff, but I meant, is there like a Photoshop that's kind of like an oh, old thing like that? Uh, Photoshop, yeah, there's a couple of them. There's, uh, let me think, what about, I got them, uh, I used to have them installed here. Where the fuck is the name? Dark Table, I think is one. No, wait, Dark Table, I want to say is more of a like a Lightroom thing. What's the other one? GIMP. GIMP is a famous one. Mm-hmm. That's basically that's a Linux, Photoshop uh, alternative. They have it actually on Mac and, and Windows. Oh, do they? Right okay. Yeah. Uh, let me think. Do I have another one? I've struggled. You say that you you didn't use the word struggle, but you found Photoshop interface to be uncomfortable, and uh, that's I'm that way with Jim. I, mean, I just I, I it looks like somebody tried to do an art application. I know what you mean from a a coder's perspective or vice versa. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, Same thing with, uh, I was saying the other day on uh, uh, the show, you asked what kind of, uh, do I use Logic or something else for the podcast? I actually use Adobe Audition. And one of the reasons why is because the the interface is a little bit more refined. Actually, the tools on Audacity were equal, uh, uh, maybe not greater, but they were basically equal to Audition. They had the same processing and AI and everything else, but the interface was so confusing to me that I honestly just went to Audition. And uh, yeah, that's it. Where's the fucking program? You know, it's amazing uh, that in the late 90s and through the first five or six years of the new century, animation on a website was mandatory. And everybody had to use Flash. And no problem, because Adobe would give you, gave on any platform, gave you the Flash player. And this thing was so, see, people that have limited uh, physical abilities use a different type browser where it, like it's read to them. And so that you have to code it differently. Like, so if you were doing a document, you might put B tags around it to make it bold, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that wouldn't mean anything to a reader. So they would use the word strong. And so that's when you get into code that's compliant for uh, readers that are uh, browsing so that the uh, internet can be available to everybody, regardless of their physical or or whatever limitations. And they have to use alternative browsers. They don't have the luxury of using us, whatever Windows calls theirs today and and the Safari and that kind of thing. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So it's a whole way of uh, coding it so that no matter how it's viewed, it doesn't have to look the same, but the information has to be made available regardless of how that person comes to your website. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. In government, it's really uh, mandatory. That's why government websites look so plain, because they don't hire an artist to make it look flashy. And But anyway, Flash was the dominant thing. You had to know Flash, and that was a huge learning curve, blah, blah, blah. And then one day steve jobs said no flash player Hmm. in any more apple products and that was was such a massive security vulnerability to all the phones and stuff yeah yes yes i don't know how many of my friends would be like oh i clicked this one app or a game or something and now my phone won't stop bringing up and it was always something super embarrassing right (laughs) like it's just some fucking fucking ad boobies whatever the fuck I'm like oh you visited that one website didn't you i can remember watching in, in the forum pre social media arguments that flash is going to take over the web and the, the uh 
uh, what do you call it? The traditionalist, the hardcore coding end of things, you know, using CSS to implement effects on your screen so that any reader could make use of it. They used to call it meatball navigation. If, uh, if it wasn't set up right and they had uh, spiders that would go out on the web and review these websites, and especially if they had, uh, were maintained by government agencies, you know, like social security and things that people use, you know, to get information. Um, and some of those people are even blind. So they use uh, an, an audio reader as an example. And some people that uh, you get in physical limitations caused by a number of things, disease, amputation, you know, what have you. So anyway, it has to be coded different. Even the, this uh, deal, YouTube, you look at it on a on a uh, Apple TV versus an iPad versus a phone. And you mm. can see the adjustments that were made for the portal and, and the size of the portal size and what have you, and how the information is displayed. It's stunning the amount of different devices that all of our content is. Uh, uh, oh, then you get into Android. My God, how many Android phones are there? Mm. Well, this is the. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember. You're the man now, dog. And Newgrounds, but those were some of the top flash sites back in the day. Mm. Oh wow! I remember uh, Macromedia. Of, oh shit! What was their game site, motherfucker? Uh, oh, I can't even remember. I remember spending like probably a good six months addicted to all the different racing games and stuff on like the Macromedia Flash game. Portal. I used to play backgammon against the guys in the Middle East on Yahoo's game site. <laughs> <laughs> That was you're the man now, dog. It's <laughs> <laughs> just John Connery pointing. <laughs> oh, you got to look up this one. Blackpeoplelovus.com. This was a joke by a, a, a student at Orange, uh, Portland State. Blackpeoplelovus.com. What could that possibly be? It's hilarious. I just, it's so rich. <laughs> <laughs> we're all well liked by black people so we're psyched since lots of black people don't like lots of white people we thought it'd be cool to honor our exceptional status with a rock and donate domain name and a killer website we hope you think we're as awesome as the black community does look there's certified black people that like them <laughs> johnny called me the man that puts me at ease it makes me feel comfortable because I am black, and that's how black folks talk to one another. <laughs> 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 Sally and Johnny give me ample opportunities to translate rap lyrics, reggae songs, and or street slang, like an end or street slang, <laughs> like I'm a mouthpiece for many, many cultures of dark-skinned people. <laughs> well, now that I've fulfilled with that i will good. say good night Bowden, this you is like your fucking house hunters people this is like written by ai <laughs> <laughs> sally's always saying you go girl while yeah, raising right. the roof to mainstream hip-hop tracks at cheesy bars that's good fun night. i relate to that good night wes, <laughs> wes have a good, good one night. dude cheers dude is that uh, really what yeah right? oh that's, that's, that's pretty good it was actually uh she was a psychologist psychology student i think something like that here at oregon uh, portland state and so then it morphed in after graduating it morphed into a joke or right. 
a comedy type thing. Oh, what do you mean? I think I thought it was completely serious. I was. Uh... Oh no, the the original part was, but that got mm-hmm. after she graduated, you know, served mm-hmm. its uh, academic purpose. Then it became satire. Yeah. So. Well, what is not satirical, Coot? I don't know. We were—I was just complaining. You know, it's—it's it's good to put things in perspective. So, uh, uh, I don't know, Coot. Do you have the the like Adobe Suite or whatever? Because honestly, I I have the I don't. Suite. Yeah, you know. I freaking I I knuckled down and I got it, and I I might have allegedly gotten a, a decent price on it, but it still kind of bothers me how much I pay for it because it's kind of a fuckload, honestly. <clears> for, <throat> for how do I justify it? But. Uh, on the bright side, I mean, realistically, on a day-to-day basis, I use Audition three, four times a week. Uh, I honestly don't use Lightroom anymore because I use Capture One. Look, uh, let's I don't put use it in perspective. You Go got ahead. the you got the top package, hmm. and let's say um, that's what she said that you paid by the month. So you're talking a dollar. <laughs> that's epic. Go ahead, Coot. Sorry, you paid a dollar. You're paying a dollar a day, right? Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm paying a little bit less. But, but I'm uh, saying, yeah, worst case scenario, a dollar a day for that mm-hmm. level of access, you couldn't even get a, a, a and it's true, grande you know, the, at Starbucks. When I was looking at the prices here, now granted for their 15 bucks a, a month, or I guess that's discounted from their 30 bucks a month. Yeah. Uh, even it's it? Oh, it's for if you buy it, buy it yearly. That's the thing. If you buy it yearly, right, 15 right. bucks a month. Otherwise, it's 30, which is honestly like uh, the it's Adobe pricing is like you get what uh, one app for 20 bucks. If you get the photo package, you get uh, Lightroom and Photoshop, I want to say for 20, unless they've changed the pricing. I want to say you get yeah. that one for 20 bucks. Otherwise, it's one app for 20 bucks. If you only wanted Premiere. Look at the learning the tutorials 20. they're providing. The Adobe tutorials, I was just going to say, like here they've got like all these extra overlays and yes. stickers and this. Most of that stuff is pretty fucking pointless. When you get it, like if you know what you're doing, you end up not ever using really yeah, but, I won't swear to it, but, but a it, lot look of this at that, is Look at the market you can draw because you do offer it. Not this. I mean, there's a lot of people that would say, if I get this Adobe at the, you know a dollar a day, they're going to uh, supply me with all these learning tools to learn how to use these applications correctly. Right. Now, whether that happens or not, that's a, that's a whole other. I mean, that's on you, but yeah, their tutorials yeah. and stuff actually are pretty much second to none. Honestly, Capture One has really good tutorials for their yeah. stuff, but I mean that's a whole different company. But yeah, the the Adobe stuff you can really learn like uh, Premiere, InDesign. And hey, let's stuff, face super, it, super it's fun. industry standard mm-hmm. all around the world. Yeah, that's true. Oh. Even uh, we talk about you and I talk about Final Cut Pro all the time, but honestly, Premiere <laughs> is the standard one. So if you were to get a job like right. as a video editor, you'd you'd have to learn uh, Premiere. Right. Or I mean, these days a lot of folks use DaVinci Resolve, but Premiere is still the standard. Yeah. So you'd want to know basically like all three if you had a Mac, yeah. let's say. So I don't know if you guys remember these old proxy sites, but like some of the ISPs and like if you're at work or at school and you wanted to like view a website and get around their web blockers, this used to be a way to do it way back in the day. Um, they also have these fun translators. So, like, you could pick from Ebonics, Quaker, Yoda, Elite Hacksaw, and it would translate the entire web page, all of the text to to that and stuff. But it was, like, fun, stupid shit that, like, I don't know, you have apps for and stuff now, but um, I don't know. It's just, like, something stupid. It was how we used to get around some of the school blocks when I was in uh, middle school, high school. Hmm. just thought that was kind of funny. I haven't gone to this website in probably 20 years. <laughs> and you can tell it was made in the 90s <laughs> but yeah i mean you can type in like, yeah 
the days of meatball navigation. Because they were selling a HTML editors like Dreamweaver and Adobe Go Live and, and, and ones that weren't even that good. So anybody who wanted to could claim they were a web designer. And so you can imagine some of the garbage that got thrown up, you know, and different browsers would view it differently. Like say you're on Microsoft Internet Explorer versus, <clears throat> now what was the other one? Uh, Netscape. Net, there Netscape, was Netscape. Yeah. There was Netscape, right. and then there was Opera. Uh, AOL. Opera. But, yeah, so, I've used Opera so I used to work at a cyber cafe called Cyberspace Matrix and yeah. Opera. We had our own ISP. We actually right. had a, a T1 connection there. We actually yeah. ran our own ISP out of the back of that. We had our own server hosting. We hosted right. multiple local companies' websites mm -hmm. physically in the store. Right. Uh, you know, it was kind of really cool uh, experience early on. Uh, it was early IT days. It was like the early West. Yeah, I mean, it was it was really really yeah. it was funny. Like my boss just one day is like, "Want to see what everyone's looking at on the internet?" <laughs> like yeah. pull up the whole back end and all that stuff. But we we had a whole like uh, IRC channel and IRC server hosted out of there. I don't know how many people on here are old enough to remember IRC for for chat channels and all that. And uh, uh, what was the other one? Excuse me. I struggled for thing? more than a couple of years with MySQL and Apache and that whole uh you know that was the thing but i was trying to explain uh irc to smash the other day in chat that's a whole other way to even have a conversation on the internet with internet relay chat that was dude it trips me out how fast technology has changed honestly like i was talking about the other day how uh I was watching like YouTube reviews for uh, uh, the Mavic 3, this new fancy drone from uh, DJI, right. and people were complaining like, oh, it's not fucking perfect. And I was just laughing to myself. I just basically burst out laughing because I was like, motherfucker, this is literally a flying camera that is like stabilized and it shoots like cinema quality ProRes shit. Like, what are you fucking complaining about? Yeah. You know? I mean, in the context, like it is a super expensive drone, right? But still, I was just thinking to myself like, hold on a second. It's 2021. Flight was invented like a little over a hundred years ago, and you have a flying drone in your fucking hands that you can fly. Yeah. You know, no, no, don't stop to appreciate that. It'll follow you as you ski down the mountain. I know, right? It'll fuck it, which is creepy too, but still, <laughs> it's coming for you. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, we are like two years away from man hacks from half-life. Oh, yeah, like, they're already oh, yeah. working on it. Yeah. Uh, they, they were talking about it on the, uh, the radio the other day. There's uh, the people are trying to, you know, smart people are trying to maybe create like an international treaty. Like, can we not have kill yeah. robots, please? Yeah, the U.S. But and a bunch Russia of countries, like, including the U.S. And I know. Pinky, no. Like, we think we need rules of engagement, really. That's <laughs> Which is fucking horrible. It no, means you know that, what, though? Dude, it means like it's, it's, all it's the stories happen. we were told, we are the good guys, rah, rah, rah. Yeah, with kill robots, too, also. Oh yeah. Well, that so that there's only been two confirmed uses of of remote weapons so far. The Israelis used a truck with a machine gun on it that put like a whole clip into that guy's face, uh, and then it blew up. Uh, uh, the Iranian uh, nuclear scientist a couple it was a year or two ago, and then the only other confirmed one. This one was an air drone bot, but basically they put a claymore where the camera would go. And uh, and then put the thing on, and all it does is, as soon as it finds the target it wants to, it just kamikazes in and wow. detonates when it hits the vehicle. And that's the one that I think that, like, until some famous politician or famous 
political figure or, or celebrity is killed with one of those things, right. I don't think they're going to do anything about it. I think the moment some some weird shit happens, right. and it, it'll it'll be like that too. It'll be some random fucking thing. You know, I don't know if you guys remember that it kind of just covered up with euphemisms and a bit like so and so was killed in a terrible traffic accident. It, it kind of happened in a funny way the other a couple of years ago. I don't know. I remember. I, forget, I think it was England where um, there was this uh, douchebag bigoted um, politician and someone had a giant flying penis, like put a dildo in the front of it and it was flying <laughs> in front of him on the camera. Where was that? Um, someone can that's probably read the chat, but there was a, or it's you can probably find it. Dildo up. cam. That's pretty, yeah. that's pretty epic. Hey, Look up like Steve, dildo drone. Have you been following what's going on ah. in, in England with the uh, prime minister? The Oh, yeah. The guy a bad haircut. Oh, you want to talk about like bigoted? He literally or... musses up his hair every time he comes on yeah. before camera. The guy's the, the definition of an aristocrat, and he musses up his hair before he comes on camera. So he wrote in on that uh, fuck the government, you know, position and this tear down everything. And talk about getting your comeuppance. I mean, his party just got bitch slapped in the elections. <laughs> Yeah, but do you know why they got bitch slapped? So, so they were, you know, Boris Johnson has been pretty fucking uh, heavy handed. Yeah, yeah. Lockdown restrictions and everything. And then it turns out that last year, not this year, last year, they had a secret Christmas party and were laughing and joking and making fun of people in the hospitals and like all this other shit. And then it came out right before election time. There it is. That's so maybe it was Brazil. I don't remember, but it's fucking great. <laughs> right? Right? So Non-copter 95. It's funny because that was a dildo, but it was a weapon like that. You know, exploding dildo. Have you seen the Trump balloon they <laughs> the, the best part would be if someone put like a little water pump and a little bit of like Scrooge. <laughs> That would be the best. Can you imagine? Like, a little mayonnaise. A You win a trolling. Have you That's seen that comedian? Uh, he's on YouTube. His last name is Campbell. He's, he really picks on that pillow guy. It's, uh, oh, my God. The, the world's Mike foremost Lindell. everything expert, the MyPillow guy. Yeah. Former crack well, he, addict and he refers to engineer. he refers to Lindell as uh, Tom Selleck's uh, retarded former former. <laughs> I mean, just no offense to crack addicts, but Michael Lindell is something else. I have to be fucking honest. Oh Jesus, that's a hell well, of a you know, he, right there. He, re- he tried to run a marathon over the Thanksgiving weekend. Did he take Four more days. Crack? He had to raise money for, you know, the, uh, his court case in the Supreme Court to overturn the election and install uh, the guy with the orange hair. Um, God, I hope I live long enough to see that happen, you know. I don't but, know why, but I always kind of thought Mike Lindell should make a company with the old announcer from WWF. Like, there's just some kind of vibe with the two of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um. He's, that, he's that's, certified, what he, that's what he needs. Wilfred Brimley. Like, you know, he, he needs a high He's he certified wacko. Completely fucking wacko. Mm. On, uh, on every level. 
if, if that's your best friend, you got to know that you're in deep shit. I mean, I mean seriously. Think about it in your own personal life. If the only person who's really defending you on a daily basis is the my pillow guy. Yeah. Think about that about that. The guy not remember, a Nobel laureate in yeah. fucking physics. Have you lived in Portland long shit. enough to remember the guy that uh, the Elvis that played the uh cardboard guitar and always performed in front of the church of the all night Elvis? Mm-hmm. You weren't here during that era? Mm-mm, I don't think so. Oh, it was just like the Shovel Street guy, and he had a guitar cut out of cardboard. And then I took... might know actually who you're talking about, but I don't think I saw him. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. okay. And then he took magic markers and like do the strings and the fretboard and everything. Right. And he'd sit there and he'd just a cappella. And he wasn't a very good singer. I mean, I appreciated his enthusiasm, um, but I won't buy his tape. Or whatever we did in those days in this era. Yeah. There used to be a guy who would play the flute tone deafly, just all (laughs) for like eight hours a day. This was a guy that he opened uh, Voodoo Donuts, one of their locations for the concert. Only in Portland could you pull that off. Uh, Voodoo Donuts is kind of hilarious because it used to be good and used to be like uh, pretty trendy. And now it's pretty synonymous with the place that you only take tourists to. Yeah. Yeah. There's, it, I've seen that in other places in Portland, you know, right. there were really good local joints and then they got some fame and it just went, you know, crazy. This is pretty much, yeah, this is pretty much only the place you take tourists to. And yeah. it's not even necessarily, yeah. how do I say this? It's not because we're being like douchey. It's not like we're, yeah. being, we're being hipsters. It's because like Portland has a lot of really good donuts and like the donuts you get at Voodoo are just like, eh, they're okay. Yeah. Sometimes they're good, though. I have to be honest. Every once in a while, I will go there, and like sometimes they're still honestly excellent. But a lot of times, they're like honestly maybe a day old. They really yeah. rely on their whole their whole uh, shock shock factor. Like uh, uh, a friend of mine got her daughter uh, the cockatoo balls for her birthday, which is objectively hilarious. But yeah. uh, you know, they they kind of rely on that hilarity as opposed to the quality because it used to be five ten years ago. You could get the cock and balls donut, and it was actually like a good Boston food. People think I'm making this up. Uh, I have to show this now because people think I'm making this up. So voodoo donuts is synonymous with like uh, rude donuts. Um, that's kind of their thing. Uh, and then also like cereal covered donuts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still like their bacon maple. So. Oh my fucking god, bacon maple is amazing. Who, yeah, yeah that, that 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 wins for the evening. That's classic right there. Ballad of Bilbo Baggins. Yeah. Yeah. Leonard Nimoy was the shit. Have you ever seen the, That's since the we're uh, farmers here, you ever seen the, uh, oh, what was his name? He was on Saturday Night Live and he did the That's Blues Saturday. Brothers. Um, Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, have you ever seen Dan Aykroyd's video on uh, Basomatic? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is That's fucking hilarious, man. Just, yeah, That's that is like outrageous. Yeah, you want pitcher motion? Here you go. <laughs> Blood and everything. Right? Ladies and gentlemen, feast your eyes upon Voodoo Donuts. Yeah. Wow. I, okay, now I don't want to insult these because honestly, I bet you next time I go there, I'll have like the most delicious donut and I'll feel bad about making fun of it. There you it. go. Bacon the maple. Bacon maple yeah, is a thing of it. fucking beauty. Like yeah. now, I, I would argue basically anybody pretty much until i don't know like a, like a duel to the death maybe not i mean that might be excessive that's, honestly, that's like been bacon, around since they like opened a maple bar 
a maple bar is one yeah. of the best things you could possibly imagine unless yeah. you were to put bacon on it, in which case I feel like you have reached singularity status. Uh, Portland cream, maple cream, some of my absolute favorite fucking donuts you could possibly imagine. Cream-filled donut, like a Boston cream, but even better, like with Bavarian cream. Come on. The the maple blazer blunt, I will yeah. I will defend these until the end of time. It's cinnamon frosting yeah. on there. Dude, it's like a like a snickerdoodle with like yeah. honestly, they're just red sprinkles, but it just looks fun. Honestly, it looks fun. It's just a donut. It is just a donut, but fuck right off. They have a beautiful blueberry donut here. Yeah. What is it? Uh um there it is, the blueberry cake. Oh, that thing is super fucking nice. Uh but where's the cock and balls? I gotta show you because you think oh, I'm making that. Where it's is the no, uh it's no breakfast Alfredo cheesesteak? Special Alfredo cheesesteak? Yes. Uh What's okay, Jimmy? I can visualize it. I'll still go with my eggs Benedict. Why is this website loading? Like it loads some random thing. All right, I, we're back to it. Where is the, they're not showing the voodoo cock and balls? All right, I gotta show it. You guys think I'm making it up. No cock and balls for you. I so, wanted to also give a quick shout saying? out. Um I was uh, uh, Martin's world's going to be coming on my show here soon. Um, I just wanted to give him a shout out. He's one of the only podcasters that does cannabis podcasting and activism. He also organizes protests in Ireland for legalization. Mm. Um, so if you're interested in checking out more stuff from the UK or cool. Ireland, uh, super cool dude. That sounds fun. Yeah. One last comment on that maple bar. Mm. That was one of their original when they were a little tiny nothing before any fame. Right. That was one of their first of their portfolio whatever you want to call it and now people are like oh what's so special about the bacon maple they were probably one of the first people to put a bacon right. maple together right. right right it's funny how like people just don't appreciate like sometimes yeah. the first person to do something is kind of super interesting yeah uh so this is you guys think i'm making this up this is the voodoo donut cock and balls and uh ask oh i know Dirtman Dan and I might have conveniently, because uh, Voodoo Donut is now so popular, they have been like Denver and Vegas, fucking Paris and whatever else, but they I'm definitely right haven't been uh, uh, Denver. Anyway, I'm well, it's a cream filled, uh, it's very popular with, nah, uh, uh, nah, it's, nah, uh, nah. I, I understand what you mean, nah. Coop, but it's very <laughs> yeah. popular among uh, bachelorette parties. Uh, Dirtman Dan and I may have uh, allegedly gotten that from one of our friends on the old uh, EO uh, crew as a joke. It was, it was pretty funny in context. And uh, the, the chick at the Voodoo uh, Donut Place was, like, super enthusiastic. She was like, you want me to make an extra, what did she say? Uh, <laughs> oh, I can't remember how she said it. Anyway, she basically put, like, even more. Yeah. I don't want to get into yeah. the details. Yeah, I got it. Pretty funny. Yeah. Definitely don't want to choose that as a gift for your sister-in-law on Christmas. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> And I just into thought, your heart. I just thought that ad was fucking great. Right? It's a perfect Christmas <laughs> gift for the techie in your life. This show has taken an abrupt. Uh, <coughs> I made a mistake bunch. of uh, going to Etsy to look at so uh, something handmade on this mm. item. And then it became kind of a habit. Uh, mm. There's some weird stuff. And not weird, just interesting that. Wow. It's just fun. Yeah, there's some cool stuff and there's some yeah. really way out there stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It runs the whole gamut. Yep. Yeah. It's like going into a really weird version of Nordstrom's. <laughs> right? Kind of thing. Yeah. Or an artsy fartsy version of eBay. I don't know. 
Do you, still, do you guys still use eBay? I've kind of avoided them for ages and ages, but honestly, they're one of the, the go-to places for like, uh, you know, uh, uh, antique camera lenses and stuff. That probably sounds crazy, but I like like old camera lenses. Since we're talking about shoot. Etsy, I'm going to shamelessly plug a good friend of mine uh, uh, in Colorado. She does really cool felt stuff, felt mushrooms. Oh, neat. Yeah, those felt, are nice. Wow. That kind of stuff. So if you, you know, and does nice work. So shameless yeah, those plug are great. Friend of mine. Wow. Well. Go buy her stuff before Christmas. She could use it. Dancing sheep. Let's see. Yeah, yeah so I mean, there's a, a lot of uh, very uh, art-oriented folks. That's uh, a good a good way for their uh, their products and ideas to get to mar- find a place in the market. You know that otherwise. Trying to get into like a, the craft business, it's really tough doing those shows, you know, weekend here and a weekend there. I mean, oh, it rained that weekend or whatever. I mean, it's it's a hard uh, road to hoe, as the expression goes. So, by the way, it rained like pouring rain. I went to visit uh, oh, Northwest uh, Redworms today, oh. and uh, he was pretty funny. I t- you text him ahead of time, basically saying, "Oh, I want such and such," and blah blah blah, because you know it's a small operation, so he'll get it, you know, set up. Uh, it was uh, dry and, and nice, you know, cloudy and whatever before I went up there, and basically I dragged up the freaking pouring ass rain with me. It was crazy, but I picked up some uh, uh, unsifted worm castings and some of his wonderful chicken eggs. He also oh, has yeah. eggs. What else? I the yolks are something else too. The yolks are orange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. orange. They're delicious too. They're like like a, like a chicken egg from when you were a kid. You know, we yeah. were talking about McDonald's earlier. Like I remember when my dad would take me to McDonald's and they would crack uh, uh, the egg for the egg McMuffin and stuff, and it tasted like actual food. Like it yeah. tastes like ham and eggs and bread and stuff. Um, now it comes out of a commissary. I know. That's right? a, that's a code word for you. Don't need to know how we. We made this thing. Uh, my wife worked in the food service sector. Like you've seen Cisco trucks. I mean, they're nationwide. So they, they're full line suppliers. You can get everything from meat, produce, frozen, canned. You know, that's what they do. They service restaurants, hospitals, uh, you know, what have you. And it's a rough world out there. When you're eating out at a Denny's, Everything comes in a can, so they can either be microwaved or deep fried. Nobody's actually making anything. Even the eggs come already cracked. Uh, there's a company in Michigan, uh, or excuse me, Minneapolis. You know, and they service it, so you only can serve scrambled. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to America, the modern era. Even yeah. biscuits, go to a biscuit place and you find out that they're buying them from a supplier. They come already partially baked, frozen. So you just put them out on a cookie sheet with a you know piece of parchment. Man, paper. Everybody's outsourcing everything these days. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. The one that got me was mashed potatoes. <laughs> How lazy and ignorant do you have to be to hire somebody that could boil potatoes and then run them through a machine. And then you got to train them to smash it, Coot. I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. In it. Uh. We got a request earlier to uh, talk about Hobnob's cookies. Speaking of uh, 
Oh, really? I'm just cracking up. No, they're not biscuits, but they're the English version of biscuits, which is our cookies. Kind of yeah. cracks me up that we use like totally different words for stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. these look kind of, I have to be honest, when I look at these, I'm like, all right, it looks like a coconut cookie. And I would probably pass on it, frankly, because I'm mm. more of a chocolate chip, you know, being an American, mm. uh, I'm more of a chocolate chip cookie. You know, we take our chocolate chips serious. But then I scroll down a little bit. I noticed that they actually have some milk chocolate options. And I was mm. like, well, now tell me more, fam. So uh, those really do look like crackers. They do look a little bit like crackers. They look yeah. like, but you know what? I'm, I'm visualizing like a coconut. Yeah. I don't even know, like a coconut, like, like an oatmeal yeah. cookie, but with coconut and chocolate on there. Yeah. I'm not sure. Maybe I have to be honest. I found almost the perfect munchy cookie today though. Like I, I almost hate to tell people because it's so goddamn good. Could you know, the, uh, the cranberry biscones at Costco. Yeah, yeah, like biscotti scones. Yeah, yeah. Fuck off. They're so goddamn good. Yeah. They're just like, just, I mean, just perfect. They're like dusted in sugar, like granulated sugar. Fuck right off. If you have the munchies, that cookie, I don't even want to tell people about it more because they're just going to get addicted. I just discovered that I resisted for the longest time and then I actually allegedly smoked right before Costco today. And so, of course, you know, when I saw the cookies, I had to get them. And uh, yeah, they, they, they are, they are legit. Christoph, what's up? Welcome. We're talking about cranberry Hello. cookies. Uh, ouais. Welcome. Oui, yes. Welcome, uh, buddy. Good evening. Uh, uh, bonjour. Uh, bonne nuit. I don't know. Something. No, bonjour. Oui. Bonjour. Oui. What's up, buddy? Le jour, le jour se lève. Tu vois la lumière. Regarde, regarde la lumière. La lumière. All the light, la right? Lumière. Bonjour. Uh, here it's uh, nuit. Uh, what is it? 12. Oui, right yes. Back. Well, good la nuit, moi. Good right. night. Right. Love, right. love, love. Good love. Uh, smoking time at night. Well, good smoking time at daytime. Uh, on, how do you say on... Qu'est-ce que c'est? On fume. On fume, on fume. Like fumador. On fume le weed. The fuck? Cannabis. Oh, shit. I can't remember. Fume la See, that's one thing we didn't learn in college French. We didn't learn how to say weed in French. Dang it. Qu'est-ce que c'est le weed en français? La peu. De l'herbe. De l'herbe. Ah, ok. De l'herbe. Ouais. On fume de l'herbe. Ah, uh, good. Yes. Dans. Ah, fah, il s'est mis là. French Canadian is du pot. Du pot? Yeah. But then you gotta be really like. Uh, oh, I was doing like a fuck. Again, I like to do like this weird Armenian uh, gangster yeah. accent. All right. So that? that would be cool to do like a different vocabulary word for weed every episode. That'd be good fun. That'd be kind of fun. Right? I can tell you, uh, in Shona, it's Umbanji. That's pretty good. Umbanji. Yeah. Uh, have we ever had anybody? Well, we've had South African viewers. Let's see here. Have we ever had anyone from, uh, I want to say like a couple people from Tanzania, maybe. Afrikaans is mostly um, Dutch, it's like 75% Dutch. So. Interesting. Which country uses the word Daga? D A G G A. South Africa is Daga. Okay. But, so Daga is confusing because it's like, it's the context is also matters when you say Daga because Daga is a separate species of plant altogether aside from cannabis. But if you're in a bar, and you're like, hey, I want to go smoke some daga. Like, you're meaning weed. But um, the daga plant also has cannabinoids. So it's 
kind of confusing because both of them are medicinal. Yeah. You smoke both of them, except one's like slang for the other. It's again, it's it can gotcha. be kind of confusing. Yeah. But you can get um was it Lion's Mane Daga or Lion Daga yeah. um from um Baker Creek. Baker Creek even has it. Oh really? Is he company? Yep. You mean? Oh, okay. Boy, they really have wonderful seeds. Oh, one, of the, one of the very few on the uh, in that sector. You got to really be careful. There's a lot of Monsanto seeds out there, um, but who owns them? How? Where they're sourcing their seeds from? Uh, there aren't many that have that business model. Is my point uh, that a Baker Creek does. So they, those yeah. are people you should really support out there that's so that's daga i got you that's a lion's ear oh i think so oh yeah well so this is it's also known as cliff daga okay but not not lions mean the mushroom no 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 No, that's what i thought i'm sorry i apologize and see caution this plant is mildly narcotic (laughs) i got you wow oh but anyway, that makes uh, more sense now. I wasn't aware there was a plant known as Daga. That's what the, had okay. This plant also has like six or a dozen different right like species in it sure. as well that have different sure. things. The other one I've always was curious about curious about is um lemon bush. Uh fuck. I Zumbani is the Shona name. I think the English word is um uh lemon bush. Hold on. Here we go. Um, and this is, uh, if you ever want to really get a good, uh, uh, I, in fact, I could probably get him on the podcast sometime, uh, African plant hunter. He's kind of like the, mm. you know, guy that runs around Africa and tells you about all the medicinal plants. But mm, here's Zumbani, which is a plant that also has cannabinoids and is restricted uh, internationally because of it. One of the only other ones aside from cannabis. Um, but uh, Zumbani um is actually really good for treating viruses in humans many different viral mm-hmm. issues and again we're not going to name the one or claim that so that so we what, get the when you spike, smoke but... it you'll actually get high or what so they make a tea from it but you can also smoke it yeah but most mm-hmm. of the time it's taken as an edible um, it's also known as the fever tree but when you say cannabinoids which cannabinoids uh hold on i'll i'll look it up hold on hey what's the uh spice or herb or not spice herb it has the word Mormon in it, Mormon something. Um, a Mormon tea? So you're thinking of um, ephedra. Yeah. I, I love okay. uh, Mormon tea. Like, that's one of my favorites. Um, so Zambani, hold on, it has caryophylline, uh, uh, linalol, myrcene, uh, uh, hmm. and other compounds. So it has a lot of the terpenes from cannabis yep. uh, in it as well. Um, I know it has cannabinoid. I don't know why it's not listed. Well, the Linlow is the, the one big... who taught me actually uh, when I met him in, in Zim. The Linlow is the big one in lavender. Yeah. And that's the one. It's, lavender is, is harvested for its Linlow because it's the base of most uh, uh, perfumes around the world. So the value takes, it's insane how much it takes to make one liter of oil of lavender oil the amount of those little purple uh petals is what they are 
show. The um, I know that Zimbani before I got or when I first got there before the virus that shall not be named hit the world. Um, uh, it was extremely like common, but not utilized. And he was talking about, you know, that being good for export. But as soon as the virus hit, people thought or realized it actually was helping with some of the, the issues that people were having allegedly, you know, supposedly um, it became, uh, you know, harvested pretty heavily in the country. So but Zimbabwe, I think, has the most amount of native trees of anywhere in the in the in the world as far as it's where it comes from is South Africa and Zimbabwe and Mozambique. I, I, I think there's a little uh, bit Botswana as well. Speaking, I guess I'm changing the subject slightly, but I'm uh, veering back to Coot. Uh, uh, Bubble Man was talking about uh, squishing uh, lavender flowers and even potentially squishing them with uh, uh, cannabis flowers. I guess he evidently uh, once in a while will throw a little lavender bud in with a squish and basically get a little bit of the the lavender oil. Can I, in with the can I show you something? Sure. If you could look up lavender oil on Wikipedia and put it on the screen, this is really important for everybody to see and, and kind of understand the role of these uh, uh, very, very simple terpenes and terpenoids are not very complex at all. I didn't realize you could smoke knick-knick. That's fucking awesome. I'll have to try it. And, and the Wikipedia is the one I'd like you to open. Not because I like Wikipedia, but because they have it on a table that's easy to follow. So in spite of the shortcomings of Wikipedia, at least it's it's a, a started discussion. You have to go scroll down a little bit. And it'll be a table and it compares what's okay, there we go. Okay, so if you'll look, the uh one on the right, that column. That's what would be the one that smells what you expect la lavender to smell like, like in a potpourri. Okay. Now, if you go down to ketones, you'll see camphor. Okay. Now, you see in the one, the other column, I mean, look at these percentages. So if you're wanting a pesticide, then you would want to have a lavender that fell within that group. And it kind of, it's too complicated for me to try to explain, but um, in the lavender world, they're called medicinal and culinary. Culinary is the one that tastes like lavender. You'd want to eat it. Not in my world. Okay. But I mean, they make ice cream with it and just some other weird shit. So, but anyway, the other one smells like uh, mothballs. So, like, you know, there you go. So the one we want, actually, is what you're saying, is uh, the one that smells like mothballs. Yes, the, that's the uh, one we want. Uh, yeah. The, there's a gigantic difference here in uh, camphor, which is basically the mothball smell. Uh, camphor is a waxy, flammable, transparent solid with a strong aro aroma. It's a terpenoid with the chemical formula C10H16O. It's found in the wood of the camphor laurel. Cinnamomum camphora, a large evergreen tree found in East Asia. Da, 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 da. 13% for the uh, Lavande, I speak, uh, versus 0.85%. Now, look at the, the more common one. Look at eucalyptol. Okay. Is that called it down? It's going to be down. 26% almost versus zero, evidently. There you or, go. So, again, if we choose correctly, 
based on our needs, obviously, and study which uh, of those terpenes or terpenoids are going to be the most benefit. Is that pinene? Yeah. You have alpha and beta, both. The other thing, too, is there's a bajillion different types of lavender. I know I was at a grow out right. in California, and one yeah. of the neighboring grows, like in the same row of greenhouses, was nothing but lavender, and they had like 80 different types of mm -hmm. lavender. I, I had no idea that they had that much variety, you know. But now that I look at the terpene profile, that makes a lot of sense. They bred them mm -hmm. for the different, you know, ratios. Right. We have a big industry in uh, Washington and Oregon because of the rain and, and cooler weather. If you look on a map, we're about at the same uh, uh, parallel as France. So the weather here is very, very conducive to just in a little tiny town suburb of uh, Portland, where I live, has a hundred acre farm uh, producing a hundred acre, hundred acres of lavender every year for commercial. Most of it going towards uh, uh, perfume and other like uh, cologne companies. They're big, heavy buyers of quality. That's what we grow here is quality because of our weather. That's why the uh, the mint that we grow here is uh, highly desirable by like Wrigley Gum Company and, and other companies that use a lot of that flavor in their beverages or their foods or what have you. Extremely, extremely concentrated. Um, they only run one or two barrels in a truck. It's that high dollar. And uh, they're strapped in and, and crated in, not just against the wall and cross your fingers as you head out from here to New York or something. Yeah, set up to uh, handle the freight correctly. You, you don't want to have a damage to uh, something that valuable and that volatile. Imagine if, you know, how volatile cannabis oil is. Imagine some of these other oils like mint and uh, peppermint and spearmint. And it's uh, it's funny how many of these different compounds are in different plants, and, and yes. people don't even realize it. Nope. Or people don't think about them in that context. Nope. I mean, especially right. like pine salt or mm. lemon fresh, or you know, any of those cleaning products. You know, most of those are delaminine. Yes, <laughs> yeah. right. I don't even realize it. Right. If you look up a product line from a company called Sierra Natural Science (SNS), they have two products: a fungicide. Well, they may have more now. I don't know. I lost interest in them, but they have a fungicide and pesticide. So if you looked on their active, if you looked on their label, the active ingredient one was uh, uh, rosemary oil. The other one was uh, thyme oil from thyme. Excuse me, it's called thymol is the compound from thyme. The, those are just essential oils that are easily sourced on the open market. I mean, this is not. Yeah, in fact, there's a lot of, of, of pesticide products that are just limonene right. and right. peppermint oil and thymol. Exactly. Yes. Like really, but in fact, uh, Ed Rosenthal's his product is like that. It's mostly thymol and and, and linalool. Now, thymol like, um, is thymol fascinating. And, um, and peppermint. It's, it's been used commercially since the 1880s. It's the active ingredient in the original Listerine, the mouthwash stuff. <laughs> well, and it's it's one of the reasons why I love planting uh, different types of lavender as a yeah. ground cover for my cannabis. Yes. It, it's highly mycorrhizal. 
it, yeah. it's very insect resistant. Nothing really hosts on it to any, even, you know, white flies don't even like it. Like nope. nothing really likes to, to hang out on it. It and, stinks too much. You, oh yeah. It stinks like fucking lemon, yeah. lab, like lemon thyme. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> like, my, my greenhouse smells clean. <laughs> oh, that part. Yeah. I mean, the benefit <laughs> on a number of levels first, uh, just being around those plants is uh, encouraging. And for uh, uh, odor security issues, they're very important, but also against pests. They create an atmosphere that is not friendly towards herbivore insects. And that's kind of the point uh, of having that cross. We were talking about plants before you got here about using fenugreek. As a cover crop in around in large in large containers, not in you know the traditional home, say what seven gallon or even ten gallon, larger maybe 15, 20 gallon, but using fenugreek uh, in and around the plants as a both color, cover crop as well as uh, a defense against uh, herbivore insects. Got a, so, a question from chat here. Uh, I think it's aimed at you, uh, me, or you and. Uh, and the rest of the panel here. Um, have you used biloba extract as anti-feeding bugs spray? I have not personally used biloba no. unless I did it and didn't realize it. I'm not familiar with the product. Is it that it might be different things? I, this is how unfamiliar I am with some of those things. Is that the ginkgo biloba or something yeah. else? Yeah, I haven't. I haven't uh, had a chance to use any ginkgo or anything like that for pesticide spray. I've never heard of it being used in that application, but. You know, it's always cool to learn new shit, eh? <laughs> yeah, the camphor natural length. And I'm using that in the, in the correct uh, term, terminology. Uh, getting it from a plant source, how's that? Like, uh, the see, like even rosemary, there's culinary that tastes like rosemary that is used in Italian cooking. But then there's also one that is camphor dominant. So if you were to plant, and it's an evergreen like lavender, it uh, once you plant it, it's yours. You don't plant it every year. Um, but the camphor uh, rosemary makes a, a powerful, powerful pesticide. I mean, knocks them out. And I forget the uh, actual... Uh, Compound that's in rosemary. Oh, well, a camphor, obviously, but the the other compounds. So uh, this is I was just quick googling to see like what does it have any active ingredients in it that would be toxic if smoked. Just yeah. thinking about the residue. This was the one of the first things that came up was ginkgo biloba extract uh, as the action of scavenging free radicals and reducing immunogenic and toxicity of cigarette smoke. So mm. one would think it's probably okay use at least based on the fact that there's a white paper on smoking it so. yeah <laughs> what's it per what what why does the why is it cultivated the, the uh, plant ginkgo is usually wild harvested correct oh i see okay okay yeah i think it's uh wait a second i think it's okay so yeah here they actually have cigarettes made of ginkgo in fact there's a patent on it is it like share beaties? <laughs> there you go. Some yeah. asshole patented ginkgo biloba cigarettes because oh, that is kind of fucking precedent. A lot of time on your hands. You know, I, I don't know if I ever told you guys, 
I actually helped co-author the the patent on an aquaponic system that has a waterfall <laughs> because that's fucking so bullshit. But we originally was to lock down a very specific product, but we had yeah. to write it so broadly that it applied to anything that had a waterfall in it. So it's fucking stupid. Wait, am I confusing these two? Okay, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills because I feel like I'm confusing the two things. This is a massively familiar tree to me, and I was thinking this is the one that they have in Wisconsin and stuff. Isn't the ginkgo tree the one that they also have from in Wisconsin, or is that the uh, a different one? Uh, yeah. So the shit. other cool thing about ginkgos is ginkgos go back to like the carnip, like they're before the dinosaurs. Right? Yeah. they're before flowering. You know, they're or maybe I don't know if they're before flowering plants, but they're they're super super fucking old. Um, you can find ginkgo fossils that are you know. 150 million years old, 200 million years old. Maybe I'm thinking of ginseng. I think you are. Right. Yeah, yeah. There's an organ type too in the Northwest. It's of course, the people here are going to promote it, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's accurate. But anyway, there's a whole uh, thing on the Northwest. Uh, right. I guess I remember growing up, I had a lot of like Korean friends or something uh, when I was a kid. And I guess we had a lot of uh, uh, ginkgo trees around. So I don't know, maybe that's why yeah, I confused you, it. You go out and you pick it. Usually you dig up the roots and stuff. And oh. you see people walking on the side of the roads with hoes to do it a lot in Colorado sometimes, certain times of the year. Don't make fun of your mama. That's not nice. But uh, but yeah, I mean, literally, like, wow. really, you know, 100 million wow. plus year old fossils Jeez. of that same species. Jeez. And it's been around for a long fucking time. Right. So, how is amber formed? Amber is the tree resin. Uh, oh, okay. Out, and then it hardens, and then yeah, because it's right. you know basically so high in sugar, it locks out everything, and then it gets you know mineralized. Right. Okay. But most of the better. Um, what's funny is most of the more um, interesting uh, fossils out of amber come from like three to eight different sites around the world. There aren't many places that really oh. preserved it well, but one of them was in New, in New Jersey. Um, right uh, where kind of the the crux is, like uh, in the middle mm -hmm. of the state there on the on the coast side, there's right. a big mine there, and you can actually still go there and um, go down river and still find amber like in the stream there, just wow. next to a soccer field. Do they still harvest the infamous, if not unnecessary, uh, New Jersey green sand? I think it might even be from the same area. I'd have to. Uh, that sounds like. Is it near yeah. Marlboro, New Jersey? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah it's, it's probably the same mine because it was a sand mine originally. That's where they found the Right, amber. right. It goes back to like the 1870s, 1880s, somewhere in that time frame. Yep. They used to probably that's when mechanization came in so they could do it. You know, is the other thing. I mean, to do well, it on like a commercial level. The only good reason to use green sand, though, because people have asked this, I think, on the show. I don't know if it was my show or, or yeah. Phoebe's show. Um, the only time I ever like using it is for bonsai trees. Right. You know, where I have something that's going to be in a container. It's going to yeah. have years Forever. to break yeah, it down, yeah. right. work on it. And it can be a good kind of time release for that. Outside right. of that application, it's pretty much useless. It is. It's just. Why? Uh, yeah. It takes, what, nine, What if you're a years? Silicon Valley billionaire and you want your soil to be the most expensive possible yeah hey uh ground sapphires the guy with the uh what's the company larry ellison that guy what's his company 
That's that guy, Oracle. Yeah. Yeah, Oracle. He would totally that do guy. that, too. Yeah, he would totally he rub did. it in everyone's face. Uh, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, his he house, apparently, it has no nails. It's yeah. all Japanese, you know. Yeah. Little, uh, yeah, yeah. Insert jerk motion here. Well, I knew some people that were involved in the potting soil around his house. Or, excuse me, the garden soil. Did they and, accidentally uh, piss in it? I, no, I just say, yeah, whatever. Hope he had a he good seems garden. like the guy that would dig up the entire garden if he found he, out that a garden had pissed in the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's another that's another part of the story. So I was uh, looking at some other plants that are smokable since we were kind of talking about it. Mullen, obviously, we've talked about. Oh mullen. yeah, Marty, yeah. the co-host of my show, loves taking mullen leaves and using them as blunt wraps. He likes to dry them in the fridge for two to three days. Oh, skull cap! Wow. Yeah, skull cap. Wow. Smoke. Yeah. Huh. Um, uh colt's foot that one was kind of surprising because you never think of that one as um being an expector inch or something else um mugwort i think i've, I've heard of that one that before um but this one was interesting knick berries uh, uh uva ursia uh, the native american word for this is knick which is anyways but these little red berries form right in september october mm. and then the snow buries them so if you're mm. ever out in the high altitude forests anywhere in north america anywhere from mexico to you know, the Arctic Circle. Uh, you can find these knick berries wow. on the ground and they grow as a ground cover underneath trees. And it, it's, it can be a great place to set your tent on top of because it's really soft, right? It makes a nice cushion if you're going to sleep on it. Um, but the uh, I didn't know that, that was smokable. Apparently it's an earthy flavor. Uh, I thought that was really interesting because I never thought of smoking that because it has the wax on it and everything else. So you just don't think of that as being a right. smokable plant. There you um, go. Mint, there you yeah, go. Obviously, Menthol. Yeah. So if you really want to have a good mint experience with smoking yeah. it, people don't know this. A lot of people don't know. So you can bubble hash spearmint and, and mm. wash the trichome heads off. The, the, you need to use like a 25 micron bag uh, or a 45 micron bag because they're small trichome heads. But you can collect the, the bubble hash from uh, the mint mm. And actually use it as an antidote or to flavor ice cream or, or confection. So if someone takes way too much THC, you put some of this mint bubble hash under their tongue and it has this compound. I don't know exactly the chemistry on it. All I know is that it works, um, but it'll make them sober in 15 to 30 minutes. Uh, the same, mm. Similar to the peppercorn or some of the other stuff that drops it out. I mean, if, if you don't have CBD handy, it can be kind of the next best thing. Plus, it's really awesome to have that mint bubble hash because it makes ice cream and desserts taste fucking amazing. Yeah, I want mint bubble hash. Fuck off. Yeah. Steve, <laughs> uh, one of the plants mentioned there was uh, lemon balm. You want to go back up this? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know it, but I know that there are several uh, uses of lemon balm uh, medically. So yeah. uh, anyway, you know, you know about it. Just that one, you can see some of the power in the other mint. Uh, and all these descended down from the Tulsi in India. The Tulsi is like the wolf is to the dog, a domesticated dog. So all these are descendants of Tulsi, which I wouldn't try. I, I have smoked it. You don't want to do it. You don't, don't want to smoke camper. Have stage. I think we've all a lot of us have smoked different forms of salvia before. So yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I know that knicknick though. I'm like stoked to go find some and try that. That's it's that's interesting fun to say. Knicknick. I'm going on a knicknick picnic in 
Kniknik. It's got to be a town name. The berries are very high in vitamin B. So if you're like kind of tired and you need like a Red Bull, you can pick, especially if they're in season, you can pick like a handful of them. And and 30 minutes later, you're like, let's go hiking. (laughs) Same thing with like ephedra. I don't know if you guys have ever had Mormon tea, but you can find the ephedra anywhere in Nevada, California, Arizona. Uh, That's one of my favorites. We used to mix that with manzanita leaves or manzanita berries and some buckwheat, uh, either the flowers or the leaves, depending on what time of the year it was. And make an incredibly good desert tea, which is we used to call it no sleep tea. But when I used to work out at the rave venue um, uh, and and stuff, we'd walk around and serve that to people, especially if they're kind of too fucked up or had too much to drink or too much to smoke or too much whatever. You give it to them and you kind of watch the life come back into them, like wake them back up again, and get them back on the dance floor, you know, whatever they needed to do. Okay, here's a question for you guys. Speaking of buckwheat. So, by the way, there's a poll running in the chat right now. If you guys want to vote on it, uh, feel free to vote if you're listening in. The question is, one more beer and a little bit more show. The answers are yes, no, or let's train a penguin to sing. That's a little bit easier than the previous poll that I had that was too confusing. It was uh, cut the show or have one more beer. The answers were yes, no, or fried balloon animals aren't tasty. It's a little bit confusing because fried animal balloon animals are not tasty. And so that was the uh, uniform winner with 52% versus 32, 6%. So currently, though, uh, one more beer and a little bit more show is uh, leading at 61% versus uh, in second place, let's train a penguin to sing. Uh, and third place is no. So, ladies and gentlemen, vote on that. I was going to say, in the meantime, while we're waiting, waiting for democracy in action, how do you guys feel about buckwheat pancakes or buckwheat kasha? I love it, man. Gluten-free pancakes are the shit. I've been eating gluten-free pancakes for probably five or ten years before I was ever gluten-free. I think they're fucking great. And you get extra protein. They also have ones that are garbanzo bean flour, which also are really good uh, and high in protein. Um, I, had a, hmm. I had a question for Coot, though. What is your your favorite um, like ground covers? We talked a little bit about thyme being a really good ground cover and companion plant. What is what is Clackamas Coot's uh, recommendations for companions i'm I'm with you i like the time because there's you know there's times that grow different heights the the ground cover variety is especially effective it's thorough you end up with this really nice (laughs) at the end of the season you can harvest some dry it and then uh store it you know appropriately you know for uh use later but i want to say one thing about uh um the reason that those are uh Gluten-free is they're not a grain. They're a seed of a plant that's closer closer related to the rhubarb plant than the grasses that form our our, our, our the grains that we eat, wheat, rye, barley, what have you. So that's where the, the no uh, gluten comes in because it's a they're all seeds, but it's a seed of a completely different plant unrelated to grain. So, but I think they're wonderful. I mean, they make a great, uh, especially background for uh, blueberries, you know, Northwest blueberries and uh, that, that kind of batter. Yeah, it's a winner. Cover it with maple syrup, the real stuff. There's a shortage of that, though, you know. That's what they say. Yeah. There's a shortage of cream cheese. Is there a shortage of cream cheese now? Yeah. That's not good. 
I don't know if we're going to get our 30 votes. I was thinking, oh, can we get 30 votes on this poll? I don't think I don't think no. we will. I think 28 votes is topped out. So far, we're leading with 57% for one more beer. And uh, let's train a penguin to sing is in second place. But it's, it's, it's not If I could vote, that'd be my vote. So. Right. I mean, now I want to train a penguin to sing, too. But we probably don't have time to see. Yeah, were you, was this cartoon character still around when you were a kid? Tennessee tuxedo will not uh, fail. I don't think Tennessee so. tuxedo will not fail. Chumley. Let me look him up. Chumley. Yeah, and Chumley. That's where the Chumley oh, yeah. name came from for the uh, character on uh, Pawn Stars. Anyway, Tennessee Chumley tuxedo, like, he was, his voice I was Don Adams, character. the guy that yeah. did uh, Get Smart. Get smart. Yeah. I know this character, but this was not, uh, this was already on repeats. This was the Hanna-Barbera era. Yeah, yeah. No, that wasn't Hanna-Barbera. It was somebody no. else, wasn't it? Total television. What's the first cartoon to ever make CBS. Whatever be. No, you're wrong. I, you're right. I'm wrong. I saw Hanna-Barbera at that. Anyway, That's the wall was there is Chumley. Yeah. <laughs> and his saying was, Tennessee Tuxedo will not fail. Yeah, <laughs> that's what he would say. Because he wanted to jump the wall. And then the other one was uh, the zoo. That's the whole thing. He was trying to escape from the zoo. Him and Chumley all the time. And he, they would have all these little. Okay, Poindexter know. and two votes. Uh, Poindexter and oh, uh, oh, Sherman. Doc, uh, yeah, that's it, Doctor Sherman. Yeah, that was classic. Yeah, and the dog. They still they have a remake of that now going on with the kids. They got a remake on I forget what channel. Are they on. really? That's yeah. great. That was yeah. probably one of the most uh yeah. Mr. Peabody, that's it. Chairman Mr. And Mr. Peabody. Peabody. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and point You bring me back. You yeah. bring me back. Holy shit. Uh, I would buy that. If that were available on uh Oh, nice I, I just looked up in a couple of my meat sites trying to find penguin. I was like, I want to eat a penguin now. But apparently the, the meat's really hard to come by. I would think. I mean, you got to go all the way to one of the poles, don't you? Well, I mean, don't forget, there's penguins in the Galapagos Islands, so they go all pretty oh, far. Oh, penguins, I'm sorry, you're right, you're right, but, uh, but they have them all across Africa, I mean, up yeah. the coast, Mozambique, yeah. South Africa, and Namibia. Um, I think well, we, well, before all the homes were built in Southern California, there were five or six uh, species of penguins that uh, flew up and down the Southern California coast, nested in the places where all the McMansions are now. So, yeah. The, uh, they used to have the great auk, too, in the Atlantic. That was kind mm -hmm. of like the Atlantic's version of a penguin. Right. That, you know, I always kind of wondered, like, Especially that and like the passenger pigeon and some of this other stuff that we wiped out like not that long ago. What would you know? It'd be interesting to see what happened ecologically to us bringing them back. You know what I mean? Especially something like that where we're not really competing for research, or other than maybe some some fisheries. No, I yeah. What do you guys think about the Russian environmentalist that wants to bring back mammoths and giant rhinos to to fix the Arctic and make it frozen again? I thought that was an interesting. Uh, idea my biggest concern is if are you look at like sandworms or some shit or what are they going to do 
Well, the idea is so that they graze the forests down and keep the permafrost, um, you know, basically increasing the amount of permafrost. That's not going to do shit. The permafrost is melting. Yeah, the forests have moved into the tundra. Um, so the idea would be to freeze that ground so you know get the the, the elephants. How the fuck eat. is the f- ground going to freeze when the forest? I don't. I think they're just making that shit up. How is the forest going to move into like unfrozen ground and freeze it? So the trees where the trees are, the the ground stays like fifteen degrees warmer through the winter. Okay. Um, because of the uh, different um, whatever the fuck, gotcha. uh, the microbes and tr- you know tree roots and all the rest. Whereas with the uh, the tundra, it gets a chance to freeze really deep. Anyway, I watched okay. the whole video on it. Maybe they were wrong. On it, Makes sense. That's how they explained it, at least. Uh, but I think I always thought that was kind of interesting. Like, yeah, what would happen if we brought back a bunch of giant animals that mostly would inhabit places that we don't go? Like, you know, that is kind of an interesting thought. It's definitely uh, uh, on the kind of large cryptid note. It's one of the reasons why I want to go to the Congo. I almost took a project in the DNC for that reason. Oh, yeah. uh, and uh, I'd love to go there in Cameroon and look for, you know, go to the deepest, oldest jungle that's left on the planet. That would be just super fucking cool. I think been to the Amazon it would kind of be the other last, you know, lost place that you can go. You know what I mean? Go there soon before it's gone, right? Yeah, for real. There are some pockets left in the northwest of true uh, old growth forest unfortunately it's not where any of us well most of us would want it to be but they're there and um well worth your time to seek them out like just the, like one a few miles south of portland opal creek hmm. that's been a controversy for 30 years and i i last i heard that the environmentalist uh one, and that's a good thing. Uh, the beauty of this place can't be overstated, and it took millions of years to create. If you get any pictures of it, but yeah, Opal Creek. Uh, it's uh, old growth forest is nothing like anything you've ever been in. Like uh, I, yeah. I grew up near some, uh, uh, you know, I grew up in logging country and I grew up around some loggers. One of my best friends growing up actually was uh, his family were loggers. So they had a completely different perspective on uh, logging. And I remember they actually had, I was telling a friend of mine that they had uh, bumper stickers in their car, like fuck the spotted owl, or it was like, screw the yeah. spotted owl. Yeah. It, was just, it was just so strange to me yeah. how yeah. people can be so different about different things. Uh, but you know, for them, the the, the forest was a resource that was their, yeah. their uh, bread and butter and livelihood, and they thought that the spotted owl was literally their uh, uh, enemy to make money. Mm-hmm. Pardon me, it was extremely strange. Uh, old growth forests, you can basically walk through it, even if there isn't a path. You could basically walk through it with pants. I mean, you'd be, you'd want to have pants because you don't want to get ticks on you or whatever. But you can pretty much walk through it. Because the, the bottom of the ground is like, you know, brush and a little bit of, you know, some, some baby pine trees. And, the you know, the trees. Deciduous and stuff and some ferns and shit. The tree root system uh, push out exudes that uh, suppress other vegetation around it. Mm. Uh, that's not unique when you look at pictures of the red forest, redwood forest, and look at the... Uh, Look at the floor. You'll see that it's not this big lush. Uh, it's pretty much a barren landscape in between the trees. 
but that's because of the exudes. That's why redwood's not a good candidate to use as wood in your uh, soil mix. Just the other like one. point oh, that out. You beat me to it. I was going to talk about um, the uh, albino redwoods and some of the other uh, trees as well. They actually have albino ones, and the albino trees are more able to bioaccumulate heavy metals, right. uh, metals specifically, um, without dying from it. So they'll actually basically use them as a dumpster. Uh, and they'll push all their heavy metals out through the exudates into the albino trees that can take it. Um, and a lot of people are probably not visualizing what you're saying, Potent. What you're saying is something that is kind of anathema for a lot of gardeners. You know, they they have uh, separate pots, separate root systems, separate everything. It's like separate fiefdoms, uh, each person an island. Uh, the plants, those those redwoods, and actually we're discovering a lot of these trees too. A lot of these forests are one big organism in a very meaningful way, mm -hmm. uh, specifically that they share not only mycelium, but also they share communication amongst the trees. Look at that hike. Yeah. My God, I mean, people come from all over the world oh, yeah. to hike in, the, in our forest. Yeah. I mean, that's why tourism is the number one industry in the state. Thankfully. And still loggers will tell you how important they are. It's just like California. You know, I was trying to talk oh, yeah. about this the other day. And it's difficult to talk about because then you'll basically sound like you're anti, let's say in that case, I was anti-farmer. Well, I was, I'm not anti-farmer, but it probably sounded like it when I was saying, hey, those signs that they put on I-5, how, you know, California is stealing our water and blah, 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 blah. It's, it's so disproportionate. Same thing with loggers. I grew up around a lot of logging. I, I know, a, you know, a little bit. I'm not some kind of fucking world expert or something, but I'm not a complete fucking idiot. And I've looked into it a little bit. I like to think well, I'm a curious person. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. That's up for debate. But in the meantime, you know, if we if we assume that we're all just a bunch of fucking morons, uh, we, we can say, you know, I've looked into it a little bit. And logging is not nearly as... Uh, 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 um, a significant of a no. line item, let's call it, in the GDP of the state of Oregon, no. as the loggers want you to think. They want you to think that the state of Oregon is still 87% fucking logging, like it was in 1901 yeah, or something. But yeah, now it's literally like 3% or less yeah. logging. And it's the same thing as agriculture in California. The, the agriculturists, the agriculturalists in California, they have every right to a happy life and everything else. I'm not trying to make fun of them. Because California <coughs> red basket, or more accurately, the fruit and veg bas basket yep. in the U.S. But even still, even though California makes so much goddamn money in vegetables, they make way more money with all the tech shit and the freaking yep. missiles and the bombs and the guns and the in and out burgers and the this and the that and the movies and on and Media. on and on. Yeah. Music and and and, and fun yeah. and cool stuff and Netflix and on and on and on and on and on. And on. Yeah, you know, is that so the most beautiful place you've ever seen? I mean, in it's your life? gorgeous. Yeah. And the um, thing is, this used to be when I was a kid, uh, and you know, I'm not that old, obviously, but when I was a kid, there was already only 3% of the original old growth forests yep. remaining. Yep. Now I'd be willing to bet that there's 3% of that 3%. Yep. So in other words, a fucking infinitesimal fraction. of the This has been in the courts for at least 30 years hmm. and probably closer to 40, but I know 30 for sure. Yeah, they're and, all uh, down. Oh, man. Because that lumber is enormously valuable. Yes. Uh, each one of those trees is a furniture piece waiting to happen. You can, you can cut this beautiful quarter sawn oak out of it, or quarter sawn uh, freaking pine out of it. You make beautiful, beautiful flooring. And, What's yeah, that expression? Money. The definition of a cynic is somebody who knows the price of everything and the value of nothing. Right. Yeah, I've heard that. Or you can't see the forest for the trees. Mm. I really... Yeah. 
you know, digging up the old, but it's, it's so short-sighted for what a temporary monetary gain for a handful of people to take that heritage away from the citizens of this country, of this world. Not only We're that, talking, but like, look at all the resources it generates. You have all the hunting and the fishing and the foraging right. and the mushroom hunting. And, you know, that, that patch of forest is generating thousands of dollars per year and resources that are harvestable every year. You, know, you don't need, if it's managed no, right. You're right. You're right. So eco-tourism uh, may be uh, a solution to some of these uh, problems, how to use our natural resources. Uh, at an optimum people have been saying this honestly for ages yeah from what i understand one of the only resistant parties have been the uh dominant forces in the old extraction industries and this is a common refrain among the entire universe in brazil they're constantly chopping down the rainforest to make cheap corn beef for costco whereas they could be attracting hundreds of millions of dollars worth of tourism in the same environments that they're basically chopping down to put corned beef in. Uh, it, it just it blows your mind. Same thing in Australia. Evidently, they're prioritizing uh, coal mining and resource extraction instead of the Great Barrier Reef. And they're basically uh, uh, writing it off as a foregone conclusion that the Great Barrier Reef won't exist in the next five to ten years. Whereas, on the other hand, they could say, hey, you know what? Let's disincentivize the freaking uh, 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 coal industry incentivize solar panels and freaking in attracts uh, 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 worldwide tourism to our world famous freaking coral reefs but yeah I, I was in costco a few days ago and and they had that impossible is that the name of impossible beef yep yeah, yeah impossible yeah they have a couple different ones now costco yeah. has the the burger patties and i want to say Actually, that's the only one I can think of. But they have definitely have one? a few of those products. I have. They're actually not bad. I have to be honest. Like, I bought them as a curiosity, and then I fried them up and put them on the burger. It's not a burger. It's not an analog to a burger, but I actually don't mind that. Like, it's its own kind of thing. Right. It's its own kind of animal. And once I basically made it up as a nice burger, you know, I cook pretty well. I put a tomato on there and some nice, I have to be honest, there's mayonnaise and stuff like that. I actually honestly put some cheese on there. But once I made it like an act, once I dressed it up like a burger, it was actually dead ass delicious. So I don't know if you knew it or not, the garden burger was invented here in Portland. Mm -hmm. Those I never liked. Yeah. Those I, I didn't like liked. them either. Yeah. But here's the deal about the impossible for me and others. The meat replacement unit, the patty, how's that? To me, it had the texture and the flavor of like Grandma Moses made some uh, meatloaf and you formed a hamburger patty before it got baked. It just had that, I don't know, texture and flavor. How did you prepare yours? Did you put it on the green egg? Oh, no, just a cast iron skillet. I want to say I fried mine, too, and the texture was actually yeah. all right. But it's it was, I'm not, it's I'm not objecting while. to it. From a health standpoint, the sugar and salt level is like diabetics need to stay away from it. Is it really? I have heard yeah, that. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, that, hey, I don't, I'm not in that business, but I can tell you that anything, any food manufacturer, if it goes through, if a food item goes through a food manufacturer, I said this before and I'll say it again, 
it comes down to how much salt and how much sugar can they add to it because that's what we're addicted to. I mean, that's the reality. I was just going to say, uh, uh, we were just talking about who was talking about this the other day. A friend of mine was talking about, I can't remember honestly who was talking about this, but like the sliced vegan meats and stuff, they're like three times as expensive. They're more expensive than roast beef. You know, roast beef is super, super expensive now. Evidently that stuff is more expensive per pound. And when you look at the ingredients, it's sugar and freaking uh, salt yeah. and whatever else, some other kind of filler on there. And I was like, really? This is not good for you at all. Right. Uh, I guess I've heard that. Maybe that's one of the reasons why I like that Beyond Burger or Beyond Meat or whatever, because it was honestly so filled with salt and fat and whatever else. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. That's pretty That's pretty sad. And the Garden Burger, its demise, I know about demise, but... Um, it never really, it was the best alternative at the time if for a restaurant to have a, was it vegetarian or vegan? Whatever it was. I think it was vegetarian. At the time, it, yeah. yeah. It's kind of a diminishing return though, because the same people that want a vegan or vegetarian option don't want something that's GMO. And yeah, exactly. most of this stuff is coming from GMO, GMO organisms yeah. Yeah. or like they have that cantaloupe. The G, remember the GMO cantaloupe that will grow meat inside of them? Yeah, um, they they have those too. But yeah. again, like you, you kind of they're they're marketing to a group of people that don't want the technology that's used to create it. Right. So it ends up being like this weird feedback loop that like isn't really sustainable. And then it also, if you're going to really argue with the like like the are the case with the sustainability, if you look at the amount of water and power it takes to make a single Impossible Burger, it's more yes. than a right right burger. This straight yeah. up, it uses more water than a cow does. Yeah, like it's insane the amount of of processing that they're doing to yep. get that right. So yeah, it's not it's a it's a you know at the very least comparable carbon footprint to to a cow uh, and and beef burgers. So what what is it that we're actually changing to making better here? Like yeah, well, I mean in that circumstance you're not murdering a cow, which is nice. I mean I have to be honest, I don't like the death of the cow and shit. Uh, I mean I don't know you know I'm not I'm not how do I say this I'm not necessarily squeamish I've gone fishing before and thwacked the fish over the head and stuff if if I'll eat it I feel a little bit more justified in in, in you know eating the animal but honestly like I'm I'm not into the whole murder part of it you know what I mean if I could feed myself without killing things that would be perfectly fine with me so like in that sense Ahimsa. I'd be fine with that I suppose I don't know I mean uh, no that's a I, that, that's a good thing hmm. I mean that's the uh, as a matter of fact. My good friend Usha at uh, Neem Resource, uh, that's neemresource.com, but then name of her company is the Ahimsa Foundation. And um, if you under a person, once they understand how Neem works, would understand why that name's appropriate. But anyway, that's another uh, discussion. So I would say, you know, look, if people had to go out and whack their cows and pigs and even their chickens in the head and dress them you know for dinner this would be a nation of uh vegetarians in the new york minute i promise you i don't think that i think given today's culture i think there'd just be a lot more serial killers that are like way more comfortable with killing yeah <laughs> this country's going yeah I had the advantage of a teacher who was uh, uh, obsessed with uh, Mohabharata. Back oh, yeah. Yep. yeah. You, can, oh, you can't be a student of Indian history and not be obsessed about that book. 
And then later in the late or the late fifties, I guess it was the movie. Uh, uh, Bollywood Gone Berserk would be a good subtitle for that movie. <laughs> when do they not go berserk? Yeah, really. But yeah, they took it to a whole because now we had religion. Okay, it reminded me of uh, when we were talking about like meat is better when it involves murder. Um, there's a whole thing on. Uh, uh, do you guys remember Wonder Showsen, the show from the ninety or two thousands? It was like yeah. this weird, fucked up, like acid dream oh. version of Sesame Street. Some of my generation trying to write comedy for the kids. <laughs> oh. Hello, fellow kids. <laughs> no, that's what it sounds like. I mean, some of my generation should have gone in different direction career wise. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> okay, now see, there's uh, Shiva <laughs> and Ganesh. Hmm. Oh, and, the other one? Hold on. Uh, Shiva is uh, the father of Ganesh. And uh, his consort, Parvati, is the mother. And this is the most, uh, Ganesh is the most popular of the deities in Hinduism, uh, but also Jainism, Buddhism. <laughs> And that's the one that's the patron saint of writers, patron saint of artists, the remover of obstacles. Not an asshole like some of the other deities. Yeah, yeah I'm a I'm a I'm a big follower of Shiva. Yeah. Oh yeah. is way more fun. Yeah. Plus Shiva is the deity for for cannabis. If memory serves me correct. Right. Well, in in case I'm going to get a lot of argument on this one, but some people, not me. Some people uh, equate Jesus and Shiva and Vishnu with the Holy Spirit. So, and then Brahma's, yeah. If anyway. you look at the, I mean, just on face value, if you just read the Bible, like, those are pretty much Buddhist teachings. Like, at least as far as the Jesus portion. Not the angry, wrathful, Old right. Testament God that murders everyone. Right. Um, and I, actually, I, I think we talked about this before on the show, too. If you actually just look at the Bible based on murder count, like God's an asshole. God yeah. killed like everyone except for a handful. He's of also people. explicitly pro-abortion. Yeah, yeah, like that's pretty hilarious. He, he killed off like all these people in the Great Flood <laughs> and everything else. Like, and you know, Satan kills like a dozen people in the whole book. Right? <laughs> no, right? He's like the good you know, guy. Which, which <laughs> army is really bad here, right? Like, what the fuck? Is, right? like a, a body count. What is Doctor Fauci saying about Satan versus? <laughs> Okay, if you look at the annual death rate in just the United States on heart disease, I think it would be pretty safe to assume that whatever we're doing isn't working right. Okay. Um, a different approach probably would be helpful. Oh, man, I, was, I didn't mean to be mean about it. I was sitting with a friend the other day, and we were watching the... Um, and we were basically just watching the people across the street. And I thought to myself, and I, I basically just said something out loud. And I, like, I felt bad about it. But I was like, oh, my fucking God, look at all these fat people. And I realized that it was kind of a cruel thing. It was just the two of us in the car. But I realized it was a cruel thing. Thankfully, there wasn't anyone else in the car. But I was thinking to myself, like, every one of these people is just, like, literally. And, I, I, again, I wasn't being mean. I'm not, I'm not, I wasn't trying to make fun of them or anything else. I wasn't trying to say it so they could hear it, like, the windows were closed and everything else. But, I mean, like, literally, like. 
I mean, like the, we were joking about the people from Wally. Somebody was saying I was leaning back in my chair, and somebody was saying, "Oh, you look like the guy from Wally or the people from Wally." And I was thinking how it was kind of hilarious because I did actually at the time. But uh, we have a, a, a nation, honestly, like fifty percent or sixty percent filled with people who are really, really like, like, like balls walking around on sticks, essentially about to tip over. Kind of fucked up. Charlie's going to be able to support support this. I'm going to play old man right now. I came of age, according to the law anyway, um, in 71. And basically, there was an extremely limited fast food industry. Colonel Sanders had more stores than McDonald's in 1969, just to give you a perspective. And then from the 70s until today, the acceleration of brands operations i mean it's endless you could eat a different goddamn drive-through every day and night of the week and not even break a sweat you know trying to find something and this manufactured food is is killing this it's not just the united states it's any uh, country that embraces the Western diet. It's no joke, Coot. Like the actual, our cuisine, our diet is fucking us up. You know, like they yeah. say the Mediterranean diet, you live longer. The American diet, you live shorter. You drink a soda with every meal. Everything is fucking supersized. Everything's got cheese yeah. on it. It's deep fried on and on and on. It's got salt and fat and sugar and it tastes it's wonderful not, in every possible way. It's not just that it's fried, which is bad enough. The portion is a little But, but it's, that's the other side of it. But let's go to the basic material. The potato is not grown for its nutritional value. The potato is grown for how well is it going to hold up in the frying process? Well, so so let's just also talk about this in a different context. So um, let's just talk about recent events. So there's a thing going around making everyone sick that we're not going to mention. But of the people that have died of it, 78% have been over the age, have been over the age of uh, 65 yeah. and of those over the age of 65 84% of them were overweight now yeah. imagine if we went out and had a public campaign with the same ferocity as some of the current mandates that told people they needed to, th- to, to lose weight or get more ex- hey. exercise or whatever there would be pitchforks and torches there'd be Netflix no. specials about how hateful people are. Oh, I remember how they treated want Michelle Obama for just wanting the goddamn mind. horror of feeding children decent food. I to this day I can't like, I cannot comprehend why you would shit on a first lady for saying that they should eat better food in school. Yeah, like, literally they were shitting on her. They're like, "Wow, we're going to eat fried fucking pizza." If you want a real war on drugs, make tobacco illegal. You'll have armed insurrection. <laughs> Here's a question. So we have five people on the panel. Have any of you guys ever seen an obese person in their 80s or 90s? No. No. It doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're really fucked up and they're usually rich. Well, you are more likely you saw somebody who you thought was maybe 80, but they were actually 50. I mean, uh, our ex and I hope not future president is 80 something and he's obese as fuck. But my point is, is that you know, right now, the biggest health crisis is mainly killing off people that weren't yeah. taking care of themselves to no. begin with. And why are we not talking about that in the news? Why are we not having a public health campaign to educate people about how dangerous it is 
to to live that type of lifestyle that actually is because that that unfortunately touches on people's this is one of the interesting things in our society where we do have this kind of uh, the irony of our entire discussion and our entire political conversation is it's become toxic and poisonous and made every single discussion impossible so for example we do have this kind of epidemic of not really being able to talk about health related issues because they come off as bullying. And so, for example, when you talk about, uh, let's say, uh, obesity or anything else, it'll come off as fat shaming because unfortunately a lot of, well, I don't know, I'm saying a lot of because, 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 because. But I know that if you are undelicate about it, it'll come off as fat shaming. And uh, I don't know, how, how, how can I finish Again, that thought? Like, uh, stone, apparently. It, Go ahead. Is there such a thing as fat shaming when you oh, there definitely is like 30 years less than someone who isn't overweight? Like, I'm not saying being no. Hateful. I mean, like, let's not say this. I, I've probably, honestly, offended some people in the in the chat. Like, uh, this is and this is not my intention. I'm not trying to make fun of anybody. But there are some people who are probably feeling a little bit uncomfortable right now. Rightfully so. I don't. I don't mean to be. I don't mean yeah, to no, be an asshole. I'm not trying here. to. This is this is the weirdness of this discussion. It's so rare that we even really talk about this kind of stuff that it comes off as like a personal attack or whatever else. You know what I mean? Like it's. Uh, I don't yeah, know. Maybe a lot of it has to do with the people, the fact that people cannot instantly change it. So they feel attacked because they can't really do anything about it except for at like great personal involvement. I don't know. I'm thinking right, but I, uh, I, I think until I started too is like I've traveled the world. I've been to South America and Africa and the rest. This is a U.S. problem. Right, yes. like, like the, it's not Western only culture, just US like anymore, bit, but I know what you mean. They have a lot. Yeah, they have like, a lot of obese in Europe now too. Yeah, but it's it is diet and it's lifestyle yeah. that's causing this and. There's just no fucking reason. Like it's just stupid. It is literally from eating too many carbohydrates and sugars and not moving enough. Like it's literally like people know what the causes are. Yeah. Well, okay, and this isn't me saying this. This is one of the directors at the UC San Francisco Medical Center. Not exactly a you know a country uh, doctor. And sugar is addictive. Is it is addictive? Is narcotics or opiates? It really is, yeah. Uh, period. And we are, and if you eat a Western diet, you are addicted because everything has to either taste like sugar or salt, or usually both. Literally, uh, everything we have Aldridge. is made in sugar. That's the fucking truth. Everything. Sugar. Aldridge. Aldridge brings up a good point, though, in chat. Round bottom girls do make the world go round. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Well, fat bottom <laughs> girls. Uh, but I can tell you what's amazing is how quickly the human body can respond. And I'm speaking for myself. I stopped eating sugar the third week of August and a month and I'm about hey, whatever. 90 days later, I dropped 32% on my blood sugars. That's almost impossible. And all I, I didn't do anything else except that. Well, that and drink coffee without sugar, which is probably inhuman, but. Flour also. I really kicked soda for a couple of years until I left the States. And then soda is like the one thing that you can go to the ends of the earth and find. Oh, yeah. You'll always find Coca-Cola. Other things in American food that you can eat in that country. That's why they make so much money. (laughs) I have to laugh, though. Not laugh in a, like, ha-ha, but kind of in an ironic way. The immediate thing is to blame the medical system. And believe me, they are open to criticism. I'm not. Well, and, and on that but, point, but wait you know, a minute. Wait a minute. Your, hold on, just to defend that point, to, to get your doctorate, you only have to have six hours of nutrition. Right. And we, how much do we talk about the importance of nutrition right. in our garden? 
right. and how much that fucks up the plants. Why right. it's the same thing in humans. Why is it six hours when you have hundreds of hours on everything else? It's fucking but crazy. your real enemy, though. My point is your real enemy is the food manufacturing sector. They're the ones that take the raw materials that are grown and produced and turned into shit. And I mean, doctors are seeing type two diabetes in six month old babies. Mm. Because the parents are giving them juice because you think as a parent, well, this is really good. I mean, it's apple juice, right? Or- it's a thing now in China, too. Actually, it's been a thing now in China that they have obesity in uh, yes. the kids, you know, four-year-old so kids. There's, your, there's the enemy, okay? Uh, Americans are addicted more deeply than most other Western countries, that's for sure. And the obesity levels in this country, it's like, what, in 20 years are expecting two people out of three in the medical system or be there because of type two diabetes. Uh, All I'm saying is in regards to health insurance, I don't want to hear about kicking people off that that don't want certain medical procedures. If we're also going to have to supplement with people that are taking care of themselves for decades. I'll tell you right now, (laughs) all the medical insurance in the world is not going to make you healthy. Exactly. Unfortunately, that that's true because our entire system uh, is basically built on sick care as opposed to healthcare. Yes, right. We don't have healthcare. We have that's exactly right. It's reactive, why, not proactive. Why why cure a disease when you can make them come back every year for a maintenance yeah. dosage? And and this is a problem. I mean, it's a problem with the shit going on right now. Well, you know, medical prices are also a reflection of what people demand. I mean, they get whiny if the if the uh, uh, lid on their coffee on the takeout isn't on right, just like Gil was talking about. I mean, when you have insurance and you go in the hospital, you expect to have your ass kissed, and they do. The problem is the way we distribute healthcare in this country. You know, people don't give a shit versus people who are really struggling. People have enough money not to care. Eat the way they want, no exercise, just hey, whatever. I got insurance. Till you get in the system, hey, we can't do much about your heart disease or diabetes. Well, they they go hand in hand. You're gonna die. There's a you know I don't know if this applies, but I wonder you know I guess I'm stoned enough that I'll I'll just say it anyway. There's a whole thing. I, I happen to drink a, a ton of water. So I've actually paid attention to this. You know, I have my little freaking Yeti cup, by the way. Uh, and it keeps the freaking water super ice-ass cold. And I like cold water. Cold water is actually not very healthy for you, but I just like it. Uh, so I yeah. drink, you know, honestly, just a, a ton of water throughout the day for years and years and years. And uh, I remember hearing years ago that it's really good for you. I happen to just really like drinking water, honestly. But uh, uh, I remember hearing that it was healthy. So I was like, well, good. It'll be great for, great for me. So it's, it's healthy and I enjoy it. Uh, to this day, from what I understand, they can show that they, scientists, I guess, doctors, scientists, whatever studies can show that drinking water, uh, lots of water is good for you. But to my understanding, nobody can figure out exactly why that is. Is it correlation? Is it causation? Yeah. Is it people who are living better and happening to drink more water? Or is it because you drink more water, therefore you are more healthy? Nobody can figure out what the answer is. I actually almost want to say or that even it is the right amount. That first group. Pardon, go ahead. Even the right amount. Remember the old days, eight glasses a day. You're gonna drink a half a gallon of water a day, uh, right? That should that should work out well. Uh, you know, I've I've seen other diet or regimens, whatever you want to call. It. There's one in uh, 
the uh, oh, this really radical Hindu uh, sect in New Delhi, and they drink like two gallons a day of water. Mm. Hydrogen dioxide kills thousands of people every year. It's a chemical I've heard. I don't know what you're yeah. talking about. Fish no, fucking. I don't know if you guys remember, there was a. Yeah. I've heard that fish fucking hydrogen dioxide. That doesn't sound right at all. That's why uh, W.C. Field said he wouldn't drink uh, water because that's fish uh, had fornicated <laughs> in it. So. We, uh, <laughs> I used to do tours of an aquaponics facility in California. We used to regularly take shot glasses of the water just to prove it was safe. Hmm. Um, this, I don't know if you guys remember, there's a there's a contest on a radio station. I think it was New York or something. They couldn't, yeah, they couldn't take yeah, their hand off had, the car. Yeah. yeah, they drink so much water uh, oh, or whatever. Okay. Went a wee for her kid. Yeah, didn't she die from a bladder so burst? I want to say. Herself. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty stupid. Man, you know, I really wonder if that kid got the wee. You know, you think that yeah. <laughs> the least they could do is give the kid the, the least they could do is give you a wee. No, they probably didn't. So they didn't I used to, and we laugh at the Romans watching the lions take care of the Christians. No, the best we tried it. I yeah. probably shouldn't say this on air, but I will. Um, I had a chance to go down and watch the filming of one of the 55-gallon drum challenges because uh, a friend of mine used to work with the guys from Opie and Anthony. And uh, uh, I don't know if you guys remember the one where the girl got the cricket stuck in her ear and then take her to the hospital. Oh, they God. pulled the cricket out, and this chick came back and was like, put me back in the barrel. <laughs> but they used to have 55-gallon drums, and they'd put women in there and put poor stuff on them and Whichever one lasted the longest, won tickets to a concert or whatever. The fire is fucking stupid. But they put like live eels and cock, you know, crickets and all kinds of weird shit. There was a movie made in the early 70s. I, Jane Fonda was in it. And anyway, the name of it is uh, They Shoot Horses, Don't They? And it was about these marathon dances they used to hold in the 20s or 30s during the Depression era. People didn't have money. So, so on the topic of those dance uh, contests in Zimbabwe, they used to have spring. What are they called? Um, the dance floors that have the springs in them. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So this the is last. So the <clears throat> hotel I stayed at in Zimbabwe has the last remaining one in the country. Hmm. That was built in the 1800s or early 1900s. I thought that was so fucking cool. There's only two the of them. Crystal left Ballroom the here in Portland. Uh, yeah. There's it's not maybe it's not on springs, but it basically. So remember, this was before radio, before television. I mean, that was your entertainment was right. to go out dancing in nightclubs and you know see real musicians and stuff. Uh, Portland had this thriving uh, jazz uh, in the African American community. Just it was huge, and most of the customers were uh, white folks. They came in to see real music and stuff. So there's a lot of neat uh, things that, uh, and there was a lot of racism here too. I mean, oh, yeah. Portland was one of the most racist cities uh, west of the Mason-Dixon line. Uh, there was an active, I've told uh, friends of mine, There's a, there was an active KKK, I mean, it's probably still active, but it was officially active until yeah. the late, 90, uh, late 80s, early 90s in Amity. There was a KKK uh, branch. Yeah, yeah. They were openly active until the early 90s. Well, they, there's a big one here in Portland in the 30s or 20s. Mm -hmm. That was a national thing, though. That was, it started in Indiana and kind of, but, you know, this is, none of this is anything new. It's it's sad that racism still has such a dominant effect on American politics, but it does. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
you know. Anyway, but that's another, that's another. Uh, but back to the food situation. Um, we grow great food in this country, really do. It, but it's what food manufacturers do to it. And add the carbohydrates in the form of sugars. You know, use acute names like barley syrup. Well, yeah, that's sugar. You know, I mean, that kind of stuff. So, but that's what, that's what sells. You know, you, you, you manufacture what sells. And you put on big ad campaigns. Now on me, I mean, you get people that use Facebook probably know more about this than I do, but advertising is everywhere. Fortunately, with the Safari browser, I can turn all that shit off. Facebook like wants that. the metaverse to basically be one gigantic NFT that they're going to sell you at every single fucking chance. Uh, they want you to walk around in a virtual world where you buy your clothes, you buy your goggles, and you buy your face, and you buy your experiences and everything else. Everything's monetized and recorded. Sounds like a nightmare, honestly. Yeah. I... I... I was raised in a Southern Baptist church and have relatives that are very much involved with the clan and fuck mm. all of them. Just going to say that off for the record. Like mm. I, I was pro basically taught to, to hate people that were different. Yep. Black people hate. Well, then, since you're Southern and Baptist. You took probably... LSD. Well, I took LSD at 13 and deprogrammed me in four mm. hours, basically released all that hate, all that bullshit. It was like, wow, that's all fucking stupid as fuck. And it was one of the best things that ever happened in my life. Then you're probably familiar with, uh, since you're a Southern Baptist, the first cousin called the Church of Christ, based out, not the yeah. Church of Christ, not the Mormon thing, but the yeah. people down in Abilene, Texas. Oh, yeah. You know, also, uh, separate, um, the, that was me. Seventh day Adventists can be pretty venomous as well. And oh, I yeah. witnessed that firsthand, yeah, yeah. both in the States and in Jamaica. Yeah. I also don't understand how, like, I have trouble believing in like a that. God that takes attendance. Hmm. Well, what is with like <laughs> that kids section of that sec, like that, and you know, other uh, to a lesser extent, even Rastafari? What is with them, like, oppressing women? You gotta cover the shoulders, oh, yeah. gotta fuck it, the fuck, like, the fuck, why? That's the first unfortunately, woman, that's basically, the history when you turn on a radio race. station. Uh, sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just going to say that's the history of the human race, male dominance over females. I mean, Not necessarily. There used to be female dominance. There used to be actually matriarchal societies and so on, and then they shifted suddenly about 10,000 years ago. Yeah, well, many, many Stone Age cultures were absolutely matriarchal, uh, really similar yeah. to elephants, actually. Uh, I think it's safe art. to say that for the last 2,000 years, the oh, yeah. so-called modern era, right? Since the Bronze Age, at least. Yeah, uh, this has been a male-dominated society. Before that, yeah. Was what did that get enlightened us? Era. All we did is figure out new ways to murder each other. Maybe we should give them yeah. a shot for a while. Yeah, we did. That's what worries me about all the, t the everybody I meet practically. These oh, days I wasn't defending. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Steve. I wasn't defending it. I don't know. I, I didn't was, think you were. Oh, okay. No, no, no. I didn't. I wasn't implying okay. that at all. Oh, okay. I, 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 all what I'm saying is clearly men don't know what the fuck they're doing. Well, no, they don't. 
You think with their dicks. Drive everything across the board and see what happens for a couple of days. You know, the average guy in the history of in this modern so-called modern history of two thousand years, they will give up kingdoms to see a set of tits and ass. I mean, with impunity, they they'll abandon kingdoms. They'll forego wealth. Yeah, women sex. wouldn't do that. See, this I know. is why we need more women in politics. Well, yeah. Women wouldn't act. <laughs> Like I think all of us have like bumped into something in a grocery store, looking at a a, a, you know well shaped person of you know your desire, uh, just to be yeah yeah whatever blows your hair back yeah yeah women do the same thing but they probably wouldn't make political decisions based on it yeah I've never seen a woman do that right this is why we got to have more they'll bump into shit no they'll bump into stuff I think somebody but they won't make a stupid political decision here's a politically incorrect way to phrase it. Men are emotional babies. They have little, if any, emotional maturity, in spite the claims to the contrary. They do, and they do think with their dicks. No, absolutely. We only here's the problem: we only have enough blood for one head at a time. That's that's, right. That's really our curse. Yeah, (laughs) it's totally true, though. You hear this from women all the time that, that most of the men that they interact with are basically dumb as fuck. It has right. nothing to do with, you know, yeah. uh, uh, I don't know, just a, a, even the scintilla of a romantic relationship might be potential. They're just dumb, dumb, dumb. Like their their entire, uh, 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 all they might be a wise person, but as soon as there might be an, in, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? The chance that they might go on a date, suddenly they turn stupid. I hear this all the time. In every company that I've ever been associated with, the senior managers always had an assistant. Mm-hmm. And that assistant, in 99% of the time, was a woman who ran the goddamn section, who maintained all the records. And the guy was basically a showpiece at the corp. You know, I mean, just. What is it you do anyway? Kind of, you know, you just look at it like, what is it you actually do? So I usually was a cousin because this was a, a produce and that's all family owned. So a cousin or brother-in-law, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, what do they call it? Feather betting? Where you get paid, but you don't really do anything? Kind of like the mafia. No like show the, jobs, right? Huh? <laughs> Sopranos, no, no show shows. jobs. Yeah, yeah, no show, Judge. Well, please stay away, please. Right. Yeah. But yeah, that's just the way things. I mean, I'm not defending. I'm just explaining that when women complain about a glass seat and they're not whining, it's more than a glass seat. It's reinforced with stainless steel and guards. You know, I mean, it's it's uh, terrible. It's- it's interesting to talk to. It's inter- how do I say this? A lot of our society is very siloed off, and it's very baffling to me that it's been that way. So it's very eye opening sometimes when you'll have a woman friend, not a woman like a woman friend, like oh my god, we're dating. No, no, like an actual woman friend or an actual black friend or an actual Chinese friend, and you'll be able to cross the kind of cultural divide, and you'll get these really interesting scenarios. For example, a, a friend of mine, an actual woman friend, has a couple of actual black friends. It's very interesting. So we'll talk about these kind of different scenarios and so my friend is very kind of careless and reckless because in her life 
kind of blessed by life. Fairly wealthy parents, Mm -hmm. fairly successful career, you know, middle-aged white woman. She can kind of skate on water. And so basically she's one of those folks and she admits this to me. She'll just go up and she'll try doorknobs. You know what I mean? Like if she's curious about something, she'll go and she'll try a doorknob. And so, for example, if she was with a black man, and this was a circumstance that came up, if she was with a black friend that was going around just exploring the city of Portland, trying doorknobs, the black friend starts to freak the fuck out because he's like, I'm going to get shot right now. Yeah. And that's literally a thing that that guy has to worry about. Like if somebody catches him shaking doorknobs in downtown Portland, this is an innocuous behavior for 99 out of 100 people. They're just fucking partying. They're having fun on a Friday night. The black guy's going to get shot. And we all know basically that's true. And my friend basically stops. Wow, that's true. You know what I mean? And there's all these kinds of circumstances where you'll have, how do I say this? Not too many people have these cross-type friends. Most most white middle-aged men are friends with white middle-aged men, right? And most white young women or middle-aged women or old women are friends with their same type, right? It's very unfortunate, honestly, that our society is so siloed off in friendships. I feel like every old person should have young friends and every young person should have other friends, I don't know, international friends and on and on and on. I feel like we would have, uh, I guess I'm describing fucking intercultural a, communications, what, frankly. <laughs> if you look at the what country, it is, there's a, a country now that has older folks in they libraries as, as right. therapists, not only therapists, but just like Hey, you need to ask for advice. Mm. Here's someone that's older than you that has been through some shit. And I, I want to say Japan was- has that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have like advisors that are basically like just retired old people. They're like, yes, we'll tell you how to run businesses. Yeah. And stuff. Well, yeah. think about been there, done that, and been through shit that was yeah. may or may not be worse than the shit that yeah. you've been through. Shut the fuck up and listen. Think <laughs> about this: some of the largest corporations in the high tech. I'm talking Adobe. I'm talking uh, Google. I'm talking. Uh, I I won't go. Uh, 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 Microsoft. They're all headed by non-Americans, mm. people that don't look like they came out of uh, Peoria, Illinois. Yeah. And I think when you see uh, pictures of staff members in these large uh, uh, ethnic diversity is like a, and I don't think it's intended. It's just that's the the market. Uh, the pool, the labor pool for that segment. And so you have this incredible diversity and that, how could you not have a great working environment without, in some of these stodgy old companies where everybody's white, you know, down to this level then a few sprinkled people of color maybe. And then, you know, you know the drill. Um, So maybe uh, since we are in a, 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 a incredible explosion in the tech sector that that's going to carry over maybe into society more of an acceptance of people as people not as ethnicities or even sex. I think it, uh, could I think it will I think future generations are already very very different than that's than, what I mean uh, yeah. past generations so for example hey listen uh, we were different from our parents 100 and we're surely different from our grandparents yeah. Uh, I mean, I remember having uncles who would get up and turn the channel if an African-American came on the television, which almost never happened, you know. I mean, yeah. One of the fastest things that evolves culture is how we communicate. And there has never been a change in how much humans have the capability of communicating and simply the the way that they communicate. Now, look at the three of us, right? Or the the five of us, right? Uh, Christoph is a fucking friend. 
Coot, yeah. you guys are in Oregon. Uh, Charlie's yeah. farm is in his anonymous location. So, so I'm in Oklahoma, right? So, so we were not able to have a conversation like this 30 years ago without getting on a telephone and being stuck to a physical location. At that and paying point. big money for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? So, yeah. so that changes language. It changes everything. And I think that's part of And I had this conversation with a friend of mine recently about, I'm talking about like the, the dumbing down of education. Well, I don't necessarily think it's dumbing down. I think edu- uh, uh, communication is evolving because it's changing. if I'm typing in text yes. and stuff, what do I need to have long words for or, right. or grammar or all this other stuff for? Because you know what I mean. If you understand what I mean, then there's no reason to add all this other stuff. So there, there's this like natural evolution of language going on around sure. tech and, and, and how we talk to each other differently in this current moment of time. Um, which I think people are well, even how we learn. I mean, uh, wise, mentally, emotionally, all the other ways. I'm not promoting them, I'm just using them as an example. But uh, websites like Skillshare, where for a nominal fee, you have access to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cor- on everything. Um, crazy, yeah. You're, I mean, YouTube even. Yeah. you can't even get a parking pass. In downtown Portland for a, a semester for $75, and here you get a year, or whatever it is, you know, a year or whatever. But then even YouTube, uh, I always check if I have to do something that I'm not familiar with. Yeah. I, I find a YouTube video and watch the person do it. I mean, that's where YouTube is really invaluable, I think, mm-hmm. for cooking, for you know, it's the sh- second largest. People don't appreciate this. We are on this world's second largest search engine. Google is yeah. the first. YouTube is the second. Yeah, it's an absolutely stunning fucking thing. And, and the I YouTube mean, was started basically because of Janet Jackson's tit. Like basically, like uh, wasn't the Janet Janet Jackson's tit video was taken yeah. off the 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 the, the interweb, so to speak. And so yeah. the YouTube founders were like, "Oh, there's going to be a website where we can find that." I mean, everybody, even I was talking about Wikipedia the other day, like Jimmy Wales basically started that site. He originally wanted to start like, I don't even remember. It's like Bemis. I'm amazed that I remember this Bemis or Bomus. It was a, such a weird fucking name. He wanted to start like a nudie board, basically. It was basically like a search engine, but for boobs and it didn't take off. So he was like, well, fuck it. Let's just do an encyclopedia instead. <laughs> Wikipedia was born. Jesus just, to, just to like just re-emphasize how much the world has changed when i was in elementary school i had to learn how to use this which i bet right? half the Dude, people watching the yeah, show yeah, yeah. don't even know what the fuck they're looking at they're doing uh, this for you wanted to go to a library and you wanted to find out something on a topic did you know that isaac asimov had a book in every single category of the dewey decimal system yeah really yeah that's fucking cool isn't that um but basically, there was something called the Dewey Decimal System, yeah. which he just yeah. eloquently brought up. And it, so say I wanted to look up something about cannabis. Well, I would go to this box right here, based on the quick glance of this, this box or this box. I'm not quite sure which, because I can't see the lettering. Um, hold on. Okay. So we go to this box right here. Um, and then we'd pull out the drawer like this. And these drawers were like four feet long. Like yeah. This is kind of this yeah. Um, and and you'd go through it until you found cannabis, and then it would list the books that might have cannabis in it. But, and it was right most of the time, but sometimes it wasn't. Or it was on like one page of like 5,000. So yeah. like, good luck, fucker. Yeah. Um, and, uh, 
And then it would tell you where it's on and what you can see people's and people would actually make their own notes and add them to the catalog as well. So sometimes you get lucky and find someone that was looking for the same thing that you would, because it give you kind of a cheat sheet, but that didn't happen very often. Um, so you'd have to go through all this process just to find a single source of information that you didn't even know if it was accurate or not. So imagine if Google worked like this, right? You'd have to page through all like it, I don't think half the people watching this could even mentally comprehend the level of difficulty that it took. Well, that was Google's whole thing, actually. That was that was literally the, the difference. Search engines before that gave you no relevancy. You would look up something on AltaVista or whatever the fuck. I don't remember all the different search engines. Uh, and they had sometimes they had just really fucked up name. Well, AltaVista is already a fucked up name. Right. But anyway, uh, you would look it up and you'd get 8 million and 37 responses. But they would be just everything, just like anything that had that keyword in it, basically. And then Google suddenly comes along and includes relevancy to the freaking uh, 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 subject and actually creates an algorithm thereby, like basically uh, created a proprietary algorithm that created relevancy in the results. So basically, how do I say this? If you search up dog, the thing that will pop up is not stories about someone's dog from 3000 years ago. But the first thing that will come up is like Wikipedia image of a dog. And the second one will be like a story about dogs from National Geographic. On and on. That's fucking relevant. You actually want to look at that instead of sift through 400 pages. And that's what I used to have to do. Like in college, for example, I, you know, we had search engines way, 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 way back. Ask Jeeves. Right? Yeah, ask Jeeves and shit, 100%. You look stuff up and then you'd have to sift through it for an hour. Okay, which one of these articles is legit? Yeah. Yeah, and it, it, this is all stuff that people don't even think about now, right? This is stuff that you're so used to having at, you know, 0.5 seconds of, of your fingers you know, that we used to have to take days or hours to do. And I think that that's had a transformative effect on communication, education. I mean, fuck, you, you can literally teach yourself anything now. Between Google Scholar and YouTube, there's nothing that is beyond your mental capacity to understand if you're willing to give it the time. And I think that's, it's kind of created almost like a weird two-class system is people that understand how to take it and run with it and educate themselves. And I think that that's where you get, there almost needs to be a class on this in school, right? Like a class on how to teach yourself, how to educate yourself and, and how to want to educate yourself. And that's one of the best things I ever learned um, in the alternative school. I, ended up, I got kicked out of my main high school, went to an alternative school. One of the best things that ever happened to me was a gentleman named Mr. Hastings, Michael Hastings. And we had, we could write a paper. And if he picked the topic, we could write a three-page paper or a four-page paper. If I picked the topic, I had to write a 10-page paper, but I could pick the topic. So I could work on stuff that interested me and that I was passionate about, but I had to do more work. One of the best things that ever happened in my probably the single best thing that ever happened in my life after the other event that we talked about earlier was literally just being in Mr. Hastings' classroom and learning that kind of passion for learning and, and that drive for learning. And it's something that's hard to teach, but in certain certain teachers that you'll reach, you know, you'll find in school and stuff will really have that kind of impact that you is simply like can't teach you either experience it. Or you don't, but I don't know any way to verbally communicate it. Um, but it's certainly something that certainly made me a better person, and it kind of pushed my drive for for knowledge. That's one thing that I say about uh, college. Unfortunately, I kind of hated my college. I don't like to talk about it and stuff, but uh, it was a strange experience. But one thing that I did learn very much was I learned how to learn. 
which is a very, very ex- important, uh, I, I guess I would argue I learned how to think, uh, but I also learned how to learn. That was arguably the most important, uh, more important uh, 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 freaking skill. Because, for example, today when I talk to Kuhn or when I talk to Poten or when I talk to Christoph or when I talk to uh, uh, Charlie's Farm or whoever else, even if I don't know what they're talking about, within a few seconds I can figure out how to figure out how to talk to them. So in other words, I can get on the same playing field in a reasonably short amount of time. I can figure out what it would take me to get there, basically. Uh, and that is a skill that honestly has to be developed. I mean, I guess you could be born with it, but uh, uh, I feel like one of the easiest ways to learn it is honestly to fucking uh, learn it in a school, which is pretty fucking awful because college in America is notoriously unaffordable. But I don't know, community college, maybe. I don't know. What do you think, Charlie? Do you, you agree? Because you, you like to call yourself a professional student for many years. Yeah, I, you know, it definitely critical thinking. It's just about, you know, being self-aware and, uh, you know, knowing your limitations too. Don't try to know it all. Right. Yeah, you know, it's knowing your, you know, your boundaries on top of everything else. I mean, it's always laid. It's never just one thing. It's always one piece of the puzzle to most things in life, you know, but, but yeah, I got to agree with that. No doubt. No doubt. You know, I mean, a lot of things are unattainable just in this country, just because of finances, just like you said about college, you know, I know a lot of kids say, Fuck yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, dude. dude, I cannot believe this on the serious I mean, though for a moment here. Yeah. Can you believe this fucking tone deafness that Biden is basically saying he's just gonna ignore the the campaign promise, long. honestly, of uh, uh either long. eliminating or forgiving some yeah. student loan yeah. debt? And now they're saying it's my wife's one of them started. I'm like my wife's one of them. How do you freaking guarantee a Republican midterm freaking landslide? This is one of the ways. I don't understand that. Crazy. I don't understand it. I started, I was telling a friend the other day and I'm starting to believe it. I've heard this my whole life. And I said, no, no, that couldn't possibly be true. I'm starting uh, to fucking wonder if the Democrats are a controlled opposition. Because honestly, biggest, when the Republicans are in charge, they get their way. When the Republicans yeah, the are not in charge, they get their the fucking RNC way. Right now yeah. is the, DNC. the fact that the Democrats have not passed cannabis legalization, which they promised during the election. A fucking no-brainer. Um, the a fact no-brainer. that the DNC has not passed a single ounce of Student debt relief and uh, no any way. capacity at all. Yeah, he promised to to one of the uh, sing- between I mean, that I'm and how much the Republicans want to deregulate everything. Yeah, those two single things are going to completely. It's, it, it's within his power to do entirely. Yeah, he could at again, least kick the can down the it road. It was put right in his face this that is, not one of the town halls. The, again, the woman said just, it. Uh, and in case everyone forgot, they rigged two primaries in a row. They rigged the primary against Bernie. Against that's arguable, honestly, Bernie. Hold I love on. the shit no, out of Bernie, not, but that's that's because fucking arguable, honestly. That, that, there was a lot of I have to be on this point. There was now. a lot of election yeah. shenanigans from Russia with the Bernie stuff. I have to be honest. As much as I like Bernie, I don't know. This country that's is not liberal enough America for Bernie. Yeah, I don't think and the fact that Trump. Bernie Sanders won the first three primaries. Which in every other fucking time, don't forget in history, Howard Dean won the first three. Well, Pope, 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 the no, no, hey, that's Elizabeth the cult Warren. of the bird. Elizabeth I, I Warren is a fucking bitch for not getting behind Bernie. 
because she didn't drop out and get behind him and she knew damn well she dude elizabeth warren was fire herself that's the thing people like, there's the cult this i will is, never vote for warren dude potent this is the cult of the burn and the cult of the burn i hate to say it i like bernie because he's honestly the only person it. that's even liberal it. in the entire freaking senate honestly elizabeth right. warren would constantly would count as a conservative in the german parliament that's the bizarre thing america has no left yeah. party so when, when, when the right wing I says oh my god there's fucking crazy loony you guys don't know what you're fucking talking about. There yeah. is no left-wing party in the U.S. No. Bernie is probably no the only person who can qualify almost. And he's not even that left-wing. Like, if you he's send not. him to France or Germany or somewhere, he'd be, like, right in the middle yeah. of one of the, like, Green Parties or whatever. They'd be like, oh, you're the old conservative guy, basically. Yeah, he'd, he'd be, like, the Joe Manchin of, of the European. A little bit. Well, Joe Manchin is a fucking shithead. But hey, I know what you mean. Bernie doesn't have a half-million-dollar yacht that he sits there and smokes a cigar off of and says, well, fuck you guys very much, like Joe Manchin does. Right. Those people in the well, boat is uh, constituent. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, what's her name? Sunima, Sonoma, whatever. Oh my fucking god! Yeah, see, Miss Miss soon to be having a fucking primetime show on Fox News. Yeah, in other like words. here's the bit: like if you're, there's no way these people aren't going to get primaried. Like what the fuck? Like if you're not going to vote for your team, get the fuck off. The oh, team. she's obviously bought and paid for. Yeah, I mean she's going to get a job on Fox News. For but this $3 is the problem. Every single yeah. person in the DNC has got to like Nancy Goddamn Pelosi's up there defending her right to fucking fuck trade me, stocks. Insider bitch. trading. You're rich enough. You you have two hundred million dollars. Oh yeah, the bitch is, yeah, she is a yeah. billionaire. She is a literal billionaire. Yeah. Her husband yeah. is a billionaire in San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, some of the billions have family. actually been accumulated by somewhat shady practices. So yeah, I, I, I don't, I'm kind of like over that. it. You know, I've been saying this for years, and 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 people don't understand this. Because this is one of the most bizarre things about all of our kind of learned helplessness in this country is that the, the right wing thinks that the Democrats are all like uh, in lockstep or something. Man, most of us can't stand the fucking uh, Democratic politicians. Uh, for example, Nancy Pelosi. I thought she was a fucking dinosaur for goddamn ages. Now, by the way, Coot has been uh, wanting to talk for a long time, but I'll just finish my thought. Like, uh, how do I say this? Uh, uh, um, uh, you know what? I guess I'll fucking finish it to that. Honestly, I, I've been disenchanted for the longest time, and not I have not felt represented by a, a number of the politicians. Go ahead, Coop. Yeah, the last, in my opinion, the last honest Democrat to hold national office was Jimmy Carter. Carter's fucking—he's legit, and he was Dude still uh, builds houses for poor people to this fucking day. He's like ninety something. I, I still he's think dirty. the best person to lead the U.S. is John Stewart. I'm gonna fucking state that. Well, yeah, but yeah, as a, I mean, uh, and he was really, he was ridiculed by members of his party. I try to know even. and I mean, after that, you know, fuck me once, shame on you. Fuck me twice, shame on me. Mm. I don't listen yeah, to any yeah, of it. I, shit about us. I didn't listen. I, cannabis is is too volatile. They'll say what they have to say to this group. They've done this. Pacify I mean, them. Just pacify I've been waiting for legalization for over 50 years. But yeah. We're not even close. I think we're not even fucking close. See, here's how it works. In our if you're if, if a person's in the business and they're making money and they're going, fuck yeah, man, this is great. We got legalization. Do you think anybody who's really making money off growing on a on a large scale is funding 
uh, movements in, in state legislatures to get li even more liberal laws. Do you think that's no, really happening? Of course not. Of course it isn't. This is like, you know, you're you're allowed, you're not, you're allowed, you're not. It's bullshit. This isn't legalization. This is just like I said over and over, just shifting around who's going to make the money. It's well known at this point that basically once uh, actual legalization comes, uh, the home grow provisions will basically be wiped away like a fucking joke, like Washington was. And yep. Basically, it'll be all corporate weed, and we'll all basically be able to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, "What the fuck happened?" You know, all this wonderful corporate. stuff will just be uh, vanished in front of us. I agree. Weed isn't even corporate weed can't even pay their fucking bills. No, just to circle back can. to what we talked about, it's garbage. You know? it doesn't get you high. So like, yeah, the half of the people on this letter are fucking big corporations. So let's not, let's not be honest like, here. Just the the small breeders and small producers are certainly getting fucked royal. Like, and I, I feel for you a thousand percent. But so are the corporate assholes. Everyone's getting fucked because they've mismanaged this whole fucking thing from the beginning. Because everyone knew that yeah. cannabis growers made a lot of money. So what did they do? They thought that everyone had was fucking rolling in cash, so they overtaxed the living shit out of it and, and brought it to extortion-level taxes that not even the mafia ever fucking instituted on black market drugs, right? I'm sorry, but if you're taxing it at a higher rate than the mafia ever did, you're the one who's fucking up. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, the mafia yeah, right. would never tax you more than, what, 25% or something? Again, they right. they understand how money. Works. That's the irony of the payday loan places. Like the fucking Tony Soprano would have given you less interest than the goddamn uh, payday loan place. You know what's awesome though? So I he learned something. You, I was reading still. something today. You don't actually yeah, have to pay any of that money back. To pay. I, I'm not encouraging anyone to do this, nor have I done it myself. But I watched an insert. I read an interesting dissertation on on scamming loan um, because a lot of these are payday advance companies, and if you notice, they're always advances. They're not loans because loans right. in the United States are held to very specific standards on terms of qualification. This has been carved out multiple times. They're advances, but because they're advances, you have no legal liability to ever repay them. So if you set it up the right way, you can fuck these people until they just go out of business. Like, like well, or you can wait for their friends to come over and break your legs with a baseball. Oh yeah, bag. but I'm talking like the, <laughs> the the payday loan place. Of I am too. Not like. I am too. Yeah, I believe you're right, but I, I believe that they've carved out so much thanks to lobbying of uh, their favorite politicians. Uh, yeah. They can fuck your credit. It's like the savings so and you, loans. You can basically the default. Loans. I think we right, have the best Congress and state legislatures that money can buy. Absolutely, we do. The 90s, but the savings and loans were the same thing. The coin well, operated Congress. Congress. So let me just ask this question. I remember the savings and loans, Charlie's. Uh, yeah, they, yeah, they they want to He was busting the whole fucking yeah, they scandal. Banks. Then, yeah, nothing, everybody nothing. thought they were banks. The, what the is, general what public. is the honest end they game of the United States right now? Like, it what I does any of does anyone on the panel see a version where this country exists as it does now in five years? No. Like, I I think the next everybody I talk to says probably that the shit a is about civil to hit the war. fan. Which is really disturbing because basically uh, it's one of a couple things. It's occurred to me many times that a lot of the the the, the catastrophism is probably induced propaganda. Frankly, you know, the U.S. does famously have quite a few enemies that are perfectly happy to pro propagandize us. This is perfectly well shown. China, Russia, yeah. and so on. Yeah. Uh, and you can see this on Reddit. You can see this on Facebook. You can see this any number of places. So 
it is absolutely possible that this catastrophizing has been uh, uh, foisted upon us a bit. But at the same time, you can never really convince somebody with something better than when they see an, a grain of truth in it. Well, how do I say that better? Uh, the best propaganda is the one that has a grain of truth in it. And so basically, when you basically convince people that the world is falling, but they already think that the world is fucking falling, then they'll really believe that that propaganda. So I don't know, I'm probably being a little bit too vague still, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around why every single person that I meet basically on the street thinks that shit is going to go to fucking garbage in the next couple of years in the U.S. And it's very, very disconcerting. I, don't know. I can explain that part. So this is the issue. And this is a basic equation that has not changed for millennia. When more than 80% of the population, or I'm sorry, more than 5% of the, uh, let me restate this. When 5% of the population controls 80% of a nation's wealth, revolution happens throughout history. We have passed that point on the tipping scale. Yeah. And the United States is basically destined to have some type of revolution. And that's a simple mathematical equation that has not changed in thousands of years. It's a cultural issue with humans. There's only so much resources that an economy can provide for and maintain stability and, and sustain itself. Once you break that, you can't go back from that, right? And, and again, this is like basic economics. This isn't anything like left versus right or whatever. This I mean, is that, is a, that is, I feel like, Poten, that is a little bit of a correlation versus causation thing. Because, for example, I feel like there's no reason why this, uh, uh, I, I know exactly what you're trying to say. I don't uh, ultimately disagree with it. I guess I'm uh, nitpicking because I want to say, like, it could honestly get worse when you have uh, the, Okay, what am I trying to say? We we have the we have say, Skynet to help control the masses now. Kinda, That's, basically, that is what I'm trying to say. When you have time, robots and shit coming, Go but ahead. that doesn't matter because at the end of the day, you're five, you know, three empty stomachs away from revolution or whatever the fuck the saying is. I'm sure I'm butchering. But I mean, right you have now, flying. Like fucking, at the end of the I day, once everyone's fucking yeah, hungry, starving, flying camera. You can put a gun on this, and then you have a flying real. gun. Yeah, you know people I mean? that you thought that would never be capable of X, Y, and Z will suddenly become monsters. And we're not that far away. Look at how much the everyone was told they can't go to work for fucking months and months and months. And they're about to fucking lock the country down again. They just Everyone's locked gonna, Holland if down they again. try to pull that yeah. shit again, this country is fucking done. Like, I, period. It, 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 the, the economy simply can't sustain it. There, there's nothing left. They literally just locked uh, Holland down. And one thing uh, folks have been talking about quite a bit is that these lockdowns uh, brutalize small businesses, but incredibly help large businesses. So, for example, Jeff Bezos made money like, I mean, just just gangbusters. I mean, fucking rah, rah, rah. That guy must be having a, I don't even know, an orgy every night celebrating how much money he's been making. Whereas small business after small business has been shuttering their fucking doors. Yeah, uh, so, like I said, change. Holland has just locked down. There's indications that because of Omicron, a number of other places are going to lock down too. Uh, how do I say this? Like, I don't, I don't disagree with the policy on some level. You know what I mean? Like, I haven't had my tasting meetings for ages because I keep seeing more and more of these fucking waves coming. And I, I, I feel, I'm pretty sure I honestly caught fucking Omicron last week. Uh, okay, I'm not pretty sure that that's really no. reckless to me to say, but I am increasingly uh, not certain. That's even the stupider uh, version of saying. I mean, um, 
I am increasingly suspecting that it wasn't just a cold. I kept telling everybody, no, it's not COVID. It's just a fucking COVID. But then it went on for like 10 days. So I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, actually could have been something else. But anyway, uh, what was I going to say? I guess I'm babbling on some level, but I've been apprehensive of basically opening up the new in-person meetings. And every time I go to an in-person meeting, I'm a little bit like, "Eh, you know, is this going to be a freaking, you know, super spreader event, whatever else. But at the same time, like, Dude, I am honestly tired of, of sitting outside and having a beer with a friend and my ass being cold on a bench and like all my yeah. favorite restaurants closing down and just the relentless anarchy of this goddamn garbage. And Jeff Bezos can fucking make another trillion dollars and buy another 10 yachts, but all of my favorite restaurants cease to exist. It's just, I mean, I'm fucking sick of it, I have to be honest. The, the museums and everything else close at like 3 p.m., I mean, I'm fucking tired yeah. of it, I have to be honest. You're slowly joining our side, guys. It'll just take a while. Not it's really. I'm not joining your kidding. side because, honestly, for different fucking reasons. I'm like, if everybody could just take the fucking vaccine, this shit would be yeah, over too. already. But yeah, fuck, okay. it's, it's, you know, I mean, I, I don't even, I don't even know how to, we're living in a variety of parallel realities that closely analogs Russia, which scares the fuck out of me. Because in Russia, basically, all opinions are tolerated so that nobody has a particularly strong opinion. That's one of the people don't realize how Russia works. They think that to this day, they think that Russia is like the old Soviet Union. No, you can say anything you want in Russia, just as long as it's not super loud. Like if you don't get a too big of a voice, you can say literally anything so that all the voices drown each other out in unison. So basically there is no objective truth because everybody has the same kind of rough loudness. But when anyone gets a little bit too loud, like that Alexei Navalny guy or anybody else, then they fucking throw them out a window. But any, any other than that, you can say anything. On a separate apocalyptic note, um, chat brings up the fact that climate change is kind of killing all of us either way. Like the Oh, yeah. I was just talking about this to a friend yesterday, that sh- fucking Arctic uh, ice shelf last, that's basically going to drop in the next five years and give us a nice, healthy two In the last uh, year or two, we've had the biggest wildfires in Colorado, California. Yeah. We've had yeah. flooding on like the world's ever, like Col- yeah. Oklahoma's had the worst flooding it's ever had since 2019. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you've had uh, the highest was it this year or last year was the highest number of hurricanes ever in a single season. Right. Like you have to be stupid to not see that. Shit. Not to mention that like, four state tornado. Yeah, yeah, a state yeah. Uh, tornado that went two hundred mile wide miles or whatever it was. Point. Like, wake the fuck up! Like, if we don't do something now, we're all gonna like. It doesn't matter how much we infight. We're 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 done, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> we're gonna be extinct. But that's all right. Joe Manchin will uh, hold out for another. That's it. What benefit for his yacht or yeah, whatever else? So, so Can you imagine Charlie's farm? The narcissism of that guy. I was listening to this other day. I was like, so I, I was curious mentally. I was just kind of, uh, I was, I, I don't know. I was like hypothesizing what's going on with that guy's head. Is he just like off on a yacht somewhere? And then they said that yeah. he's literally in meetings all day, every day, stonewalling pretty much. And I was just yeah. thinking to myself. The fucking narcissism of this guy, every one of these meetings that he's in for two months now is about him. Like, will you come to our side? Will you come to our side? Will you come to our side? And he's teasing them the whole time. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe. What we need to do is no offense to Coot and Charlie, but we need a maximum uh, age limit on fucking government. Like fifty five. Oh, I agree with that. Limits? Again, and, and no offense to Coot. I don't know. I don't know how. I, how do I say this? Coot should hey. respond to this honestly. Don't apologize to me. I don't care about age. I, mean, I want term limits. 
No, no, no. Term no, limits, no. I disagree with Rod Charlie's it. farm because term limits just become uh, how quick can you sell out a scenario? No, I know. Well, I mean, well, no, there's there's pros and cons to both, you know? I'd say 65 is it for national mm-hmm. office. Congress. But we're going to have, yeah, we're gonna have people living to 120 in the near future. Yeah. It's not going to be us because we're, we're, of course, we fucking miss out. But there's, you know, people might, you know, my sister's generation or whatever, they're going to live to like 120. So if you cut it to 65, half their life is going to be out. Good. You know, just like we talked about um, communication and evolving and technology and all this shit, that's who the fuck should be making the laws for the future, not the people that don't understand it. Like, like, This is one of my problems. Nancy Pelosi, when's the last time she sent an email? Let's talk about Ted Stevens' wonderful talk about the internet. The series of tubes. You see, it's a series of tubes, he was telling us. It's a series of tubes. It's not a big truck. Probably the single funniest bit John Stewart ever did, by the way. If you've never seen that, there's a clip of it. John Stewart ripping Ted Stevens, a new asshole, over how uneducated that fucking statement was. I loved it when he ripped Tucker Carlson and uh, Jeff Bagali or whatever, uh, a new asshole, and killed their show, Crossfire. And then 20 years later, Tucker Carlson is the biggest fucking shit on Fox News. Yeah. That's what I loved. Fuck. Yeah, he was a film. I idolize John Stewart too much. He's ultimately a comedian, I have to be honest. You know? Yeah, but I don't know. Like I'd vote for him. He's a good advocate for the fight. I went to go see him in DC. He's a cool dude, was... but he's a fucking comedian. We need better people oh, in yeah. political but scene. But he's a good comedian. person. He's the guy out there going to Congress to lobby. He is. He fought for the firefighters after 9 11. But he'll be the first one to say that, too. He's fighting fights that I can get behind that I feel, you know, like. Who else is up there? Nobody else gave a shit about the people after 9-11. Yeah. This blows. Uh, for anyone tuning in, you know, we get uh, people from Chile and fucking uh, Romania and whatever else. So uh, 20 years ago, roughly 20 years ago, I actually moved to the city of Portland on uh, September 10th, 2001. And September 11th, 2001, I hadn't plugged in my TV yet. And my friend who was uh, living, I want to say, uh, across the country, he was working at Disneyland, no, Disney World at the time uh, as like a clown or something. He was doing like the whole intern thing. He called me because they were watching on their like Disney channels, like all the Disney interns dressed up in Mickey Mouse uniforms and everything. It's kind of funny thought actually now that I'm thinking about it. I haven't thought about that. But they were probably standing there in Mickey Mouse and all this fucking shit watching thousands of people die. It was one of the strangest scenarios in my life. And my friend says, plug in your TV. Cause I said, Hey, I hadn't plugged in my TV yet, man. We just moved to, to freaking Portland. He's like, no, dude, you got to plug in your TV. He wouldn't tell me what it was and plug in your TV, plug in your TV. Anyway, uh, for 20 years now, it's been endless war. It's been on and on. I don't even remember the original point that I wanted to make now. Cause it's been such a fucking strange transition in our goddamn yeah. lives for 20 years now. That's a good Go point. The Patriot Act has been enacted since 20, like, why the fuck are we still operating under those rules? That needs to be repealed. We still have to take our shoes off because one asshole uh, tried to blow up his shoes. Well, not only that, but we've been engaged in about Libya and um, uh, Lebanon, um, uh, Yemen, uh, based on the president's decision to go, not Congress's decision to do uh, war actions, right? I'm sorry. That's a that that's a power that's directly attributed to Congress, and has always been attributed to Congress. Is when we go to war, when we send people to go die, that's their decision because we need more than one fucking person involved yeah. in that type of decision. We don't have a king. Yeah. Yeah, but they've yeah. been passing the book back Not and forth that, to each other we're between the president and the Congress for years. You know, especially the younger people. Pointing fingers at each other. The, you know, a group of people. It shouldn't be one asshole sending them off to die. That's bullshit. 
Yeah, but doesn't the Patriot Act kind of shift that power to the president now, which is yep. what's so shitty about it? Not only that, but the spy powers. I mean, that's why you have five eyes. And all, yeah, and but I just laughed because Congress wrote the law. So Congress generally gave up their own power. You know what I mean? Like, they wrote the law. They gave it to the president. Like, why would you do that? And, and you know, Julian Assange and WikiLeaks and all that stuff, that came out because of the NSA programs that respond due to the Patriot Act. And and none of that shit's fucking... And for those of you that don't understand what Five Eyes is, so the United States is in agreement with four other countries. Uh, New Zealand, uh, Australia, UK. Australia, and, uh, UK. It's all English. Yeah. France, is it? Who's the Canada? I forget. It's Canada. It's all, Canada, it's all English speaking, guys. Yeah. So basically, um, how it works is so, like, the United States, the CIA, or the NSA can't legally spy on American citizens, but they can spy on UK citizens, Australian citizens, New Zealand citizens, and Canadian citizens. So they don't spy on the US citizens, they spy on everyone else. They, they still spy on the US, but not quite as much. What Canada so Canada does the same thing. They can't spy on their people, but they can spy on the US and they can spy on and what they do is they trade data because there's no rules about them exchanging data as to who's spying on what. So the five nations all spy on each other and then trade communication data for your social media, your web traffic, all the stuff that you feel makes you you as far as the internet's concerned. And that's how they legally get around spy on domestic spying laws, is because they're they're acquiring the data via third party. From another country or another, you know, third-party company that they're purchasing that way. So that's that's how they're legally finding your data on a lot of stuff. And there's even a lot of the police apps actually use that to for their own investigational stuff. Which there's a well, big let's not leave right up, now let's not leave Facebook and Google. Let's not leave them out of the, the equation. Oh yeah. So Facebook and Google also, uh, <laughs> you know, allow access to their servers. They um, sell it. Yep, exactly. This isn't about allowing access. This is a commodity. Your ID, your data is a commodity that is packaged up with millions and billions of others and sold. And AT&T famously has you know whole rooms and divisions of the company oh, yeah. dedicated to it exactly. as well. So like, you know, anyone that thinks they're being slick about communications digitally, you're probably not unless you're no. really set up right. So no. Yeah, it's just, how they found so many people that were trying to hide. I mean, that's why so many journalists and other things are disappearing or not writing stories anymore. Hmm. I wonder sometimes how how much is read on the internet. Say a, a, a noted journalist. I mean, somebody of I don't want to get into public, but somebody of national renown. If he writes something for what New York Times will say? I mean, how many people are going to actually read it? That's a question, not a, a statement. I just, I wonder. Might read a recap, you know. Might read bits and pieces in an article that somebody's writing about your essay. But I don't know. I just, it amazes me how much of America has no fucking idea that that's going on, right? Like, they yeah. just hop along, happy to just fucking watch the Kardashians. Yeah, well, yeah. Hey, guys, how are you, Jet? It's 5 o'clock in the morning here, and I got to go out to uh, the, the heartland of Naples, Sheriff country okay. today and see my in-laws out okay. in Western Mass. 
So, all right, brother. Have a good evening. Hey, have a great night, guys. Thanks always. Yeah. Thanks for putting up with no, me. Hey, Peace. I got a question for you before you go. Do you uh you should get some ice whiskey out there too? They make a maple whiskey the uh, both in that part of the world and in Canada, uh, where they'll freeze right. it and and take just the the best part of it off from the frost once oh, they wow. freeze the uh, syrup uh, and right. make a whiskey from it. It tastes amazing. Yeah, yeah. I should actually ask them. I'm a, they they do have their own lines in the sugar shack. So my in laws do. They are like four hundred acres. So wow, they got all the line, awesome. all the lines going. Yeah, they got a farm. The whole the whole work. So wow. they're highly Christian, though. So I don't think there's going to be any liquor made. But you know, <laughs> you never know. They might have a stash <laughs> in Vermont. <laughs> no, this is in Western Mass, the heart of Western Berkshire, oh, okay. Goshen, Williamsburg. Right. Yeah. Beautiful. So. Oh yeah, I love watching the lines, the way they're set up. Yeah, the they're kind of cool. According to Michael they got Jackson, color coded. The juice. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They color coded out, out there. So, you know, each color obviously is a different, you know, it's like they're marking. But you knew the line. natives uh, were the ones that taught the uh, immigrants, the, yeah, the, the whites, colonists. how to do colonists. it. Yeah. yeah. The pilgrims. Yeah. Nothing That's like. pretty cool. Yeah. Taught yeah, them everything. Taught them to survive and then wiped them out. <laughs> you got oh, how to grow, how to grow cranberries. Yeah, everything. It, like, yeah, literally, it a, yeah, they were starving after the first winter. I remember yeah. they had like a crop failure, and you know, yeah, crazy. Shit. Bert, and they got birch soda and birch beer up there. Yeah, it's, birch beer. I used to make it, man, out of birch. Oh, I, used yeah. to, I used to cut the trees down, brother. I was a, I was a climber for years when I was a, when I was you know in my younger days. Yeah, I was a rope man and a climber, and then I had the pick. I was in the cherry picker like friggin' sixteen hours a day. But whenever we came across birch beer trees. Those were mine. If we didn't, if the owner themselves didn't want it, if we're doing a clear cut, they were all mine. Sometimes we come up through a grove of them. I get like twelve. It'd be awesome because I tapped them. I tapped them before I cut them, and then as I cut them, it, it it almost as you're cutting it, it's like the sap is just getting pushed down. It's weird. We used to get a little bit extra sometimes. On some oh, of the that's trees. a highly medicinal tree too. The yeah, it's insane the smell. Fungi, uh, yeah, birch chaga is one of the most medicinal forms of yeah. all of chaga. Yeah. Basically, the yeah. most medicinal form of chaga. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I'm teaching my daughter about it. Actually, I told her, I said, you know, shout if we ever have a chance, I'll put down a birch beer tree, and you'll smell it, and you'll be like, oh my god, you know, make this it, is what this is what real root beer smells like. You know what I mean? Because it smells straight like root beer. Sorry, guys, I gotta go. All right, brother. Peace. Right. Thanks. Thanks, man. Here's Charlie's. Might be uh, you might be leading us out the uh, the door the right way. Uh, Charlie's from. How can people find you, man? Oh, he's gone. Audios. Cheers, Charlie's. Uh, perhaps the battery was dead. I don't know. It's been a fun discussion. Holy cow! I'm having a long talk. Yeah. What? Uh, do you guys have any other unique flavoring herbs? Like birch is a really good one. I, I'm a big fan of osha root. I'll take osha root and cut it into thin strips and then use that for cooking for roasts and stuff like that. Um, also a huge tarragon fan. Um, kind of a weirder flavor, I guess, that a lot of people don't use a lot in cooking. Um, what do you guys yeah, think? Yeah, that's kind of uh, not a criticism, just a comment. That's really a French uh, tarragon. I mean, mm. specifically, it's really a, a kind of a French thing. But it has, think- a, it has a really like mild basilly kind of thing going on and so uh i'm not saying it's, very, it's a replacement but it's uh it's in that down that road kind of thing it's very present but not loud it's, yeah it's a good middle yeah. flavor 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I make a killer Bernays sauce, a medicated Bernays right, sauce. Right, exactly. That's classy. Yeah. French shit. Yeah. I like uh, the uh, Sicilian uh, cilantro. It's a little bit easier to grow than regular cilantro. It doesn't bolt as easy. Um, I'm not sure where the oh. red, you know. So what is the what is the deal with cilantro, and is it a light cycle or? Because I've tried so many variables on cilantro, and the best I can figure it's it's temperature and light cycle combination that Probably. triggers it. Because I feel like that and um, that and what's the other one that I we struggle with once in a while? Um, if you knew what spinaches can be fucking brutal too for equal reasons. The way around it is handled uh, in a way that you probably don't want to know about. So if you can't find organically grown cilantro, just leave it on the shelf, you know, and uh, cook something else that night. I'm sorry. I wasn't thinking of cilantro. I was thinking of arugula. I don't know how I had that brain fart. Arugula is the other one I was thinking of. Well, it's kind of like dandelion. You mean how it grows? No, no, no. Cilantro. I. The reason why I don't grow cilantro at all anymore is uh, cilantro seems to be a fucking magnet for root aphids. I've never oh, yeah. seen a plant that they love yeah, more than yeah. that, except for maybe like bulrushes. It's uh, problematic. Like, how's that? Yeah, like cilantro, cilant not culantro. Culantro, I've never seen it bugs on. I have culantro I've got from Jamaica. Cool. It, insects don't fucking touch that shit. It's just yeah. strong flavor-wise or whatever for them. But I regular, love culantro. So, uh, Man, I could show you some brutal. In fact, the video uh, I have on my YouTube of like from you know the hell of uh, root aphids, like the worst infestation I've ever seen, is actually from wow. cilantro and NFT beds, uh, where this I took the top of the NFT bed off and it was just thousands and thousands of fucking root aphids. It doesn't I, to grow it commercially is a trip through Dow Chemical. I mean, it's that problematic. The other side of it is the demand for it increases every year because look at how many cultures in America, uh, immigrant uh, groups that use cilantro in their in whatever name they're using it under, uh, you know, Chinese parsley or whatever. So there's a big demand for it, and uh, it's challenging to grow uh, on a commercial level. So trying to do it like you're that. doing it, you know, where it's Fuck a part man. of a garden. Wow. Coot, this is a circumstance where you tell people to burn it down. Yeah, yeah. this is when you burn the building down. It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's over. Look, they have all the you throw some grenades in there and hope for it the It didn't best. happen. They have the winged adults. You have yeah, the yeah. regular adults. Perfect. And they have the nymphs all in the same picture. Perfect. And eggs. Yeah. But uh, this is the worst I've ever seen by like a country mile as far as root aphids. But Root aphids, I think Texas, Oklahoma, and the rest of the South, this is going to be a long-term problem really? that you're going to have to learn to deal with. Um, wow. You know, How do you deal scale. with it? So with these guys, what we found works really good is um, alternating Bavaria bassiana and Isopuma fumosoria and Menorizium, uh, those three on a rotation uh, every other day, every third day, um, mm -hmm. and then just hitting them really hard for two to three weeks. And then once we knock the numbers down to about 5% of what the original infestation level was, then we come in and we release um, uh, rove beetles twice a week for two weeks. And then once a week uh, after that, 
for another two months. And then we also release Aureus. Uh, and we released um, so expensive too, though it is. The but thing. like people have... are not realizing how expensive you've just because I, I I've basically done almost all of those things, except I haven't yet bought the ISO. Basically, it's the PFR ninety seven and that new product, the Rizium you mentioned up the other day. Uh, uh, what's the? Yeah. Is that Met fifty two? Okay, now I know what it is. Uh, so I've seen Met fifty two on this. Well, that Met fifty two is like one hundred and twenty bucks per per freaking bottle too. Yeah. The PFR ninety seven I want to say is one hundred and sixty bucks or one hundred fifty bucks with my freaking grocery store discount. The Bavaria I still have a little bit of. That's not fucking cheap at all. Uh, but plus, I guess yeah. it's a little bit cheaper than the other ones. And then, like I say, the freaking Met fifty two is but over. You're... And then each one of the freaking times, depending on how many uh, uh, mites you're releasing, I suppose, depending on how your grow space is, you're potentially talking about a hundred bucks a week. Maybe more. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I don't know. You could be much more. Yeah, than I mean, that, for 3,000 yeah. square feet, what I just described oh, yeah. is probably in the 800 to $1,200 range oh, for yes. what I just told you for treatment. But so, at the yeah. same time, like, and it's labor. the only way to and exterminate labor. them from a large facility. If you don't do that, they're going to lay eggs in the root systems and you can go compost that soil and they'll come back, wow. right? Like, they will fuck your next run. And that's the thing. If you don't gas that room, like, like there's very few things that you can do that will do that. You have to knock the numbers down really low and then exterminate any survivors with an actual predator. It's the only thing I've found that actually works because I've watched personally myself and everyone else try everything else you can think of. Temperature doesn't work. I can't cook them out the way I could um, uh, bong aphids or uh, russet because mites or spider soil, mites. Because once you get the soil, the soil that hot, you kill the plants. It doesn't get hot. Yeah, exactly. So you can't cook them out. Like they, they, they're, you, they're just immune to every other organic way that you try to handle them. So that really is the only way to exterminate them that I've found that works to where I'm, I can tell you, yes, this will get rid of them. But Because like what, what Tone is alluding to with heat is an effective uh, technique for termites in buildings. Uh, even, by the way, I, I read this years ago. Uh, what are they fucking called? Bed books in buildings, uh, any kind of spider mites, leaf mites, leaf aphids, anything basically on the leaves, white flies. You can literally like boil them alive, basically. Well, not boil them, but you can essentially heat kill them by taking the room up to like 120, 125 degrees. You just water the plants ahead of time. And then yep. the plants themselves can transpire themselves out of that, that problem. They won't die as long as they're even reasonably healthy. But the and roots, you can is, never get them that hot. And a lot of it is um, the the temperature doesn't always kill the insect, but it kills the bacteria mm. and that they need inside their digestive system to break down their food. Interesting. So even if it doesn't kill them directly, it ends up fucking up their digestion and it kills them, you know, a couple hours later. Hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, it's because they're a root problem that those root balls never get that warm. You would never let it, the plants would die if you, it got that hot. Right. So um, it, it becomes this weird problem that's very hard to treat and they love water. So they even, you know, DWC is almost harder to treat them in versus, hmm. you know, media better soil only because you know you got more more complication and they can survive underwater uh there there's a, a lily aphid as well that's very closely related to the rice root aphid but even the rice root aphid can survive underwater especially if your do is high enough for your plants they don't give a shit they can survive underwater so that makes them even harder to treat that's why like the rogue beetles will pick them out of the water level like right at the water's edge they'll pick them off so you know, Did you know, Pony, you know one of these days that one of the big agribusinesses is going to physically engineer a root aphid to kill all their competitors' crops. Like, it's already like, yeah, bad totally. enough, and they're going to basically find something that's even worse, and they're going to distribute it amongst their competitors. 
the, the trick is just to be the first ones to do it and then stick That's it on the corporate guys. That's exactly <laughs> right. Uh, do you guys ever watch the YouTube channel Kritzkazakt? Yep. The great freaking channel. Uh, what is it? Well, I guess it's just freaking Kurtzkazakt on YouTube. They had a, a an episode the other day about uh, the dark forest. One of the different uh, uh, stories about the great filter. They've had a few different episodes on the great filter. Uh, why is it that in a universe of obviously now we realized just gigantic trillions of stars and most of those stars, it turns out, have their own freaking uh, uh, planets and planetary systems. Why is it that we seem to be the only ones so far that has any light on it or any uh, 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 life on it? This is it right here. Uh, share screen. Uh, why should we, why we should not look for aliens, the dark forest, basically. So in a, in a cosmos filled with, uh, uh potentially alien life, uh, uh, is there, how do I say this? Is the universe filled with alien life that is just not talking to us? Have they already been killed off? Are we the only ones? Uh, he starts to get into some very interesting concepts, beautiful videos. Honestly, if you guys aren't subscribed to that channel, you should fucking go and take a look. It's wonderful. Uh, he talks about, for example, uh, it's, it's a, it's a paranoid way of looking at things but hey you never know how uh, other civilizations will look at us imagine yourself as a hunter in a forest and you're alone you're alone hunting and you don't know who else is out around you if you find another hunter or evidence of a hunter if you don't shoot him what if he shoots you first perhaps the advantage is in the first person shooting maybe you don't know if it's a tiger or a lion or a bear maybe you need to basically shoot at the first possible opportunity so based on that you're going to have to annihilate any civilization that you see in the distance Partly because, and they get into this, uh, the communication delays of 20, 30, 40, maybe even 100 years, by the time you hear from them, they might be so advanced compared to your civilization that they will crush you technologically like a fucking bug. So uh, you might basically be incentivized into sending a first strike relativistic projectile, basically like a meteor, basically at some fraction of light speed at their civilization, and you'll kill them without even knowing it. It was, a, it was a very interesting uh, 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 concept. Anyway, it was a good uh, you guys should watch it. Did you like that that episode? Yeah. Right on. The other, if you like them, there's also a good channel called Answers with Joe, which does very similar questions. I don't know that. Answers with Joe? Yeah. Answers with Joe is good. Uh, if we're also going to talk about YouTube videos, uh, Red Fern Exotics is another one I watch a lot. They're all carnivorous plants. Um, we've talked, we actually, we were, Shumi and I were talking about it before earlier today. Uh, crying pays, but botany doesn't. If you're into That's botany, just, oh, just yeah. in terms of like all plants <laughs> on the earth, probably uh, the coolest YouTube channel. Uh, yeah, crying pays, botany. And Joey's been on my show. I actually interviewed him for two hours. So if you want to hear me and him talk for a while, fucking awesome dude in person. I mean, I can't even, I don't even know if I can describe this. Like, imagine Al Capone narrates plant yeah. biology. So imagine right? if, like, imagine if David Attenborough and Joe Pesci. From like a, a Pacino movie, went out and and toured the world, looking at plants. That, that's that's exactly what I got. The guy's from South Chicago and talks like he's a fucking gangster. He curses every third, fifth word. Uh, it's fucking great. You'll see plants on there that are you know never been documented on film before. He actually has multiple species that he's been the first ones to take photographs of uh, that have only trip. been documented in writing and all. Like the guy's an incredible like world-class botanist but his choice of language will make you laugh constantly while you learn right. 
it is it is a trip of a channel. But probably the sing my single favorite YouTube channel on, on all of YouTube. Right. If you aren't familiar with him, certainly go go check him out. You would be happy you did. And he was on EO as well, I think, wasn't he? He was, yeah. We interviewed him uh, one time. It was a super fun uh, episode. Uh, we've been teasing around the idea of maybe having him on one of our shows one of these days. Yeah, we should. I get him on here. Be fucking hilarious. Uh, I think he would. Uh, Coot, you would time. love this guy. Right? Coot would freaking have Yeah, him. sounds like it. fucking love him. Right? Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a hell of a show. We should probably abscond for the evening, abscond for the weekend. We'll be All here right. on Tuesday. Also, we'll thank you, bullshit. thank you, Coot, for the amazing episode on Thursday, man. Right? I was talking to Coot or uh, Fumi. I was like, man, our guest didn't make it, and some other stuff. Like, I don't think this is going to be a very long episode. We ended up doing the second longest episode <laughs> I ever oh, did. Geez. So yeah. that was a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah, it was a good conversation. Oh, ye a little faith. Well, you guys have a good week. I hope. Cheers, uh, Coot. Cheers. Get all your Christmas plans tied up. Uh, Coot, did I say that uh, Doug says hello? Uh, Doug from oh. uh, Northwest Red Worms, he, yeah, yeah. he wanted to, to uh, wish you best wishes and hello and uh, all that kind of stuff. I, yeah, I need to. Yeah, he's a good old friend. I mean, he's an old, old time friend. We go back a lot of years. So, I, And I'm proud of that. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. proud of my friendship with him. And right. uh, I'm glad I was able to help him, at, you know, when he gets started. Right. In the cool, scene. Dude. Yeah, he used to have trucks come all the way from San Diego to buy his castings. And we rented a U-Haul. Does that tell you a commitment? Mm. That's what, a thousand miles one way? Yeah, about that. So, right. yeah, all right. I, I appreciate that. I Too hope good. you had a good experience out there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Always. Fucking Super awesome, man. man. Always nice talking. Cheers, good. Thanks for coming on, man. Always a pleasure. Good night, Christoph, uh, uh, a bientôt, mon ami. Oh, yes. Christophe. Uh, no, quittons. It's still not the right word. I always say it every time. Okay. Whatever. Okay, no problem. Sama, thank you. Excellent show. He like me. Oui. Let's do it. Me be like Mike, except not like Michael Jordan. Be like Mike. Poopy heads. Cheers, Christoph. Uh, adios. Uh, Potent Ponics, how can people find you, buddy? Um, you can Ponics. find me at uh, Growing With Fish's podcast on your favorite app. Um, you can find my class over at apmjclass.com. You can use coupon code FUMI for 50 bucks off the class. Mm-hmm. And um, if you need nutrients, you can check that out over apmjnudes.com. We have a bunch of... Uh, uh, prepackaged stuff, especially if you have an aquarium or something, you want to do aquaponic cannabis. We have some some pre measured packages there if you need it. Uh, if not, uh, you know that's fine too. Fair enough. Well, I guess that leaves me, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for uh, hanging. Thanks for for goofing off with us. Thanks for uh, tuning in. Uh, you guys got a couple of extra overtimes, courtesy of Potent and uh, uh, Coot over here. Uh, we had some fun discussion veering off onto a variety of subjects uh, and a variety is probably the best way that we describe it. 
that we could describe it. Uh, let's see here. Uh, by the way, the show is for educational and entertainment purposes only. I got an announcement like five minutes after the show started. Your show has been fucking age restricted by YouTube. All right, fuck you back. But uh, in the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, this show is definitely for educational and entertainment purposes only. Obviously, do not ed- do not emulate any of the techniques that we are uh, espousing. These are things that we do, first of all, in legal uh, juris- jurisdictions that we are allowed to do. But even then, we're obviously just clown characters. We are frankly, circus clowns traveling the world saying just random dumb shit. You, you shouldn't ever emulate us because that would just be ridiculous. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, do not ever get uh, plants wet or dirty. That would be stupid, including tomatoes, aubergines, whatever else. Uh, you know what I'm trying to say. Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, check us out, my friends, uh, over at uh, 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 Apple Podcasts, uh, iTunes Podcasts. Uh, those are, oddly enough, different things. But anyway, regardless, uh, uh, courtesy of Apple, there are a couple different uh, podcasting platforms. You guys have been very generous in listening, so I, I really appreciate from uh, all around the world. We've gotten all kinds of, honestly, like all the different continents. We still don't have verified Antarcticans tuning in. I know there are no native Antarcticans, but one of these days, I hope there will be a little, uh, a freaking lit up, basically, Antarctica. Actually, I don't even know if it shows up on the metrics. I hope, I aspire one day to get somebody from Antarctica listening to the podcast. In the meantime, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you do listen to the podcast, please let me know, uh, leave a review, uh, uh, or email me. You know, Honestly, tell me. You appreciate the podcast. It'd be fun to hear from you guys from all of the, over the world. It's fun to, to imagine there are all these people from South Africa and Romania and freaking Australia and Chile and all these different places, Argentina, uh, tuning in Germany and Israel, all these different freaking places. Uh, how do I say this? Uh, if you guys enjoy the show, let me know. Tell me what you enjoy. Tell me perhaps what you would enjoy more of. Uh, uh, maybe there's something you'd like us to talk more about, whatever. Uh, it's been uh, uh, tons of fun seeing that. Ladies and gentlemen, go take a look at, uh, perhaps I could even show you, uh, the uh, Instagram uh, uh, go take a look, ladies and gentlemen, over at the gram. Uh, what is my Portland? Portland. I'm apparently too stoned right now. Can stay stink society? Of course, I have to misspell it. There we go. There I am, ladies and gentlemen. Go take a look at my page. This is my other page. My, I guess you could call it main page is Fumador underscore Chibador. Uh, that's where pretty much I post, uh, you know, my own photos and then photos of basically uh, uh, pretty much uh, Fumadoro uh, seed co uh, testers, customers, and so on. Over here at Portland Cannabis Tasting Society, ladies and gentlemen, we've been doing a little bit of a subdued photo contest this month. I have to be honest, it's probably my fault. I haven't posted some flyers this month. Eh, it's okay. It's fine. It's good with me. Uh, this is a contest all for fun, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, if you guys would like to participate, you're absolutely welcome. There's uh, seeds on the line, basically. A, a nice pat on the back is on the line. And uh, I don't know, you know, I'm thinking about what to do with it in the new year. I'm thinking about maybe uh, shaking it up ever so slightly. I've had a couple different ideas. I don't know. Perhaps just keep it the same way. Why not? I mean, if it works, don't fucking break it. But at the same time, it might be fun to do it a little bit differently. I don't know. If you guys have any ideas, I would be happy to hear them. The original idea was basically to pay forward uh, something that I thought was a genuine gift from Subcool, which was a, a reawakening, basically, of, of uh, 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 you know, a long-standing passion for photography that, for a variety of reasons, I had to put back, you know, to the side. And, uh, you know, Subcool had these really cool photo contests where literally seeds were on the line. And I was like, fuck, how cool is that? 
little by little by little, at first I had no chance of winning them. And I was competing against Team Turpine and my friend Lim Mass and a couple other folks that were fucking epic photographers. Uh, Team Turpine had a full-on Canon and, you know, a flash and all this stuff with a studio. Lim Mass was just really talented with his phone and a few other people. Uh, Darby AZ, Darby Farms or Derp Farms AZ, I'm forgetting right now, uh, uh, from uh, uh, Arizona really talented with their, their, just their phone camera. And, uh, you know, at first I was basically like, oh my God, I'll, I'll never win one of these things. But little by little by little, I picked them apart with my mind. I was like, oh, what did this person do? What did Team Tripping do? What did uh, so-and-so do? On and on and on. Wouldn't you know it? Uh, it didn't take me all that many months. And suddenly I started to win contest after contest after contest. And it got me super, super, first of all, it was a happy thing for me. I mean, oh my God, I haven't had to worry about seeds since then have all kinds of really cool shit since then. And uh, not only that, but it got me really back into photography in a, in a super bad, big, bad way. So ladies and gentlemen, I've been trying to pay that forward to uh, other folks. I, I feel like honestly, after a couple of years now, you know, we, we, we put it to the side a couple of times during COVID for, you know, stupid fucking reasons, honestly, but we've been doing it honestly for a couple of re- couple of years. And I kind of feel good about it. You know, like I kind of feel like we did our thing. I'm looking at Stoner's Haven's photography. And how much he's approved, improved. Like, look at, I mean, look at Stoner's Haven. Look at his fucking, like, seriously, look at his freaking avatar. This is a beautiful photo. And Stoner's Haven, he's won like two times. And he's basically said, I don't think I'm taking any uh, words out of his mouth, but he's basically said that he's, he's been taking these photo contests as uh, inspiration to get better, you know, bigger, better, faster, stronger. I mean, fucking look at this. Look at that. It's gorgeous. Fucking well done. Anyway. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but uh, I'm just happy that uh, uh, I have on some level been able to, you know, it's rare that you actually get to see something happen. You know what I mean? Like you, what do they say? You pay it forward or whatever, but the whole thing is like you rarely ever actually see it paid forward. But I've actually, I've actually seen it. I was like, oh, it's fucking worked. So anyway, I'm babbling. Ladies and gentlemen, you're welcome. That's, that's what we we'll say on this show. You're fucking welcome. Uh, you guys are welcome to uh, participate in the show. Really, I'm probably still, I'm just, oh, no, you probably can't understand me. But uh, again, you are welcome. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, follow me at Portland Cannabis Decent Society. Hit the hashtag, uh, uh, create a new post, and then hit me up at Portland Cannabis Decent Society. Use the hashtag, Fumi's Contest. Uh, make sure to please use both of those just in case I don't see it. Uh, at Portland Cannabis Decent Society on the post and hashtag, Fumi's Contest. And uh, if for whatever reason I don't see your freaking thing, that's what she said. Uh, if I don't see your post, let me know. Ping me, DM me. You know what I mean? Uh, it'll be super fun. Uh, I'll repost it. If I don't repost it, basically, then that means that I haven't seen it. So just let me know and I'll, I'll totally repost it. And it'll be uh, amazing and fantastic in every way. Now, let me find my website so that I can finally do the infomercial and let you guys go for the evening. And you guys are like, oh my God, Fumiler, let me go to sleep already. Holy crap. Oh, Jesus. Uh, there we go. There's the freaking tab right there, ladies and gentlemen. I'm freaking stoned. What do you want? Uh, share screen with Black Prince Ruby. Dun, dun, dun. Ladies and gentlemen, Black Prince Ruby. She is what you would call an F2 of my friend Stevie. MZ Stevia on Instagram. Instagram, not Instagram. Instagrams. Uh, the fuck am I trying to say? Whatever. He's MZ.Stevia on Instagram. There we go. That's the one. On the gram, bro. That's it. Candy Graham. He might be on Candy Grams. You never know. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, he originally bred the Ruby Jack. I love the Ruby Jack. He gave it to me as a tester. I love the absolute fucking tits out of it. I found a strawberry uh, 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 mother and basically bred her. 
this is the the progeny this is the the results of it these are the kids basically right here uh this is one of them right here super purpley one freaking Look at the, bonkers look at strawberry the color candy. on that got sales appeal for fucking days i mean for real dude for freaking real and uh this was not a rare occurrence put it this way i didn't even keep this one that's how certain i am that i'm gonna find and have already found something better i didn't even keep this one and by the way, she smokes amazing. Yes, I am a little bit regretful for not having keep it, kept it. But I basically thought to myself, you know what? I'm going to get that one. But even better. Famous last words, right? But I think I can do it, ladies and gentlemen. I think I can do it. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. Ladies and gentlemen, I think you can too. Take a look. Uh, this is actually even a different phenotype. I always forget this is actually a different phenotype than the other two. So look how much freaking perp. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want some perps and some strawberries, take a look at Black Prince Ruby. Thank you, uh, uh, Potent, for uh, hyping it up. My website is taking forever to load here. Ladies and gentlemen, I will show you Morgana. Also, I'll show you Morgana. Also, the- of all the websites you can buy seeds on, Fumi has the best pictures of any seeds on the internet. Thank like, you. not even a contest. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And for what it's worth, most of these photos are mine. Uh, I am including as many as I can. I did finally figure out what the guy named Weird Ass Glitch was. Uh, I was uploading photos and they would unupload. It was, I mean, it was just uh, kind of stupid. Anyway, now that I figured it out, little by little, I'll be able to upload tester photos and stuff like that. I, I know I've said that like 15 times already. This time it's true, I promise, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, uh, folks, uh, lots of my photos, lots of the tester photos. For example, this is a tester photo right here of Morgana. Uh, big old outdoor plant. This tester really enjoyed it. Has been smoking it lately. Told me it's deep, rich, smoky wine. No, no, no. Uh, sultry wine. He and his wife have been smoking it. Uh, sultry wine, giddy, happy terps with a nice body high. So actually, that's I love to hear that because I've said many times, you know, like I personally have back problems and so on. So for me, I want uplifting weed, but I need it to be medicinal. So uh, this evidently is that in spades, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, take a look at Morgana. She's been testing indoors, outdoors, uh, at your mama's house, at your daddy's house. Uh, probably not at your daddy's house. Definitely at your mama's house. Other than that, ladies and gentlemen, I guess I'll leave you with uh, take a look at the, uh, the 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 bundles, ladies and gentlemen, right at the top of the page here. You can save some cash. You'd like to buy a little bit of uh, maybe you maybe you can't decide. Maybe you'd like to maybe you'd want a little bit of lime river rose, a little bit of Morgana, a little bit of uh, Thousand and One Nights. Boom, we freaking got you. We've got some different packages here. Perhaps you'd like three packs of Morgana. Perhaps you'd like no Morgana, but you want three other packs. Perhaps you'd like one Morgana and two others. We got you. And I have five packs as well. Ladies and gentlemen, take a look. Check it out. Use the coupon code BRAINS in honor of our friend at DZombie for 14% off. Uh, Smash did remind me we were supposed to do this whole thing where I had like a 50% coupon. Actually, that coupon is still active if you were to guess it. I just forgot completely about it and have not been saying anything about it. So if you guys have any interest in doing that kind of a fun guessing a 50% coupon thing, let me know. I'm into it. It'd be kind of fun. I have, well, I have also been the, lagging on. Go ahead, Bowden. I have the awesome idea. I was like, man, we should totally get the late night knife guy to do like your infomercial. Let's Remember do it. Remember the guy that you like, let's do it. We Wait, have these more. knives. And he would break, he <laughs> broke the, you know, you know, the guy, there's like one guy. He used to be uh, yeah, yeah. Corner. His name was Tom Odell. Right. So right. I was looking him up to see if he's still alive. Um, he actually got fired from QVC in 2019. I don't know what he did. I'm sorry, 2017. Uh, most likely fired. it was a sexual indiscretion. It seems like all those late night pitch guys are massive perverts. 
That the, guy. But wait, there's more guy. He was, was a like massive pervert. Five years the old. The slap chop guy. He was a massive pervert. Um, yeah, I remember like watching the news during a snowstorm when I was like five or six years old, and then at like three o'clock in the morning, he came on afterwards right. and watching that, and then all the years after that, watching him. You know, we turn the TV on in the middle of the night. I mean, I have to be honest. Is he that weird that compared to Doctor Phil? No, but there's like certain like late night infomercial personalities that'll just live for a long time. Well, That's true. in memory at least. Billy like the Mays card catalogs, has, you know? Right. I get or it. Miss Cleo. Or like Dude, I remember Miss Cleo. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the worst thing the is I had a friend guy. who believed Miss Cleo was 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 like a prophet. Or head was, on, apply directly to the forehead. Head oh, on, God. apply direct. I remember that. That was <laughs> the worst commercial that existed or, uh, in the history of my life. on, clap off. I hated that. My, the my dad's a worse. big. Uh, my oh. dad's a big um, Christmas story fan. I got him a clapper. Okay. They made a special limited edition Christmas story clapper, and I, like I got it. him that for Christmas last year. I, like it. I need one of the Billy Basses because I heard that the new Billy Basses you can program them with like random MP3s. That was the awesome thing about the Furbies. If you really knew what you were doing, you could plug them into your computer and program them. So we used to have. <laughs> So I, I live in this one place in Philly, and uh, someone of it, you know, I used to, uh, allegedly was a well, never mind. We won't talk about that. But I, a lot of people used to come over, and uh, someone somehow randomly brought over a Furby, mm-hmm. and uh, we had programmed it and, and like reprogrammed the whole thing with because not a lot of people knew how to plug it into a computer at the time. Um, but if you took off the one panel, there was just a USB port you could plug them right into your computer if you knew what you're doing. Anyways. So, we, we, so we in other words, it. you were you were reenacting that one scene from Pulp Fiction where Uma Thurman has a uh, an overdose, and then they have to jab the the thing in her, but everything else was different. But uh, so we it used to live in my freezer. So if someone opened my freezer, it would come out. But when you put a Furby in the freezer, it slows it down, so it sounds uh, like a demon. So it was like funny. the freezer demon. <laughs> that's pretty funny. It was kind of cool. That is pretty funny. See, I was visualizing that whole time you were talking. I was visualizing reprogramming one of those Billy Bass things, but with this podcast. And so, for example, you could hear Coot talking about the soil science while the bass is moving back and forth. Yeah. You know, it'd be great. Like, have this device that you sell, and it just kind of like lives on the wall in hydro stores. <laughs> and it's just cute. <laughs> like, <laughs> and you're dancing. <laughs> I can't even say it. It's so funny. You're welcome. I'm on occasional so little, yeah. <laughs> Take me to the river. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you're welcome. <laughs> and with that, we leave you with, uh, have a good one. We'll see you on Tuesday. Uh, I hope you guys learned something. Adios. Thanks for hanging. Be kind. Rewind. Space Aliens Ensemble. Okay, I'm all discombobulated. I don't remember anymore. I'm still thinking of the Billy Bass. It's gonna be funny. We could load up like the the the, the build a soil episode. Oh my god, ladies and gentlemen, no, we, adios. We totally, if you can. Re-
if you can reprogram those, we need, we need to reprogram what is just true, like angry truth. <laughs> It'd be too funny. And then what we need to do is like sneak it into a ghost store. Like, don't tell them. What's that? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you're welcome. Uh, be kind, be decent, be gentle. Don't be fucking pricks. Make sure to sing like Billy Bass. We're all friends around you, just join the fun. Cause if you're in